，枪炮也不灵。开枪！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！
ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their Kung Fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly Kung Fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of Kung Fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple-jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country.
知道你还是会喜欢我的。Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走。后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋阿成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手，即刻转翻转头Consult your listings. One of the ten best films of the year, a high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts.
outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Presents the explosive bullet-ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun-Fat, Leslie Chung, and T. Long. Better tomorrow, too.
the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. That enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. No. Despite all of the hard work he did for Satan. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Peddling that has got to be spooks. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly choose. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these federal projectors ever want to speak even though i come and visit them like once a week not a single thing i say is tongue-in-cheek the nypd just sprung a leak not one of these pedal protectors they want to speak even though i come and visit them like once a week not a single thing i say is tongue-in-cheek the nypd just sprung a leak bastard you did it again you a real hard bastard when will it end i must say bastard
Hi, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and uh, we're going to start out here with the Fed raising interest rates to the highest level in two decades. The Federal Reserve hiked interest rates to the highest level in 22 years on Wednesday, despite easing inflationary pressures. After two days of deliberation, the Federal Reserve raised the federal funds rate from 5% to a target of 5.25 to 5.5, explaining in a statement that additional policy firming rate increases will depend on economic and inflationary indicators, allowing the Fed to both hit its 2% inflation goal while maintaining economic growth. Yeah, The committee seeks to achieve maximum employment and inflation at a rate of 2% over the long run. In support of these goals, the committee decided to raise the target range for the federal funds rate from five and a quarter to five and a half percent. The committee will continue to assess additional information and implications for monetary policy. The hike received unanimous support from the Federal Reserve Board and is keeping with the 11 hikes since March of 2022, despite a short pause in June. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said in late June that despite the lack of a rate increase that month, inflation was still too high and that its persistent rate above the target 2% would likely lead to more restriction on monetary policy. Inflation has been slightly cooling off in the past several months with the consumer price index, according to CNBC, settling on 3% on a yearly basis in June, down from 9.1% in June 2022. Despite this, the Fed maintained the most aggressive consecutive hike in interest rates since the 1980s, which feature even higher inflation rates. Although inflation has relatively decreased since its meteoric peaks in the past three years, the Fed is committed to bringing all the way down to the target of 2%, with FOMC hitting, uh, hinting at further rate hikes in the months of September and November to further bring down inflation. Greg McBride, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Analyst for Bankrate, concurs with the a statement saying inflation remains stubbornly high. The economy has been remarkably resilient. The labor market is still robust, but that may be contributing to the stubbornly high inflation. So Fed has to pump the brakes a little more. All right. So that's basically the most uh, greatest economy in history news. Um, also, I don't know where it's at where you live, but we're approaching $4 a gallon for gas. That's great. That's fantastic. Can't wait for that. That's going to be fantastic. Um, more censorship. More direct censorship. Now, there was already evidence of direct censorship. Um, the liars who pretended that there was no censorship from the government, that's laughable. That's laughable. That's like a bukkake whore at the end of a shoot being like, there's no semen. There's no semen. My eyes aren't burning full of semen. There's no semen at all. No semen at all. Anyway, Facebook censored Americans under pressure from the Biden administration. What I love about this one is how petty they are, um, because I think that, that to me that indicates weakness. I mean, the, gov the federal government's very powerful, and, and they're, they're flexing their muscles, and they're arresting people and doing all sorts of fucked up shit. But as far as, like, the intelligence level of some of these people, th this made me laugh when you look at uh, what, they, what they went after. Um, it's been revealed that Facebook and Instagram censored Americans and altered content moderation policies at the behest of the Biden administration amid a crackdown on Ching Chong Aid's misinformation. The platforms removed a number of posts, including memes. Memes. They went after the memes. 
that went against the official narrative regarding public health measures and vaccines. So Jim Jordan was the one that released this. So apparently Facebook had been hemming and hauling and not releasing this information. They knew it would be damning. They finally did under the threat of a, uh, uh, of a uh, what were they going to do? Oh, uh, yeah, hold them in contempt of Congress. And so uh, Jim Jordan uh, came out uh, and he obtained copies of internal documents purporting to show pressure being placed on the social media giants by the Biden administration. In April of 2021, for example, an email to Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, it was circulated by a Facebook employee in which the sender stated that they were facing continued pressure from external stakeholders, including the Biden White House and the press, to remove more Ching Chong AIDS vaccine discouraging content. So the Biden administration and the media wanted to make sure that as many people as possible destroyed their health and possibly killed themselves with the most dangerous vaccine in the history of mankind. And it's not even close. I am not being hyperbolic at all when I say that. Not at all. They added that a list of the top 100 vaccine-related posts was recently shared with the administration and that officials had asked them to delete a vaccine-discouraging humorous meme. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know the power of the memes. What was the meme? This is the meme. So it's uh, DiCaprio in that Tarantino movie about Hollywood, which I haven't seen. Um, I don't know if it's good. Um, but anyway, he's pointing at the TV and the meme says, 10 years from now, you will be watching TV in here. Did you or a loved one take the COVID vaccine? You may be entitled to da 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 da. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So they wanted this meme removed. It's incredible. Andy Slavitt, who looks like a pedophile, but I'm sure he's definitely not one. A senior advisor to Biden was reportedly outraged when Facebook refused to remove the meme, which suggested that the Ching Chong AIDS vaccine would lead to harmful side effects down the road. By the way, all of these people knew how unsafe the vaccine was. Never forget that. Never forget that. When Nick Clegg, Facebook's president for global affairs, informed Slavitt, who's definitely not a pedophile, <clears throat> that removing the post would represent a significant incursion in traditional boundaries of free expression in the U.S. The Biden official disregarded his claim and appeared to have no qualms with overriding the First Amendment. These are commies. They don't believe in the First Amendment. The Biden administration continued to pressure Facebook to remove posts, including a video from Tucker Carlson in an attempt to appease the White House. Clegg was told to explain that they demoted the clip by 50% for a period of seven days. In August of 2021, Facebook made it clear he, it was seeking to change its content moderation policies to, more, to be more aggressive against Ching Chong AIDS and vaccine misinformation in direct response to Biden administration's request. So regime propagandists like Destiny, like Sitchin Adam, like people in the corporate media, what they will likely argue is that, well, they weren't forcing them they weren't demanding that they be censored. They were just saying, hey, excuse me, this is a nice business that you have here. It would be a real shame if something bad happened to it. You know what would really make sure that your business is protected? If you just simply take down this misinformation uh, that we're showing you here. Now, of course, it's your decision. You can freely make the decision 
all you want. But you know, we'll probably have to open an investigation into Facebook if you know you don't if you don't take it down by your own accord. They're going to argue some bullshit like that. It is what it is. But uh, these people look foolish when they make these arguments. I enjoy covering it when they do, and I look forward to hearing the propaganda on that one. Now, um, this was interesting, and nothing. I don't. I will be so stunned if. Any of these motherfuckers or their kids or whoever's a criminal, not all the politicians' kids are criminals, and I only want to go after the criminals. I'm not interested in just going after innocent people. I will be stunned beyond anything if any of these fucking people are ever held responsible for their crimes. Okay, that's my position. You could argue that's blackpilled, but I don't expect anything like that to ever happen. And I hope I'm wrong, but that's my position. Hunter Biden plea deal derails after questions about scope of the deal and immunity. So this judge hopefully has good security, because I imagine they're going to be very pissed at her. The plea deal negotiated between Hunter Biden's lawyers and the DOJ fell apart after a judge questioned the extent of immunity from prosecution that Hunter could receive from the deal. The proposed deal would have involved Hunter pleading guilty to two tax misdemeanors and admitting the facts of a gun charge. If approved, the deal would likely have meant no jail time for the president's son. The deal has been largely critiqued by Republicans who say the deal is too lenient on him and he should be facing harsher punishment. Federal District Court Judge Mary Ellen Norica put the plea deal on hold, leading Hunter to plead not guilty, while the judge gives both federal prosecutors and Hunter's lawyers time to further hash out the details of a plea deal. It, like, like I said, nothing's going to happen. Hunter appeared before Norica in Delaware on Wednesday, where he was expected to plead guilty, but the deal fell apart as the judge asked Hunter's lawyers and federal prosecutors for further details on an investigation into Hunter and what immunity would be granted. According to multiple reports, Norica pressed Hunter's lawyers and federal prosecutors on the extent of immunity being offered to Hunter in the deal, including whether it would exempt him from charges related to Farah. I think you guys talk, uh, talk more makes sense. Oh, excuse me. I think having you guys talk more makes sense, the judge said before calling a recess for the lawyers to negotiate. There also appeared to be a disagreement between federal prosecutors and Hunter's lawyers over whether there was still an investigation into him or not. Federal Prosecutor Leo Wise said there's no deal if the understanding was that the investigation was over. After the recess, the plea deal was reportedly back on after negotiations between the two lawyers. The deal reached between the lawyers appeared to give Hunter future immunity for actions related to tax offenses, gun possession, and drug use from 2014 to 2019. However, the judge did not accept the deal, saying that there could be constitutional issues at play. Both parties will later return to court to make their case about why the judge should accept the deal. Some commentators question the immunity aspect of the plea, uh, excuse me, of the plea deal, including Republican Missouri Attorney General candidate Will Sharp. He said Hunter walks Hunter wants to walk away from a decade of criminal activity, including potential fire violations and other serious criminal charges, with a slap on the wrist. It's a scandal that Biden DOJ's Biden's DOJ was willing to agree to this kind of deal. Unfortunately, Judge Narika isn't playing ball, uh, he said. Last month, Hunter's lawyer said that the investigation uh, was resolved following the announcement of the plea deal. Um, with the announcement of uh, two agreements between my client, Hunter Biden, and the United States Attorney's Office for the District of Delaware, it's my understanding that the five-year investigation in the Hunter is resolved. That was the lawyer, Chris Clark. 
Hunter will take responsibility for two instances of misdemeanor failure to file tax payments when due pursuant to a plea agreement. A firearm charge will be subject to pretrial diversion and will not be subject to the plea agreement. It will also be filed by the government. Um, I know Hunter believes it's important to take responsibility for these uh, mistakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He really knows that he's got to take responsibility. Uh, he looks forward to continuing his recovery and moving forward. Previous reports had indicated that Biden's tax liability was paid by high-powered Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris. He foot the bill for over $2 million of Biden's taxes and worked with him on his art career. I am sure he did. I am sure he did. So there we go. So, you know, I don't expect anything to come from that. Okay, this is the gayest stop. Um, uh, there are so many red flags on this UFO shit. Okay, first of all, Republicans and Democrats are in unison. They're getting along. When, let me ask you this question. And, and I don't care if it's UFOs, demons, ghosts, aliens. I don't care what the subject is. When has the media and Democrats ever treated a truth teller who goes before Congress with respect? They smear every person that goes in the Congress that tells the truth. There is no fucking way these people are telling the truth. There's just no way. I don't buy this at all. And what I uh, found very suspicious was a bunch of, now it wasn't like MSNBC people, but it was like vice people. A bunch of vice people came out after this hearing and they were like, you know, now is the time because of the aliens, you know, we really have to come together as a country. This is going to be a narrative of obey the government, vote for Joe Biden because of the aliens. We have to come together. And how do we come together? You obey us and you do what we say and you vote for Joe Biden. And uh, and that's how you're, uh, we're going to figure this out with the aliens. And then, of course, they're going to go, what are you, a bigot? Do you not believe? Look at this guy. I can't believe you don't believe in, in the aliens. Like, and then AOC had a whole thing. I'm sure AOC at some point is going to come out and say, if you don't believe in the aliens, black people are going to be most affected and you're going to be a racist bigot. You're, gonna, you're a racist bigot, as Robert Barnes says. You're a racist bigot if you don't believe in the UFOs. Now, Robert Barnes didn't say that about people who believe in UFOs. He said that for people who are very staunchly pro-free speech. But anyway, it's the same smear. It's the same tactic, just a different uh, sub, uh, subject. And I, I find that, that that phrase, you're a racist bigot, hilarious. That's a hilarious phrase. I love that. Anyway, I got to put that in, in the uh, soundboard. The lawmakers held an explosive hearing on Wednesday on the topic of UFOs and things got weird. Appearing before the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee with David Grush, a former intelligence officer, along with two fighter pilots with first-hand unidentified aerial phenomenon experiences, Grush was the star revealing an alleged top-secret multi-decade crash retrieval and reverse engineering program only to be denied access and accusing the military of misappropriating funds. Grush dropped the bombshell about aircraft with non-human origins. Why didn't anyone say, are you specifically talking about aliens? Did I miss the cross-examination or the question from one of the lawmakers? Because what... Uh, I saw people talking about online is there's a little bit of a game you can play with the phrase non-human origins. For example, what you can do, was it the Soviets or the Chinese? They put a monkey on a fucking rocket and they launched that bitch 
uh, and then I don't know what the deal was, but it came back, and and uh, I don't know if it crashed or whatever. But the remains of the of the monkey were referred to as non-human. Oh, those are non-human remains. So what the fuck exactly are we talking about here? Are you saying? That there's, and this guy's not seen any of the evidence. He's talked to people that have seen the evidence. That's not enough. That's not enough. I'm going to need to see direct evidence, and I have a feeling we're not going to get it because I don't think that aliens can visit the planet. Frankly, I'll tell you this. I find the spirit realm, okay, the existence, and I don't believe in any of this. I'm just saying I would find it more plausible that there would be a spirit realm uh, rather than aliens evolved in our universe and were somehow able to travel billions of light years? How the fuck are you going to do that? What, are you kidding me? The existence of, like, superior... I've, I've given this analogy before. You know how... And I'm not saying I believe this. I'm just saying, you know, philosophically. I don't know. Whatever you want to call this. Speculation. So you ever look at, like, a microscope? You look at these really zoomed-in, microscopic pictures. It's another world. There's all these microscopic creatures, and it looks like another world, okay? We are so far above that world. Those creatures have no idea we exist. There's no way for us to communicate with those creatures. We're so far above them, there's, there's simply nothing we can, we can do to communicate with them at all. Well, it, wouldn't, it would make sense if there were beings that viewed us like that, that were at that level. They were so much higher than us, we can't even comprehend them, and they have no way to communicate with us, and they're just on a different level. I find something like that to be way more plausible than aliens evolving in our physical universe, okay, evolving to, and I think there's probably life out there, but the idea that you would evolve technologically to the point where you're traveling through billions of light years, I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy this for a fucking second. So anyway, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that I find ghosts and demons to be more plausible than this shit. And I don't believe in ghosts and demons. I'm just saying I, I put more plausibility on that than fucking this bullshit. But anyway... Um, lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are now scratching their heads, wondering how in the world, or beyond it, they should proceed with these astonishing claims, uncovering a cover-up. And, and, you know, no one was smearing these people. These guys went before Congress and said the government was covering things up, and the Democrats treated them fine. They were like, oh, yeah, we've got to look into this. What the fuck? This is a gay op, if I've ever seen one. Of course, the Pentagon remained tight-lipped about Grush's jaw-dropping assertions, probably fearing their spacecraft secrets would be exposed. Okay, yeah. But with all the video evidence of these unexplained encounters, nondescript objects zooming through the sky without any obvious propulsion, it's hard to dismiss it as mere illusions. With roughly, it's probably the Chinese government. It's probably our government or the Chinese government with some really advanced technology. <clears throat> With roughly 800 UAP reports investigated, there's no denying that there's more to these bizarre happening than meets the eye. Quote, well, I don't know about that, Daily Wire. I don't know about that. Quote, I think what we experienced was, like I said, well beyond the material science and the capabilities that we've had at the time, that we've had currently and we're going to have in the next 10 to 20 years. That's certainly possible. But the idea that it's aliens from another planet is ridiculous. Um, it said David Fravor, who spotted a large object captured in the now infamous Tic Tac video during a flight off the coast of California in 2004. Wednesday's hearing unfolded amidst lawmakers' newfound audacity to extract more information 
from the military and intelligence agencies concerning these perplexing incidents. With an arsenal of concerns over potential national security threats looming amidst unknown objects hovering in U.S. airspace, Congress members have transformed into relentless truth seekers, and that's how you know it's a gay op, because they never do that. Um, in a stroke of bipartisan brilliance, a coalition of senators led by Cuck Schumer introduced a cunning amendment to the annual defense spending bill inspired by legislation that unraveled the enigma surrounding President John F. Kennedy's assassination. The measure compels executive branch agencies to surrender their records on UAPs to a review board with an unwavering commitment to immediate disclosure. Yeah! Agencies must muster a formidable defense to justify retaining classified records should their request challenge the review board's unequivocal quest for truth. Yeah. A separate House panel, breaking through a half-century of silence, bore witness to Pentagon officials riveting testimony last summer, unveiling a new chapter in their quest for, for factuality. During the hearing, both Democrat and Republican lawmakers voiced their vexation regarding the dearth of information forthcoming from the military and intelligence agencies. They chastise an excessive classification system that cloaked these incidents, denying the public a glimpse into the extraordinary occurrences. Disclosure ought to be an immediate reality. Today, if possible, tomorrow at the latest. The moment has arrived, declared passionate Democrat Representative Jared Mouskovich. Meanwhile, the uh, GOP Representative Glenn Grothman, the subcommittee's chairman, remarked, some of us eagerly anticipate extracting answers from our esteemed witnesses in a more clandestine setting. I recognize that legislation may emerge from this cloak and dagger affair. The pursuit of the extraterrestrial Truth just took an uproariously engaging twist, blending elements of a mind-boggling mystery and political drama that curls your toes and tickles your funny bone. That's the Daily Wire. That's a little bit of cringe right there, but uh, looks like they're buying it. And now the UFO hearing is over. What's next? With a hearing on UFOs or, uh, or whatever, UAPs, now over, lawmakers were already turning their focus on how to proceed with a topic that has generated bipartisan interest on Capitol Hill. We've got so many ideas now, said Tim Burchett, one of the lawmakers who spearheaded the endeavor. One of those ideas seems to be field hearings, which likely would take place away from D.C., as already stated by Anna Paulina Luna, uh, another leader on the inquiry. While nothing has been scheduled, James Comer said there's a strong possibility there will be more UAP hearings, News Nation correspondent Joe Cahill reported. The hearing on Wednesday, held by an oversight committee, featured testimony from David Grush, a former U.S. military and intelligence official who has gone public with allegations about crafts of non-human origin being retrieved and kept from Congress with a misappropriation of funds and two Navy veterans who have come forward with claims about mysterious flying objects that appear to defy the laws of physics and could threaten national security. Gush made several out-of-this-world declarations in addition to saying he has faced brutal retaliation. Grush uh, said he knows where the U.S. government is covertly keeping UAPs and claimed to have been informed by people involved in the alleged retrieval program that there were biologics that were non-human that came with some of the recoveries. Grush said that the U.S. government has possessed evidence of non-human intelligence as far back as the 30s. <clears throat> no one has gotten these fucking aliens on video? I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, there are some videos that are weird. 
Um, the one video from, from the Navy or whatever where this thing is zigzagging around. Yeah, that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing, you know, uh, but, but it, it's much more plausible that that's uh, a technology that, that is more advanced than aliens. I mean, it's like ridiculous. There's shit that's unexplainable. The fucking pyramids. How do people who were supposed to be primitive built those fucking things? Yeah, it's easy to be like, well, it's aliens. But they, come on, give me a break. Give me a break. At the same time, Grush said he was restrained in what he could divulge publicly under conditions said at his whistleblower case gets resolved, but he indicated he could provide a list of cooperative and hostile individuals who may be linked to UAP programs. Grush also said he could share more information in a classified setting if members were given proper clearances. Members of Congress seem eager to take Grush up on his offer. We should be getting the document that Mr. Grush submitted to the Inspector General. We should be getting him in a skiff so we can get additional information and the military needs to come forward because at the end of the day if we're wrong and if these pilots are wrong then the military should prove why they're wrong rather than just not answering the question for its part the dod insisted that its all domain anomaly resource office which has been tasked with investigating ufos has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. NASA is expected to release a report on UAPs in the coming weeks. Uh, though there has already been a push by lawmakers for legislation to encourage more disclosures, members propose various ways in which Congress could play hardball if they meet resistance. Matt Gates, who appeared at the hearing Wednesday and spoke about military pilots, Witnessing a high-flying UAP that appeared to transcend human capability floated the use of subpoenas, as well as a select committee to investigate UAPs. Another lawmaker, Andy Ogles, a Republican, threatened to initiate the Holman Rule in a bid to rein in any uncooperative programs or agencies by squeezing available money and job positions. Robert Garcia, a Democrat, said there should be a safe and transparent UAP reporting system for military and commercial pilots that takes into account national security. Christopher Mellon, a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Senate staffer who pushed for transparency on the UAP issue, encouraged Congress to use its leverage. By wielding the power of the purse, Congress possesses a myriad, a myriad of tools to ensure that the executive complies with Congress's oversight authority. Mellon said, fundamentally, the UAP issue and its possible imp implications are far too much consequence to be monopolized by one branch of government, regardless of party or administration. Burchett spoke to the potential of there being financial conflicts that result in roadblocks to full transparency with unelected bureaucrats within the military war complex. Burchett told News Nation that leadership informed him that the intelligence community effectively torpedoed an amendment to allow airline pilots uh, as what, um, who spot a UFO to report it to the Federal Aviation Administration as well as Congress in speaking with reporters. The congressman also raised issues concerning the DOD. Uh, something with the capabilities of traveling light years, not showing a heat signature, and the energy capabilities of that, that would put the Pentagon out of business. We wouldn't be fighting these worthless wars uh, uh, overseas over oil and American boys and girls wouldn't be dying. Uh, it would put war pigs out of business and they would have to go somewhere else, and I'm all for that. Okay, well, we'll see, but uh, this reeks. To me, this fucking reeks. 
So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I don't buy this for a second. Um, and I've said this before, whether it's demons, ghosts, angels, uh, uh, aliens, uh, I'm open if you just provide evidence. I'm open to a visit. If the aliens or the ghosts, they want to have a visit, give me five minutes of their time, let me ask some questions. I'm completely open to that. But, you know, I, other than that, you know, weird fuzzy videos on the Internet are not going to cut it. Okay. Now, this was interesting. DeSant I mean, look, the DeSantis campaign is over, except if somehow they are able to pull the gay op to get Trump off the ballot. If somehow they just, or maybe somehow they oh, just award him the nomination, I don't know. But as far as beating Trump in a legitimate election with voting, he, he's finished. With that said, I thought he said a good thing to piss off leftists. He said while he wouldn't have RFK as a VP, he might have... Uh, Kennedy on the CDC and the FDA. Okay, that's pretty, that's, uh, they're, they're going to get pissed off at that. Ron DeSantis shot down the idea of choosing Democrat contender Robert F. Kennedy as his vice president if he wins the 2024 Republican nomination. DeSantis, who entered the race earlier this year, rejected the idea of a DeSantis-Kennedy ticket to Clay Travis, despite the Democrat candidate gaining popularity in some conservative circles. Um... Despite the hopefuls coming from different political camps, DeSantis said he 100% agrees with Kennedy's position on Dr. Fauci and health bureaucracy corruption, issues both candidates speak openly about in their respective campaigns. He says, here's the issue. I'm aligned with him on Fauci, the corruption, and the health bureaucracy 100%, but at the end of the day, he's more liberal, very liberal on some. I mean, he used to say, I don't know if he still believes this, that if you de deny climate change, you should go to jail, things like that. So it's like conservative voters, that they would want those positions flushed out. He opposed the affirmative action ruling that said you can't racially discriminate. He would have wanted that to remain. So I just think at the end of the day, you need someone that's going to reflect the values of a broad coalition. Yes, the medical stuff, um, uh, I'm very good on that. So that does appeal to me, but there's a whole host of other things he'd probably be out of step with. That's a good answer. That is a good answer. Then he said, if you're the president, sick him on the FDA if he's willing to serve, or sick him on the CDC. But in terms of being VP, there's 70% of the issues that he may be averse to uh, for our base, so, you know, it, it creates an issue. Uh, good. So that was a good answer. Now, the shills, on the other hand, are just continuing to just burn down his campaign. Now the new thing is that the election was totally legitimate. So the DeSantis shills on Twitter are arguing that the election was totally legitimate and that because Jason Miller is a bitch, that somehow that means the election was totally legitimate. It, it's just complete insanity. Complete insanity. I don't know who's giving them their talking points, but they are just committing suicide. It is a hell of a thing to watch. It's entertaining. I will give you that. It's entertaining. So then we had another hearing here. Former UPenn female swimmer testified that Teammates of Leah Thomas were forced to undergo re-education to make them comfortable with his cock. I'm editorializing a bit, but that's basically what this is. This is, this is the current form of mandatory cock. These women were uh, exposed to mandatory cock. Uh, and I think um, it, if this is not reversed, and I do think it will be reversed, but if it's not reversed... Uh, eventually, there will be mandatory cock, physical mandatory cock, but right now, it's just uh, visual. You must look at the cock. If you're a woman and you want a, your own changing area, uh, you have, you're forced to look at cock, apparently. 
Paul Scanlon, a spokesperson and advisor for the Independent Women's Forum, offered testimony, excuse me, Paula Scanlon, offered testimony to the House Judiciary Committee on Thursday, speaking about her experience of swimming against male athlete Leah Thomas. While she was a student athlete at the University of Pennsylvania, Scanlon, who holds the New England Independent School League record in the 400-yard freestyle relay, discussed what it was like to be on the UPenn women's swim team when a male athlete came on the team claiming to be a woman after he begun taking estrogen. Thomas, she said, had personal best times in every freestyle event that were faster than the women's world records. Once the season began, Thomas was leading the country in multiple events while only placing in the top 500 in those events on the men's team. Thomas later became an NCAA champion in the 500-yard freestyle, first NCAA champion in our women's team history programs. Thomas broke records during the 2022 NCAA Women's Swimming Championships in Atlanta, Georgia. At the time, and as Scanlon attested, many women athletes had issues with Thomas's participation, but few spoke out. Those who did were targeted as transphobic, and video of women's athletes who expressed that view that Thomas's participation was unfair were censored and suppressed on Twitter. Scanlon said, what you do not know is the experiences of the women on the University of Pennsylvania swim team. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six foot four tall biological male, fully intact with male genitalia 18 times per week. So cock exposure, mandatory cock 18 times a week, man. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was non-negotiable and we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to being comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. Incredible. To sum up the university's response, we the women were the problem, not the victims. We were expected to conform, to move over and shut up. Our feelings didn't matter. The university was gaslighting and fear-mongering women to validate the feelings and identity of a male. Scanlon attempted to speak up and wrote a column for the school newspaper. After it was published, it was retracted by the paper. Uh, the article took a scientific approach to discuss how Y chromosomes cannot be changed by any surgical procedure or systemic therapy. The bio this biological facts, fact lends itself to athletic advantages that cannot be mitigated by lowering testosterone levels, which are already apparent in sports competitions and locker rooms. For speaking biological facts, Scanlon was censored. Her view as a woman was deemed not as important or as essential as Thomas's desire to pose as a woman and compete against women in women's athletics, stealing titles and accolades. Thomas had been outspoken about being trans and was recently seen sporting an Antifa Super Soldier t-shirt. Thomas also expressed a desire to compete in women's Olympic events. Well, that's, uh, yeah, uh, it is not surprising to hear that the predator is a unabashed communist. That is not surprising at all. All right, let's see what we have here. Idaho Christians awarded $300,000 after lawsuit finds the city had no right to arrest them for attending church during COVID. Good, this is a nice story. 
Idaho, Moscow, Idaho, has settled a lawsuit filed by three Christians who allege the city violated their First and Fourth Amendment rights when they were arrested for taking part in peaceful religious demonstration protesting the Ching Chong AIDS restrictions. Gabriel Wrench, Sean Bonnet, and his wife Rachel were awarded a total of $300,000, which, after uh, legal fees... Uh, is expected to net them around 50000 each. While the money has been promised, the trio has yet to be provided with an apology from the city. Oh, they're probably going to harass them. Um, according to the Spokesman Review, the city had hoped to have the suit settled via summary judgment, but the district court judge denied that request in February and ordered an out-of-court agreement be reached between the parties. In July, the city explained... And the Idaho County's risk uh, uh, that its Idaho County's risk management program determined that a financial settlement in the case was the best course of action to dispose of the suit and avoid a protracted litigation proceeding. With the signing of the agreement, all claims against the city and the named city employees will be dismissed with prejudice, along with the release of all liability. The city ended the statement, noting that the settlement provides closure of a matter related to the unprecedented Ching Chong AIDS pandemic and the city's efforts to protect the public during an exceptionally trying time. Wrench told the spokesman, the newspaper, that despite the end of the legal saga, he still believed city officials really don't care about justice, citing the fact that none of them were willing to meet with them to discuss their egregious conduct on the day of the protest. Well, they're probably commies. The Bonnets pointed out that they had been victims of slander and lies over their involvement in what was nothing more than a peaceful demonstration after video of the arrest went viral. The event, a psalm sing organized by the local Christ Church, took place in September of 2020 outside Moscow City Hall. The trio were arrested alongside two others while they sang and protested the city's mask and social distancing mandates. They were each given citations for various offenses related to violating the public health emergency order. In January 2021, the charges were dismissed, a move that Bonnet's lawyer called a victory for religious freedom and cherished God-given rights protected by the Constitution. And uh, I don't think they fired the pig cops that arrested them, so they are oath-breakers, oath-betrayers, so obviously they should be fired, and I doubt they were. Maybe they were, and I missed it, but I I don't think they were. So this is a poll that might be an indicator that the kids are going to be all right. Now, millennials say misgendering should be a crime, but Gen Z disagrees. I hope we can get abject uh, Gen Z rebellion. A strong percentage of millennials aged 25 to 34 are in favor of catering to the whims of lunatic trannies by making adherence to biological reality and language a criminal offense. In left-wing terms, 44% of millennials think referring to someone by the wrong pronoun should be a criminal offense. The official term is misgendering, which gender ideology enthusiasts define as using pronouns that misalign with the identity of a person who believes they are transgender. For example, within this framework, it would be considered misgendering to call a man he him if he identifies as a woman and demands to be called she her. This is abject insanity that should be rejected and mocked ruthlessly. 31% of millennials in the survey reject the idea of making misgendering a criminal offense, and the remainder neither agree nor disagree or don't know. This view remains popular for those aged 35 to 44, among 
whom 38% think misgendering should be illegal, while 35% disagree and 26% either don't know or didn't express an opinion. Interestingly, Generation Z, Americans aged 18 to 24, are notably less keen on making misgendering a crime than the older millennials. The, the survey reports among Gen Z, 33% think misgendering should be criminal, while 48% disagree, and the remainder say neither or don't know. Other polling this year shows that Generation Z is increasingly accepting of the fact that there's only two sexes, rising 57% in 2023 from 43% in 2021. It's probably because the shit's being shoved down their throat. And when you shove shit down the kid's throat, they rebel. Cause, and, and leftists are stupid. Um, they're very strategically stupid. However, Gen Z Americans reported being more comfortable than any other age demographic with using preferred pronouns. Ultimately, Americans as a whole overwhelmingly reject the idea of making misgendering a criminal offense. 65% disagree with making it a criminal offense. 19% agree. 12% neither agree nor disagree. All right, well, it was 1,500 uh, people who were asked about the poll. So, I mean, there, there's certainly improvements that can be made. Um, it looks like, I mean, at least you, you do have the lunatic group is a minority, which is important. Um, okay. This is not surprising at all. Summer camps embrace gender theory, trans inclusion, and critical race theory. So communist AIDS propaganda. National summer camp organizations have adopted practices and policies based on CRT. The American Camp Association, an organization of 10,000 summer camp professionals, is one of the groups that has embedded left-wing theories on race and gender into their operations. The organization is responsible for accrediting summer camps across the country. In the, the 2023 National Conference, which took place in February, it included a session titled Trans Inclusion in Overnight Programs. It focused on best practices for overnight camps, striving to be welcoming spaces for trannies and other mentally ill people. The session, that's not what it's, what's written, but I'm, again, I'm edi I am accurately editorializing. The session was led by Chris Reyes Dupin, the founder of a group that hosts trainings on uh, pro-grooming bullshit. Um, it's called Transplaining for Camps. Transplaining for camps exists to help camps build inclusive practices that will create spaces of belonging for the mentally ill and also obvious pedophiles. Another ACA conference session which focused on the creation of the racially exclusive affinity groups was titled Creating Belonging Through Affinity Spaces at Camp. Yeah, creating belonging by rounding up the white children and putting them in their own evil group of, of oppressors. Oh, yes. Escort them out. These people have to be escorted out. The Aloha, the Aloha Foundation's Equity and Inclusion page defines affinity spaces as identity-based groups that allow people who share an identity to connect, talk openly about issues related to that identity and brainstorm positive action steps for promoting inclusion and equity. Hopefully the children are rebelling against this and they mock the shit out of it and they say, excuse me, Teacher, can you tell me where is the Walmart bag affinity group? Because I'm identifying as a Walmart bag, bag. Or the nuclear bomb of all pronouns. Excuse me, teacher, 
where are the nigger faggots? Can you point me to the nigger faggots? I identify as a nigger faggot teacher, but I don't see any other nigger faggots. I've lost my nigger faggot affinity group. Can you help me find it, please? Oh. Anyway, the Aloha Foundation also discusses their stance on gender identity issues, writing, We know that our camp communities include gender identities that do not fall into binary gender categories, and we strive to create inclusive spaces. Campers are given the opportunity to disrupt societal constraints, stereotypes, and traditional perceptions of what it means to be a girl or a boy. What a fucking joke. Meanwhile, a different session titled Centering Equity and Justice at Summer Camp, The Kids Are Ready argues that there is an evident need to tackle issues of social justice with our young people and provide them not only with safer spaces to discuss these topics, but the tools to become agents of change. So these are radical communists that need to be escorted out of society, humanely and legally, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, get, get this shit out of here. Good luck if you send your kid... The likelihood that your kid is going to be fucked by one of these pedophile commies if you send him to one of these uh, camps is pretty high, I would argue. Um, Other ACA sessions include creating safe and affirming spaces for LGBTQI2S plus folks at camp and lessons learned in LGBTQIA plus inclusive practices. You know... When we were, when I was in the Jehovah's Witnesses, that was a, that's a, make no mistake. The Jehovah's Witnesses are a full-blown destructive cult. They're not as crazy as Scientology, but they are definitely ridiculous. Okay, so when you would go to the convention or the assembly, they would give you a program, and uh, it would list all of the talks. And the talks, the titles of all the speeches, talks, whatever you want to call them, they are as culty as you get. Uh, you know, learn discipline from Jehovah and all this shit. This here, what I just read here with this lunatic commie AIDS faggot shit is is worse. It's more culty. Creating a safe and affirming space for LGBTQIA2 plus as folks at camp or lessons learned in LGBTQIA plus inclusive practices. That's more culty than the Jehovah's Witnesses. We have found a group of people that are crazier than the Jehovah's Witnesses, and the problem is they are ensconced in society. So I came out of one cult, and now we're in a societal cult, and we're all in this societal cult together. It's no good, and we got it. And we can't just leave the cult. We have to dismantle the cult and escort all of the cult people out of society. That is a big task that is unlikely to happen. Because you're going to need a lot. You're going to you're going to need control of society. You're going to need control of culture. You're going to need control of the political game. It, it's probably not going to happen. But you know, you got to try. You got to try anyway. What what is this? No good. This is no good. But the ACA is just one of several summer camp organizations that have embraced leftist beliefs on sex and race. There's also Outward Bound USA, which describes itself as the leading provider of outdoor education programs that allow young people to explore their personal potential. An equity statement from the Outward Bound USA claims that the outdoor community was and is is part of the underlying structure of injustice that governs American society. 
Also going on to add, we are deeply committed to dismantling inequities and working to write a new chapter. The organization, which leads nature trips for middle and high school students, published a common terms and language list that decries microaggressions and exalts intersectionality. It also directs readers to a site that encourages white allies to be accomplices who directly challenge institutional racism, colonization, and white supremacy rather than just allies. So these lunatics, uh, they treat black people like aliens. Uh, it, it, you'll see them, they'll like write articles about how, like, oh, we, we got to let black people enjoy nature. Black motherfucker, where do you live? Black people are in nature all the time. You ever go to Fairmount Park? There's black people everywhere. What are you talking about? I, I walk on nature trails all the time. I see black people. I see Hispanic people. These are lunatics. Absolute lunatics. They act like it's like black people can't go out in nature. Oh, black people have to be helped to go into nature. They're just not capable. It's crazy. They're, they're lunatics. These people are lunatics. Um, now, oh, now there's Campfire. It's another one. Campfire, an organization that runs teen leadership events and camps and seeks to connect young people to the outdoors through playful, inclusive, affordable, and powerful out-of-class experiences. One portion of Campfire site states, we want to honor the significant and largely unrecognized contributions of two-spirit and indigenous people. Oh, you know why they're unrecognized? Because there's not a lot of them, okay? That's just a, hey, you are the ones that wanted to get into a dick measuring contest with white people about invention. That was stupid. That's fucking stupid, but you did it. You decided to do it, and you decided to give white people all of white people. You didn't just go after the Swedish or the Italians or the French or the Germans. No, no, no. You decided to give us all of the white people into one group, and now we can just count all of those inventions? Are you crazy? Anyway, whatever. That's your, that's your strategical mistake, retard. Not ours. Anyway, amazing. Oh, here, here's, here's some more culty language. Um... The word came from the... Oh, as what word? Uh, oh, two-spirit. From the Ashinaabe language and means having both female and male spirits within one person. Yeah, that's real. Sharing our personal pronouns, pronouns affirms our belief that every individual has the right to define their own identity. The organization cites, states it lists sample pronouns which include include the retard noise pronouns are you familiar with the retard noise pronouns they're not they're not words they're noises so this is z and then h-i-r in hers so they're just they're basically noises uh or you can if you want to like them to you know when i uh w w was a, a young lad we lived next to some deaf people some of them were cool deaf people are like any other group of people some of them are nice and some of them are fucking assholes Okay, but one of the things, and I'm not going to pretend that this wasn't funny because it was funny. And it's okay. If I was deaf and you said that's funny, I'd be like, yeah, I know. That must be hilarious. I wish I could hear. I, I wish I could hear it. Okay. Anyway, so especially, you know, when I was like 17 and we're like fucking high as hell, two o'clock in the morning, we're like watching, you know, we're watching like Beavis and Butthead on VHS, high out of our minds. And all of a sudden you hear, Bleh! And and, then, and of course, what, like the first time, you know, you got like a new person hanging out, smoking weed, and, and they're like, bro, what the hell was that? You, I, I got deaf people living this, next door. And yeah, they make all these wild noises, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious, okay? Anyway, 
if you can't laugh at yourself, I don't know, you could pick whatever. You can laugh at Italians, okay, and their rabid homosexuality in Florence, Italy. It's, their homosexuality was at such a high level that, that they created a slur out of, the, uh, uh, out of the, the name of where these homosexuals were from. Florence, Italy. The slur was Florenzia. So it was basically their version of faggot. Instead of faggot, it was Florenzia. Not even San Francisco has that designation. So Florence, Italy, I don't know what the hell was going on in Florence, Italy, but they had more rabid homosexuals than San Francisco. Probably not a, as much shit in the streets and AIDS needles. They probably didn't have that going. But as far as level of rabid homosexuality, it was even higher than in San Francisco, okay? Anyway, people should not take themselves so seriously. That's my point. Um, what, uh, now we have a strategic planning document from Campfire. Focuses on anti-racism work and a creation of a race equity culture where programs are culturally responsive and explicit about race, racism, and race equity. Race equity, as you know, is white people taking it in the ass. That's what that is. Numerous individual camps have also embraced left-wing theories on gender and race, meaning they're retarded. Uh, Colorado's Camp Granite Lake addressed tranny identification and cabin placement in a memo that was removed from the site uh, but it was archived. Our long-standing guidelines has been to allow campers and staff to live and work in a cabin of the gender which with which with which they most closely identify. So a predator can go into the girls' room and they'll have to just put up with it. Their site also explains that camp staff will refer to children based off their preferred name or pronouns regardless of the wishes of the parents. So literal fucking predators are running this camp. How do you know that you have predators running the camp? They say shit like this, quote, at camp we will acknowledge the name or pronoun change during the session while parents and caregivers may choose a different approach at home as a youth serving organization it's not within our scope to tell campers what they are not ah okay all right well at least you're being honest at your fucking predators chelsea colorado camps excuse me which is accredited by the aca contends that there's a difference between gender and sexuality saying a person's sexuality is who they're attracted to and their gender is who they are before probably it's all commie gobbledygook who gives a fuck a land acknowledgement from the camp reads we are conscious of and saddened by the exclusions and erasures of indigenous people that resulted in our uh, our land being stolen motherfucker you lost you lost okay you lost the battle that's it I'm glad you lost, okay? This this is I love America and I love all of our modern conveniences and we wouldn't have that shit without colonization with and it, and without winning the battle. So, tough luck. Get them next time. The Daily Wire recently revealed that a different Colorado summer camp allows adults of the opposite sex who identify as trannies to room in the same cabin as campers. The camp also refuses to tell parents if their child will be rooming with a predator. Amazing. Maine's Camp Chowanki, which is accredited by the ACA, has a diversity statement and notes we revised the overall Camp Chowanki program structure to be more explicitly inclusive of the gender spectrum by naming non-binary participants in the program description language. So that's basically an announcement to everyone. Uh, we are retards and we're going to do retarded bullshit here, so 
you should probably not send your fucking kid. It also states that the camp has modified its farm and food systems curriculum to spend more time discussing indigenous food systems and to use honest language, EX colonizers, as opposed to settlers or explorers. Good, do colonizers. I like colonizing. It's fucking awesome. So I'm happy. Embrace the labels. Embrace the labels that the retards give. The curriculum will center the stories of many types of farms and farmers in our lessons with all a consistent awareness of white supremacy culture. Are you going to show them the fucking farmers from that AIDS commie thing in Seattle when they were put in Sprite and plastic bags? That shit was hilarious. What a bunch of idiots. Camp Reimagined. A New York-based summer camp with both overnight and day camp seeks to build inclusive camp environments that all youth deserve. The organization's site reads, We exist to reorient youth to what is possible while working towards socially and racially just gender-inclusive environments. Um, entropy went down. I don't know what's going on. Entropy goes down like every half hour. Um, I don't know. Hopefully they fix that. But uh, I am uh, putting it back up, so hopefully that will uh, not be a problem anymore. A report from the Daily Wire revealed that there are several summer camps across the country that have not only adopted policies based on gender or CRT, but specifically intended for children who identify as transgender or LGBT. So these are basically um, predator camps. So parents beware, hopefully... People stop sending their kids to these crazy fucking uh, predator camps. All right. Delays, cancellations could plague the airline industry for 10 years. I think this shit is a controlled demolition on purpose. According to a new report, flight delays and cancellations will plague the airline industry for the next 10 years due to the shortage in the aviation industry of commercial pilots, mechanics, and air traffic controllers. Uh, CBS News analysis of data from the FAA, the U.S. Department of Transportation and Department of Labor found that the current situation will only worsen with time as the industry is 32,000 commercial pilots, mechanics, and air traffic controllers short of what is necessary to perform smoothly. Some estimates say the airlines could run 60,000 pilots short of 2030. The number of delays that arose from issues that air carriers can control soared from 5.2% in 2018 to 7.6% in 2023, resulting in thousands of delayed flights. As recently as June 24th through 27th, 31,850 flights, representing one-third of all flights nationwide, were delayed 25% higher than the year before. Between December 24th and December 31st, 2022, Southwest Airlines canceled 14,042 flights, 72.3% of all canceled flights nationwide. Spokesperson for uh, Airlines for America, which represents seven of the nation's biggest carriers, stated, U.S. airlines recognize the importance of securing a pipeline of new employees, pilots, flight attendants, mechanics, and others, and have established new pilot training programs, enhanced recruitment efforts, and implemented programs to address financial hurdles. I'm just, and I hope this doesn't happen, but I am expecting planes to start falling out of the sky uh, with this diversity shit. That's what I expect, but we'll see. They're leaving planes on the ground because they don't have enough people to fly them for ground crews or anything like that. Uh, The airlines are doing about as much as they can to improve staffing levels. Some of the predictions I'm hearing is that the pilot shortage won't be resolved until 2032 or something like that. 
That's the big unsung shortage that no one talks about. Most people don't understand that about half of all airline maintenance is done overseas. So we outsource a lot of that maintenance and I think that's going to be challenging. We have to figure out a way. How do we attract young people to become mechanics, which are critical, but also at the same time, they're outsourcing more and more of their work. The aviation industry is running roughly 3,000 short uh, of fully certified air traffic controllers. Good luck if you have to fly. Holy shit. All right, let's see here. Uh, school board members battle AIDS commie Governor Newsom's personal attacks and threats of fines and legal action. Following pressure from the AIDS commie Governor of California, including a threat of a $1.5 million fine and legal repercussions, a Southern California school district has reversed course to adopt pro-pedophile state-approved curriculum in in the school board uh, that the school board initially rejected when i say pro-pedophile i'm not i'm not being hyperbolic the issue is pedophilia of harvey milk and the uh school board said we don't want a pro-pedophile curriculum and so we're not going to do this and newsom threatened them so then they adopted the pro-pedophile harvey milk uh child grooming curriculum Three newly elected board members from the Temecula Valley Unified School District, Joseph Komrowski, Jen Wiersma, and Danny Gonzalez, have been repeatedly personally targeted by Newsom since they voted to delay the deployment of a pro-pedophile curriculum for elementary school students backed by the governor. The governor has likened the trio to demagogues who whitewash history, censor books, and perpetuate prejudice. What a crock of shit. Bragged about a civil rights investigation launched by the state's AG back in June into why the board rejected the pro-pedophile curriculum and vowed to send the bill of $1.6 million with a $1.5 million fine for initially refusing the textbooks. Um... Wersma told the Daily Wire, the governor's statements are outrageous and it's been a surreal thing for me to live through this with the amount of threats and intimidation and the bullying that's gone on, whether it's monetarily through a fine or a lawsuit and the name calling. It's egregious. There's no other way around it. The board voted 3-2 to delay the deployment of the curriculum last Tuesday, largely due to the parents complaining that some of the content was too sexualized for elementary school students. Specifically, some parents took issue with lessons about pedophile Harvey Milk, the first openly gay man to be elected to public office in California. Notably, notably, the pedophile had a series of sexual relationships with young boys when he was in his 30s and was accused of rape. Other L- Oh, so he's a pedophile rapist. Gotcha, gotcha. Other LGBT content parents felt was age-inappropriate included the mention of the Gay Liberation Front, which parents connected to NAMBLA, a pedophile advocacy group. I, again, I was not being hyperbolic. They also found some content ideological or politically biased. One Temecula parent, who is a U.S. Marine veteran, voiced outrage at Newsom during a contentious nine-hour-long school board meeting last week. I was once willing to die in a foreign land for what I believe this country to be. So now that the government has brought this social war to my front door, you couldn't begin to comprehend how hard I will dig my heels in and fight for what I know to be right. Another parent expressed his dissatisfaction with Newsom. He said, boys cannot be girls. Girls cannot be boys. Men cannot get pregnant. You're justifying the sexual perversion of young children. Governor Newsom, Pharaoh of California, wants to spend $1.6 million on textbooks to facilitate the deviant sexual behavior of Harvey Milk. Why? Because children must learn gay pride. That's not the responsibility of the woke Pharaoh of California. Parental rights come from God, not man. Based parent. 
But due to mounting legal pressures, an emergency board meeting was called on short notice Friday, and the four out of five board members were able to attend the meeting and eventually voted unanimously to approve the curriculum. Notably, the most controversial material, a chapter for fourth graders on the pedophile Harvey Milk and other uh, pro-pedophile grooming LGBT-related content, had been pushed to the end of the school year and will likely complete, be completely removed and replaced. Numerous school board members have said they needed to quickly greenlight the state-backed books or the district would be open to legal action. Specifically, they worried the district would be in violation of California's Williams Act that mandates students have equal access to instructional materials and quality teachers. Komrowski, the school board president, talked about the pressures from the state when discussing the recent curriculum approval. The story is that we did a 180 flip and that's not the case. We, What we decided to do is take in the curriculum and basically rewrite a fourth grade module and we'll include LGBT people because you need to as part of the FAIR Act, but it will move into the realm that's less controversial. We're going to work the best we can to ask for modifications and work to provide the community with a standard that they're more comfortable with. Newsom continued the attack on the three new board members despite their vote Friday charging that the latest vote exposed their true motives. And this battle was never about parental rights, but extremists' desire to control information and censor the materials used to teach children. The Democrat also claimed that because of the board members' antics, they have a, a civil rights investigation to answer for. That's why you never cuck to these people. Never cuck to these people. Uh, never apologize, because they're just going to fuck you harder. Wurzma said the, that legally the curriculum can evolve and she will continue to make sure parents' voices are heard and reflected in the content their children are exposed to. This is a call out to parents to keep moving, keep getting involved, keep getting on committees, keep writing letters to your school boards, keep showing up because you will make a difference even though people like Newsom may want to shut you down. As for Newsom, Wurzma said the American people should take a second look at his actions. If you're looking at someone who wants to run for president of the United States, People better step back and question this because local authority is the way our founder, founders set up this country. Commies hate local authority. Individual communities should be able to speak into things without uh, a governor tossing out the power of his office to apply this kind of pressure to moms and dads and people who step up to, uh, to run for school board. Look, they want your kids. They're going to take your kids. The only way to stop them is to take your kids out of school. They will eventually probably make that illegal, but for now, that is a way. Hillary Clinton being a complete retard, uh, saying that it's hot out because of Republicans. Here's her tweet. Hot enough for you? Thank a MAGA Republican, or better yet, vote them out of office. So there you go. And then she tweeted this picture of a bunch of headlines, most of them bullshit about how it's the hottest time on earth and blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. Uh, anyway, so yeah, another thing the Republicans are at fault for, the uh, the heat. Amazing. What a, what a dumb bitch. Um Relying on AI detectors raises censorship concerns after real videos are labeled fake. The idea of using AI to detect and perhaps even censor AI content online has been growing over the last year. However, if recent tests are, be to, are to be believed, the accuracy of, of such technology is far from perfect, meaning genuine content could be falsely censored if such technology is trusted. In the fight against deepfake videos, Intel has released a new system named Fake Catcher, that can allegedly distinguish between genuine and tweaked digital media. The system's effectiveness was put to the test by using a mixture of real and doctored clips of Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Intel reportedly uses the uh, phys uh, physiological trait of 
photo blah 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 whatever the fuck that word is which reveals blood circulation changes and tracks eye movement and identify uh, and expose deep fakes the acclaimed scientists Ike Demir, part of the Intel Labs research team, elucidates that the process involves determining the authenticity of the content based on human benchmarks such as a person's blood flow changes and eye movement consistency. These natural human characteristics are detectable in real videos, but absent in videos made through AI. However, preliminary testing revealed the technology might not be foolproof, despite the company's bold claim of 96% accuracy. The system efficiently detected lip-synced deepfakes, failed, uh, failing to recognize only one of several instances. Interestingly, the real ordeal emerged when the system was presented with genuine videos, a situation in which it erroneously identified some real videos as inauthentic. There is a discernible limitation with pixelated or low-quality video, where uh, detecting facial blood flow signals becomes challenging. Their non-audio analysis entails that seemingly authentic audio could be labeled as fake. You know what's going to happen here. The commies are going to infest this area. They are going to then release their expert software. And what it will do is it will, any time there is a leftist gay op fake video, they're going to say that's a real video. And any real video uh, um, that's from conservatives, uh, that that is good for conservatives, they're going to claim is fake. That's exactly what's going to happen here. Um, let's see. A federal court ruled that all citizens have journalistic protections. That's great. In a recent federal court ruling, it was reconfirmed the First Amendment protections are not exclusive to officially recognized journalists, but extend to anyone engaged in journalistic activities. This represents a notable victory for citizen journalists and advocates for free expression. One such uh, journalist, Justin Pulliman, who is currently suing the Fort Bend County, Texas Sheriff Department, the conflict stemmed from an incident when Pulliam, who films and uploads public interest activities such as police interactions to YouTube, uh, was ejected from a press conference in July of 2021. He was deemed not media. Last, later that year, he was arrested while capturing footage of police interactions with an individual experiencing a mental health, health crisis. This case not only highlights the potential dangers of defining journalists as a special class, but also the impossibility of the government being the final authority on what constitutes a journalist. So good, good to see. I imagine a lot of these police departments will ignore it, but that's a good ruling. Um, Australia plans to combat misinformation, says group messaging is of ongoing concern. So these retards want access to your private messages. Are you engaging in wrong think in private with your friends and family? Australia's Communication and Media Authority has released its second report um, to the country's government covering efforts of digital platforms to comply with the Australian Code of Practice on Disinformation and Misinformation. Despite Australia's draconian, fully on display for the rest of the world to see measures and policies over the past few years on a number of hot-button issues, COVID and misinformation included, this code is designated as voluntary. Oh, I'm sure it is, but we're going to destroy you if you don't do it. It came as a result of a request made by the Australian government back in 2019. The layers of corporate and government power involved here are fascinating for those wanting to make a deep dive into the matter, but what's obvious is that there's more Orwellian-esque language involved because the findings in the newest report are based on basically opinion regarding whether or not something is harmful online speech. But perhaps 
in the greater scheme of reality, something irreconcilable with the improved news quality, the summary of the report, which covers how ACMA, an overseer, sees the future of the voluntary code going forward and the compliance with its previous recommendations shows that those have been successfully integrated into major platforms' behavior as they operate in Australia. The result, as overtly presented, Australians are increasingly concerned about disinformation and misinformation. Uh, some would say conspiracy theories have finally won. So how do you try to not look at a global dummy if you are uh, like a global dummy if you are already identifiable to the world a certain narrative advancing government? This is apparently how, quote, COVID-19, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, climate change issues, and elections around the world have provided focal points for the dissemination of disinformation and misinformation. What, these four very separate issues mangled up together like this is, like this in PR statements only serves to prove the point. Some governments are either fishing for thought, thoughtless obedience or they have made up all four as election talking points. There's nothing substantially solid sitting behind these narratives put together either. It's frankly the stupidity of disinformation and misinformation to find the way that it holds it up for the moment. And while Australia may not and may never have a presidential election like the U.S., and all those secrets to protect, there's still a national election looming ahead. I'm sure they cheat. I'm sure they cheat. Um... Biden endorses legislation that would require online platforms to check age and ID of users. Biden has endorsed the Kids Online Safety Act, a piece of legislation that will lead to online ID checks, as well as COPPA 2.0, which is seen by opponents as an update to the already criticized Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. COPPA 2.0 is bipartisan legislation that has been reintroduced by Democrat Ed Markey and Republican Bill Cassidy, and the proposal stated goal is to make sure the privacy of children and teenagers is better protected online. The latest attempt to get the update through Congress is explained by the need to curb the negative effect of social platforms and other big tech offerings affecting young people's mental health. The text of the bill further accuses big tech of knowingly contributing to this devastating stating trend and reaches for the U.S. street shitter Surgeon General Vivek Murthy's statement from two years ago where he urged companies behind social media to reverse this disturbing decline in young people's mental health. With the stage set this way, it's supposed to be hard to argue against the need to make a bad piece of business even worse. And the problem is clearly not in purported protections of youth's mental well-being, but the privacy invasion, invasive underpinnings behind its rules such as to obtain verifiable parental consent. The current iteration of the bill speaks of companies' actual knowledge of harm from data collection from children younger than 13, that is, companies must somehow know that this demographic is reasonably likely to use particular apps and services. And for uh, KOSA, another bill with bipartisan support that says its goal is to protect children on the Internet, critics are warning it can be used to censor certain content simply by linking it to suppose, suppose it harmed the children. It gets worse, though. The bill would have people provide their government-issued photo ID in order to be able to post online. Good fucking luck with that. In other words, the government wants to know where you live, even if you happen to be an anonymous online user. Good for the government, bad for the foundations of the open internet. I hope this doesn't pass. I would not be surprised if Republicans hop the board because they are not helpful at all. Um, but yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. 
All right, let's get to some videos here. Um, so it's uh, it's been a while, so it is finally time for yet another Nicole Wallace episode demonizing all conservatives as potential terrorists. Let me put the speakers on here. One moment. And of course, they bring on that bald fucker to talk about how we need to treat them like Islamic terrorists. In these times, speaking to how, despite their political differences, he and at the time January 6th Select Committee member Liz Cheney were able to find vast amounts of common ground and common understanding and respect for one another because they were fighting on the same side for the same goal the very right to debate issues with each other in a free and fair American democracy. The fact that their unity on that issue of whether we remain a democracy was so notable is emblematic of a much more ominous problem plaguing our country right now, today. The inability of Republicans to see beyond party affiliation. It has now morphed into an inability to agree to a certain set of facts, reality. And this polarized reality, which we refer to as Earth One and Earth Two on this show, threatens not just our democracy, but our very way of life. If we can't agree that there is indeed climate change, we can't move toward debating the solutions. If we can't agree that there's no evidence of fraud in our elections, then we can't view the outcomes as legitimate. If we can't agree that political violence is abhorrent and unacceptable in every single instance, then none of us are safe. In all three of those examples, large swaths of self-identified Republicans are in the evidence-free zone, which we call Earth Two, not exercising a right to their own free speech or free ideas, but demanding a right to dictate their own facts without any evidence. So what we're left with, all of us, not just them, is a country being ripped apart at the seams in a very precarious moment in our history. In the name of the Republican Party's leader and ex-president, who's been indicted twice, who's been found liable for sexual abuse, impeached twice, many members of the Republican Party have spread vitriol and hate, some by adopting the rhetoric themselves, others by ignoring it, others by refusing to condemn it at all. Take what was just posted by former Trump administration official, a man named Peter Navarro, and when you watch this, keep in mind, no one in the Republican Party has called out this dangerous language. Roughly half of Republicans and over a third of Democrats believe America is on the brink of civil war. If such an unthinkable war breaks out, it will be the Democrats' fault. The Democrat activists and strategists now driving this nation towards a second civil war have neither justice nor righteousness on their side. My strong admonition to these Democrats, as I appeal to the wiser in your party, is this. Back this anti-democratic truck up before it runs over you. Are you kidding? If the audacity doesn't hit you in the face, the hypocrisy and projection will. So that guy goes on to warn Democrats? that their so-called weaponization of government and DOJ and other government agencies is going to, quote, come back to haunt you? I'm sorry. It's an alarming threat, given that a second federal indictment. So there's just a lot of this talk about threats, protected speech. They call it threats because they want to start arresting people over it. And of Donald Trump for crimes he committed in Earth One is likely imminent. 
Following the first indictment from special counsel Jack Smith, a larger number of Americans now support using force to restore Donald Trump to the White House somehow, some way. According to a new University of Chicago survey, that number, quote, increased by roughly 6 million people in the last few months to an estimated 18 million people. A growing number of Americans who believe violence is justified coming ahead of a likely third indictment of the ex-president is where we begin the hour with some of our most favorite experts and friends. Former acting assistant attorney general for national security at the U.S. Department of Justice, Mary McCord, is back. Also joining us, Paul Rykoff, host of the Independent Americans podcast and the founder of the group. So this is the guy that it, a while ago said, it's a shame we can't round them up and shoot them. Talking about us. Iraq and Afghanistan veterans of America and former assistant U.S. attorney, now the president of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, Maya Wiley is with us. Uh, Mary, I start with you. When you and your smart peers who have sort of sat at the intersection of U.S. national security with an orientation toward threats from abroad, where I think I know from my time in government exactly what we would do. Real quick, in uh, Rumble, WBG90 says, have you heard of actual Jake? The dude is definitely as cringe as it comes, and surprise, surprise, is a fat pink-haired commie. Might want to check him out for some content. No, I don't think I've ever heard of actual Jake. A, a, a fat commie. Uh, pink hair. I would assume he's homosexual. You know, just guessing. But all right, I, I will check that out. If a foreign terrorist organization or an American... Oh, and there was another one. Apologies. Uh, Sean A. Fong says, Watch the Homeland Security hearings. Realized all of the major, uh, all of the major subversives in Congress. Shift Nadler... Steve Cohen and Mayorkas themselves are Jews. They have set themselves against the country. Was that the uh, he was that today? There was a Homeland Security hearing today, or no? I think yesterday, right? Mayorkas. I I'm not too familiar with that one. I know the the UFO one was the one everybody was, was talking about. Very threatened us. What is it that we do when prominent figures or, or someone from the ex-president's cabinet threatens us? Well, right, this is the challenge because domestically uh, speech is protected by the First Amendment oh, and that has bad. been interpreted very, very broadly to protect almost everything that can, that, you know, including things that can sound pretty threatening unless they cross over the line into sort of what's called a true threat. And that means uh, the First Amendment does not protect violence or incitement to imminent violence, but the line about where that is and when a threat becomes that type of incitement to imminent violence or violence itself is something that the courts have struggled with over time. And I think that that's been essentially weaponized by extremists to really Yeah, guys, extremists are weaponizing their free speech that envelope and try to stay where they feel is just on the protected side of the line. I think it also means that prosecutors are hesitant sometimes to prosecute when they worry that they might not be able to obtain a conviction. Oh, so there are, again, there, th this is the next phase in the insanity. People are going to be arrested. Uh, and they're already being arrested for non-crimes. With this elector stuff, they're going to arrest conservatives for more non-crimes, and it's going to be related to their speech. Because there'll be a determination that. By the way, they already did it to a guy, uh, Doug Mackey. He he posted a meme about Hillary Clinton. He was not only arrested, he's been convicted, and now he's awaiting sentencing, and he might get ten years. 
convicted or even a jury determination, if it was not a legal determination by a judge, even a jury determination that something really wasn't a true threat. And so we, we get more and more and more of this type of extremist language that, you know, when you take the comments you just showed of Peter Navarro, you know, he wasn't actually making a direct threat, right? He was uh, really, I think, trying to inject into the public consciousness this idea of civil war, which he has to know, because we've seen it over and over and over again, will cause individuals to start talking about that on social media, to start maybe even mobilizing around those types of things. I do think, though, we need to take uh, what he said, and even more importantly, the new data out of the University of Chicago, we need to consider that in terms of how easy it is to say things, to talk about civil war, to talk about things on social media, to answer um, polling about your views about political violence, to answer these things very in an in an abstract way. And according to other researchers, and I've talked to Robert Pate from uh, University of Chicago and also to other researchers, and oftentimes if you then drill down with your questions into specific things that a person would think it's acceptable to do, the answers sometimes change a little bit. I think questions in the abstract about would the use of force be justified are very abstract questions. They're very generalized. And I don't want to mitigate this threat. I mean, as you know, Nicole, I talk about political violence all the time. But I don't I also don't want to alarm Americans into thinking that, you know, a, a large jump, a large number of Americans really are ready to take up arms in civil war against their fellow Americans. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're in a very dangerous place because of the rhetoric and that brings fear and fear to people uh, that prevents them participating in democratic processes. And that's one of the things we really need to worry about in my view. Even so that's a key point, the fear. Your speech that they don't like that's legally protected is causing people to fear and therefore they're not going to go out and participate and vote. Where have we seen this tactic before? Where have we seen this talking point? Anita Sarkeesian very successfully uh, was one of the key people that got this idea spread around and got the social media companies to listen. This idea that because the bigots are speaking freely, the, the people who are part, parts of protected classes they're silent because they're being bullied and that means they're being censored. So we have to censor the bullies. So now this, and this is gonna be one of the things that Trump I think is gonna be charged with with January 6th, this clan, this like bullshit clan law. They're arguing that this scheme uh, um, is was violating people's rights because it prevented them from voting. And what they're gonna argue probably is particularly your political speech, is violating someone's rights and is causing them not to go out and vote because they're intimidated because of your legal speech and therefore now you are in uh, legal jeopardy. More than are we really going to have war on the streets of the United States of America? Well, Mary, from a law enforcement perspective, does that make it easier or harder to find the people that would break into Speaker Pelosi's home, the guy in New Mexico who would shoot up Democratic election workers? I mean, it, it seems that the, the task, and, and I don't know if, if the terrorism parallel is a good one or a bad one, but finding a lone wolf radicalized terrorist and finding a group both seem vexing endeavors for the U.S. government. 
Right, that's one of the hardest things because the type of rhetoric like you heard from Peter Navarro and like you hear from other extremists um, and the condoning of that it either explicitly as you indicated by elected officials or by their silence by other elected officials. Right, so even if you're silent, you're still a terrorist. That does oftentimes, I shouldn't say oftentimes. You must be actively obeying us. It's not as though we have a terrorist attack every day in the U.S., but that does sometimes lead to individuals acting out on um, the kinds of things that they see and they believe are happening in the United States. And most of our terrorist acts, including our domestic motivated, not foreign terrorist organization motivated, but domestic extremist motivated attacks, are usually carried out by individuals and not by groups. And oftentimes those individuals are inspired by and motivated by the propaganda of groups, including disinformation, conspiracy theories, etc. Right. You posting that link to Breitbart, well, that's inciting violence, Bacon. But they act on their own, and that is very difficult for law enforcement. I mean, law enforcement also, you know, some of the tools that would be uh, the most useful to try to ferret out those individuals are the tools that make people who stand up for privacy and civil rights and civil liberties very nervous. Um, you know, right now, our law enforcement, they have to have predication to do things like create online undercover personas and engage with people in private chat rooms. And it's important to have that predication so that we don't have um, overreach by our federal law enforcement yeah. and surveillance of Americans, you know, just based on there are political they are already surveilling, make no mistake. Views, but that is far different than, of course, trying to ferret out violence. And where that line is, I mean, the director of the FBI has been clear, like once there's, and he's right about this, when there's any discussion about violence or acquiring weapons or that kind of thing, the FBI can move. But whether they always do that and they do it in a timely fashion, um, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a huge challenge for our law enforcement. You know, Paul, Mary articulates really artfully what the Republican political and rhetorical strategy is. It's to find the space beyond what used to be a normative border of acceptable rhetoric, right up to speech that, that crosses the line into illegal incitement of violence, and just, just plant roots, build their bunkers, and that's where they hang out. And you and I have had a lot of conversations about the asymmetry in, in language. I, I wonder how you assess, you know, the rhetorical response to that. Well, the threat of civil war, I think, is exaggerated. And it's something that people like Peter Navarro are actually encouraging and, and want to put on. I think the threat of extremist violence is real. I think the threat from what I've called not a civil war, but an American insurgency, is real. Uh, it doesn't take 18 million people to coordinate attacks on infrastructure or political leaders or disrupt our government or our elections. So I continue to look at this as a national security story, not just a political story. It's an entire extensive network from Trump to Navarro to Mike Flynn to the Oath Keepers all the way around. Oh, yeah. That don't necessarily have to be coordinated. So again, that's the, so it's a network, but it's not coordinated. This is all bullshit. They just have to have the same objective. Right. Sometimes. If you just have the same opinion. Now we can bring in Rico and say, well, they all have the same political opinion, so they were basically working in coordination, even though they weren't. Sometimes those objectives are just chaos. And, and when you've got any number of people who are angry, who are politically motivated, who share values and have weapons and have consistent messaging coming from people like Peter Navarro, it's a real threat. So the FBI... Right, so all conservatives under that standard are a terrorist threat, according to this lunatic. 
FBI has got to be on guard. I always remind people, the FBI is still looking for attackers from, 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 from January 6th. You know, the pipe bomber that, that set pipe bombs outside the DNC and RNC is still at large. The FBI is still hunting for people who are, who are participants in January 6th. So the threat is real. And I think the reality is also that there are people like Peter Navarro who want to see it increase. Yeah, I mean, Maya, this is this extraordinary split screen, though, right? We're, we live at this unprecedented moment where the threats are domestic, not, not foreign. In terms of modern history, that is a new normal. Um, we live at this heightened threat of, as, as Paul said, an American insurgency of extremist views and, and people that are willing to act on them based on the polling. But if you go down issue by issue... And I based on the polling? That's because they have no violence that they can point to. So they have to point to polling. I had this conversation with former Attorney General Eric Holder. On the big issues that historically have divided us, there is no more division. Abortion is not even a 50 plus one. It's like an 80 percent issue of people think it should be legal in all or most instances. Making it easier to vote. Oh, lie. Not a 50 percent issue, not a 50-50 issue. Again, a depending on how you ask the question, 70 to 90 percent of Americans, and if you include younger people, it's even higher, think you should make it easier to vote in the United States of America. Gun safety, it's an 85 percent issue. Should we do more things to make the good? So the, the divisions are on the tools. Peter Navarro talking about civil war. They're on the appetite for violence. That's all on the right. They're on disinformation. It's all consumed and mainlined by, by actors on the right. And Again, that would be information that's factually accurate. They call it misinformation. On this silence, this complicit silence in terms of the highest levels of elected officials, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy condemn none of this. What do we do about that? You know, I can't help, Nicole, but go back to your previous segment with Reverend Sharpton and Eddie Gloud. Um, because really, at the heart of all of this and what we do about it is recognizing not just what you are saying about the fact that we have much more agreement in this country than disagreement, and I really agree with both Paul and Mary in terms of their analysis here. It's that 62% of Americans, according to our polling at the Leadership Conference I'm on sure Civil that's Human accurate. Rights that we conducted last September, where we certainly got a large number of people deeply concerned about the health and future of our democracy, but 62% also saying that this country had to face down anti-black racism. The reason I point that out is because underlying all of this uh, in the what we do about it and why there's complicity in silence from too many leaders who in the past, in the past, including Mitch McConnell, would have supported reauthorization of the Voting Rights Act, the, the very kinds of constitutional norms and Supreme Court protections that we have had as a country to ensure that we have come beyond and surpassed the racism that we had had and the institutionalization of it that we fought a civil war over. And now today, what we're really seeing is the complicity in people thinking about how they hold on to some narrow, some, some very short reins of power uh, because there is a base that I think is the min minority of the American public mm -hmm. uh, that is simply um, and sadly 
incredibly deeply ensconced in conspiracy theory and fiction over fact, and in a lot of insecurity and fear about the future of the country that's leading them to grasp um, theories of division rather than um, the fact of unity. Theories of division. That, to me, speaks like, uh, to Like, you know, exact only women can give birth to babies. That's a theory of division. Exactly what we do about it which is we have to collectively recognize as a country and in every single community where we have people who say we actually have civil rights. Civil rights are constitutional rights. We fought a civil war and it was to perfect this union and we can still perfect it. We can still keep it and we have to do what frankly and again in our polling from last, last fall showed a majority of Americans <clears throat> want which is to have politicians that stop participating in a politics of division and show up what a crock of fucking bullshit rhetoric the janitor's mob has here vote if we have learned nothing it's that elections have consequences and think about am i showing up i don't care which party am i showing up for candidates that are trying to solve problems or create them are trying to take responsibility or avoid it, or are trying to drive division or pull us together. And I'm gonna tell you right now that just like you said, Nicole, this is a country where the vast majority, including the, the segments of our demographics, the Gen Zs and the millennials, the plurals as we call them, are going to inherit this country and they are very clear about what they want and it's a democracy. Paul Rykoff, what does that look like in action? Because I, I know you sort of sit sit at the, the fulcrum of, of peering over into, into two abysses, if you will. Um, what does that sound like? Well, I, I think that there's a core point here, which is a, a lot of Americans are up for grabs. I wouldn't dismiss it as just something that only people on the right or watching Fox News can latch on to. I mean, we're in a battle for hearts and minds. And there are people who are on the fence. You've got to have leaders and messages and messengers and programs that get to those people, that bring them over into community organizing and into nonprofit organizations and away from the Patriot Front and the Oath Keepers. And, and I think yeah. the parallels with 9-11 are important. We've talked about this before. After 9-11, the, the laws didn't work. Like, they made massive changes to respond to a new threat. And I think we have to face the fact that many of our structures, laws, and policies may not work. After 9-11, we created... Right. We, we've got to make laws that make our political opponents opposing us illegal. Department of Homeland Security, there was the Patriot Act, there was massive change in our entire society to face the number one threat, or at least what was communicated as the number one threat. I think we need the same kind of tectonic shift. It's got to be much more than... than yeah, we need something. a Patriot Act for conservatives, especially their memes. And say something, but maybe our laws need to change to respond to the fact that someone like Mike Flynn, the former National Security Director, is openly calling for violence consistently. So we so what he wants is a fundamental change to the First Amendment to ban hyperbole, but only ban conservatives using hyperbole. Yeah. All right. To be continued, please. Uh, Mary McCord, Maya Wiley and Paul Wyckoff, thank you so much for starting us off this hour. What a bunch of lunatics. All right. Now this is Morning Joe, I think on was this? Oh, oh, he, oh, here's another narrative. It's funny how the DeSantis shills. Uh, are in unison with the corporate media with their narratives. Another narrative is Rudy Giuliani said a thing, therefore 
the election was totally on the up and up, and Ruby Freeman and her daughter didn't do nothing. Daniel, a lot to talk to you about. We'll get to Hunter Biden in just a moment. But we also have some new developments on a story that broke at the end of our show yesterday. Years after Rudy Giuliani accused Georgia election workers, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, of fraud during the 2020 election, he is conceding his statements were false. This came in a court filing part of a defamation lawsuit Freeman and Moss filed against Giuliani in 2021. The case accuses Giuliani, who at the time, you'll remember, was representing former President Trump, of publicizing a heavily edited video. He uh, falsely... Oh, it was a heavily edited video, was it? Where was it edited? Could you show me where that video was edited? ...alleged showed the two workers somehow changing votes. Some... No, not changing votes. Again, you're just making stuff up. What do you mean changing votes? No one said they chat. What, what are you talking about? The changing votes was in places like Antrim County with the machines, not with fucking Ruby Freeman. Okay? The issue with Ruby Freeman and her daughter is that they told all of the observers to go home for the night and they said, we're not counting anymore, and that there was some bullshit with like a pipe burst, but it turned out it was just an overflowing toilet. I guess uh, Ruby dropped a, a too much of a deuce. Maybe used a little too much toilet paper in there. I don't know. Maybe she was throwing her mint wrappers down down the toilet and she wasn't supposed to do that. Anyway, so she told all of the workers, uh, excuse me, all the observers to go home. So the observers leave and they're not going to count anymore. And then as soon as everyone's gone, Ruby Freeman uh, and her, or her daughter, I think it was her daughter, pulls out from under the table <clears throat> the ballots that they had put away. You know, because when, when they're done counting, they put the ballots in these crates and they and they put them under the table, right? So they had done that after they sent everyone home. And then as soon as the coast was clear and everyone was gone, they pulled the ballots back out and started counting. Now, why the fuck would you do that? You cannot tell me that's legitimate. If this was legitimate, what you would normally do is you would call back the observers and you would say, oh, guys, you know what? It turned out my fucking fat hog daughter, she just clogged the toilet and we thought it was a pipe burst, but it was actually just a toilet clog. And now we're going to count again. So, you know, sorry, sorry to do that. But you mind coming back? It's an election. It's pretty important. So do you mind coming back? And then when the observers come back, then you would start counting again. No legitimate commentator can possibly argue, in my opinion, that that video is not at least shady. That's a sh that there, there is no way what's going on there is legitimate. How the fuck? You sent all the observers home? And then, of course, there's the footage of her uh, putting the ballots in the machine over and over and over again. And that's kind of, that's a whole thing with, like, the hearings that happened in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Georgia. One of the things that was argued uh, by eyewitnesses who signed affidavit under the penalty affidavits under the penalty of perjury was that um, the the machines were designed to reject to, they're basically designed to have the ballots uh, counted over and over again. Um, this is also um, what you saw in uh, Arizona, though they did a little differently. It was more the um, they they printed the paper uh, 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 deliberately pr printed the paper uh, uh, a size too small, I think. So the machines wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, uh, count it properly. Anyway, regardless of what you think about it, at minimum, that video is shady as hell. Tape earlier in the day of Ruby Freeman and Shay Freeman Mars and one other gentleman 
quite obviously, surreptitiously passing around USB ports as if they are vials of... Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, then there was the video of them passing around a USB stick uh, like it was contraband. And that's when the whole mint thing came from. And they're like, no, 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 they were just passing around mints. Oh, you pass around mints like you're in third grade and, and you're not allowed to have them, do you? When, when there's, no, there's no rules against having mints where they were. They were mints. And then, of course, she had to demonstrably eat the mint at the hearing. Oh, my God. Heroin or cocaine. And they're still walking around Georgia. Why? Should have been, they should have been, uh, should have been questioned already. Uh, their places of work, their homes should have been searched. In one of the videos we just watched, Mr. Giuliani accused you and your mother of passing some sort of USB drive. Oh, please show the eating of the mint. Show them uh, the what mint. What was your mom actually handing you on that video? A ginger mint. Yeah, and then she handed the ginger mint to another person because they just love mints down there. They really love mints. We had uh, at least 18,000 that's on tape. <coughs> we had them counted very painstakingly 18,000 voters uh, having to do with uh, Ruby Freeman. That's, uh, she's a vote scammer, a professional vote scammer and hustler. She was none of those things. Of course, in a two-page declaration, Giuliani now acknowledges he had, in fact, made the statements about Ms. Freeman and Ms. Moss that led to the filing of the suit and that the remarks, quote, carry meaning that is defamatory per se. A political advisor for Giuliani says that means, quote, Giuliani did not acknowledge that the statements were false, but did. So again, within what a minute, the whole narrative is completely unraveled. He did not say his statements were false. They're completely making this up. But I will say this, Rudy, I don't give a fucking shit about Rudy Giuliani and what his goddamn opinion is. That has no bearing on the election being bullshit. The election was bullshit based on, a, what is that term, voluminous? It means like a lot, a shit ton. The election was bullshit based on the fuck ton of evidence proving so. I don't care what a person's opinion is. I don't care what Rudy Giuliani thinks about Ruby Freeman. Now, if he has the right opinion, great, that's good, the more the merrier. But it doesn't, this, it, it's such a bullshit argument that people make where a person has an opinion and they're like, well, Rudy Giuliani said, I don't give a fucking shit. What Rudy Giuliani said, that has no bearing on it. There's video of what Ruby Freeman or her daughter or whatever the fuck, of what they did. There's video of it. You cannot tell me. I would love to watch, like Tim Pool was like, oh, there's nothing to that video. Yeah, walk through that video and you fucking tell me there's nothing shady about that. Get the fuck out of here. Am I saying that the Ruby Freeman video is the be all end all evidence? No, I'm not. It's one piece of like a thousand pieces of evidence not contested in order to move on to the portion of the case that will permit a motion to dismiss. Giuliani says he still believes his comments are protected by the First Amendment and refused to accept they cause harm to the women. Here is what Freeman and Moss told the January 6th committee last year about the harm they say they did endure. Oh, yeah, here we go. There is nowhere I feel safe. Oh. Nowhere. Do you know how it feels to have the president of the United States to target you. The president of the United States is supposed to represent every American, not to target one, but he targeted me, Lady Ruby, a small business owner, oh. a 
a mother, a proud American citizen who stand up to help Fulton County run an election yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. Oh. A lot of threats. Uh -huh. um, wishing death upon me. Um, telling me that you know I'm, I'll be in jail with my mother and saying things like, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. Were a lot of these threats and, and vile comments racist in nature? <laughs> a lot of them were racist. A lot of them were just hateful. Mm. Attorneys for Freeman and Moss released a statement about the development saying, quote, Giuliani's stipulation concedes what we always have known to be true. The allegations of election fraud he and former President Trump made against them have been false since day one. That's not what he said, though, retard. That's not what he said. Even if he said that, it wouldn't matter. The video speaks for itself. The evidence speaks for itself. It doesn't matter what Giuliani's opinion is. So, Danny, let's talk about the legal implications of this. What is all that legalese that we heard from Giuliani and his team? What does that translate to? Well, it seems to me they're stipulating to the underlying facts because in order to get to the motion for summary judgment phase, there have to be no issues of fact. In other words, all the facts are, are conceded, and the only thing for the court to decide is an issue of law. And Giuliani's defense appears to be not so much that, hey, what I said about them was true or wasn't true. It's more that it doesn't matter what I said about them, whether it's true or not. I had a First Amendment right to say it. Therefore, there is no defamation. And that's why it appears that he's making this concession in order to put issues of fact aside, decide them for the moment, and get to the motion for summary judgment. And really, it's a, it's a minor kind of Hail Mary to try and throw the case out early. That's what summary judgment really is. It's always a long shot. The odds are, if you're moving for summary judgment, either as the plaintiff or the defendant, you're probably going to lose, and the case will probably move forward to trial. But it is a mechanism by which you can get rid of a case that has no issues of fact and only issues of law. If the only issues are of law, then the judge can decide them and everybody can move along. So Eugene, uh, that's the legal aspect of this, but let's just speak about the, the morality the of this toll. This was, what about this the was reprehensible. This was reprehensible. False. It was untrue. And as I noted in my book and others have oh, so well, uh, and we heard that emotional testimony from these two election workers who are just trying to do the just right thing, trying doing to uh, the right thing. do their civic duty. Yeah. And they felt like their lives were threatened. They were mm. harassed for months. And it's in moments like this, repeated uh, other places across the country, have had a chilling effect where I know a lot of local officials are worried they're not going to be able to find poll workers and volunteers for the next election. People who have said and done it for years that they, they loved being a poll worker, that it felt like it gave them a lot of purpose around the elections, are terrified to do so because of these moments like this. And I will say, well, don't when, cheat. We, for, when Stop we saw cheating. these two women um, live when during this committee hearing, that was one of the most emotional, emotional. Was the most interesting aspects yes. of the committee hearing up to that point. Oh, yeah. Um, because a lot of it was Powerful. talking to officials and talking to you know Republicans who were in the in in these rooms were seeing them as they were talking in their testimonies. This was about real people who had and who were impacted by the lies that that Giuliani and Donald Trump and others were telling. And I think that was one of the things that as people were watching and you started seeing polling that people were paying attention to those moments just as much as the fact finding missions. And, and it's just a, it's just a reminder of how central Rudy Giuliani and his lies during the during the 2020 bathroom after the 2020 election and even before how central they are to a lot of the investigations swirling Donald Trump right now.
So, Jen, during the course of your working life, you go out, you meet people on the campaign trail, you talk to them, you look at focus oh, groups. Oh, Palmieri, yeah, she helped. So uh, didn't she help Clinton uh, um, talking break about the, the uh, uh, blackberries? Rudy Giuliani, and this display that we saw this morning, uh, which reprised what he did, actually, these two women. How do we convince people, normal people, that Rudy Giuliani is going to skate on something like this with really no penalty paid, and yet the system isn't rigged? We're going to tell people the system isn't rigged for the wealthy and the connected? <clears throat> how, how do we do that? I mean, the way I look at it, Mike, you know, I saw Tim Miller was on the show yesterday and he re he referred to the fact-based community. I still think the show, the show, that's a good way to describe the show. It's part of the fact-based Yeah, community. you're really part of the fact-based community. In America. Um, I still look at that ruling yesterday. I mean, I heard everything Danny said, all the qualifications about what um, Giuliani wasn't admitting to. But the truth is that um, Giuliani did not, is not objecting to what these women are saying. He is, um, and that is a win for the fact-based community. Yeah, that is a gotcha. win for truth. And Suddenly, just like Pedro Gonzalez says, I mean, that means the election was totally real. And... I mean, I look at it, yes, Mike, I guess at some level, you know, Giuliani may skate on this, but democracy, you know, if you step all the way back, as I know you do, <laughs> democracy has been t under, under a major stress test for the last eight years that Trump's been part of our political They're talking about their rule. That's what they mean by democracy, their rule. Political system, right? And now is the accountability phase in the justice, uh, on you know, with 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 the criminal with criminal justice and these and these civil cases as well. And you know, Trump is being held accountable. Like we may get another indictment today. We've already had one federal indictment. We've had we've had the New York indictment. Uh, Giuliani had to back off on his statements. You saw Mark Meadows yesterday say not wanting to talk about Jan 6 at all. Questions about whether or not maybe uh, Mark Meadows is cooperating with the uh, with uh, the federal prosecutors too. The people that have lied to the country are having to back, either back off in some way or they're being held accountable in some way. And I think that that, you know, we don't get an easy win here. It's not the progress isn't all linear, but I still think that what's happening in the criminal justice courts, what's happening in the courts in general when it comes to Trump is some accountability that's been lacking. So she's pleased that her political opponents are being arrested for some of the very same things that she, frankly, things that she's done worse with Clinton. Um, through, you know, prior to this year. Yeah, and as you say, we're still on indictment watch and that federal grand jury expected to meet today, so we have our eyes on that as well. Meanwhile, in a surprise turn of events, Hunter Biden pleaded not guilty to federal tax charges yesterday. All right, let's go to the next one here. One second. Uh, entropy's down. I'm going to load it back up. Which one is this? See around UFOs after a oh yeah, here here is the media narrative on UFOs. House oversight hearing. Three former military officials testified today that not only do UFOs exist, but they could pose a significant risk to national security. Watch this. What concerns me is that there's no oversight from our elected officials on anything associated with our government processing or working on craft. Uh, believe not from this world. I urge us to put aside stigma and address the security and safety issue this topic represents. If UAP are foreign drones, it is an urgent national security problem. If it is something else, it is an issue for science. 
If you believe we have crashed craft uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Non-human biologics. Yeah. We yeah. should note that the Pentagon has denied David Grush's claims. So let's get right to it. It was one of the witnesses from today's hearing, former Navy fighter pilot Ryan Graves. He is also the co-founder of Americans for Safe Aerospace. All right, Ryan, you testified today. Tell us about your experience with UFOs. What is the most important thing you said in that hearing? Well, the most important thing I said in this hearing was really uh, speaking for the pilots that have, have reached out to me to share that this has been an ongoing problem for them. Uh, what I had seen back in 2014 time period were essentially dark gray or black cubes inside of clear spheres. And we'd be seeing these objects uh, on our radar systems, on our camera systems, and again, eventually with our eyeballs. Uh, these objects would be anywhere from 0, 0.0 Mach to up to 2 Mach. Um, and these spheres are not aerodynamic shapes. Uh, they would be moving erratically and they'd be in our working areas on a daily basis. What the heck is a non human, what was it? A non human biologic. When I hear that, I'm like, is it blood? Is it hair? Is it slime behind? Oh, what is that? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, that would be a question, I think, for Mr. Grush. Uh, he was... Uh, it's not suspicious that none of them asked him that question at the hearing? I'd be like, sir, are you saying that there were alien bodies? What the fuck is a non-human biologic? Are you just, are you being tricky? Are you doing what, I forget, was the Russians or the Chinese, and it was a monkey, and that's non-human? Are you being a fancy boy? What's the deal, sir? Or what, what he has claimed is that he was... Uh, read into various programs as part of his responsibilities as a member of the UAP task force. And that was part of his testimony that he was giving today, essentially, as part of that investigation, what programs and, and what um, what other um, uh, potential NHIs or, or other biologics he might have been associated with through that investigation. You testified today about the need for one single reporting system for UFO sightings. How many are there that would require a whole system like that? Well, that's a great question. We don't necessarily know. Uh, I estimated today that we're probably receiving about 5% uh, of the, the total reports. Uh, right now, the only uh, service branch that has implemented reporting for UAP is uh, the U.S. Navy. And the U.S. Navy has had an increasing problem with these as reporting has increased. Um, when you consider that the Coast Guard, uh, the Air Force, and other service branches are not reporting on this topic, we would expect the overall reporting rate to increase drastically. Uh, additionally, commercial aviators have zero way to report this uh, issue. Um, if they choose to report this issue, then they're uh, suggested through the federal aviation regulations to simply contact their local law enforcement. You want to make this kind of a, if you see something, say something, but there is a stigma attached to reporting this kind of stuff. What do you want people to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to do a whole stigma thing. They're probably going to say, they're not, you don't, you dare call them aliens, bigot. They're going to come up with some people. They're going to, I don't know, come up with something. They're going to come up with some gay-ass name that you have to call them. And if you don't call them that, uh, it, then you're a bigot. And then the internet's going to come up with a hilarious slur for them, uh, which is, we'll see what they come up with. But I imagine it'll be fantastic. Because it's important. 
Yeah, I, I think people just need to understand that when we have something unidentified in our airspace, um, that's a cause for national security concern. It, it could be an adversary or it could be something we simply don't know. Uh, so we have to avoid the conclusions about uh, little green men and, and um, what have you. And we need to focus on the fact that it's unidentified, it's a serious risk to aviation safety, and it could potentially be a national security concern. And if we can rule those out, that's fantastic. And then it comes a, a cause for science. Brian, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. So then they had this other show uh, where, again, you know, whistleblowers or whatever treated with respect here. No problem. In May 2022 uh, with the intelligence community inspector general. Uh, following concerning reports from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight uh, with regards to UAPs. I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade uh, UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Uh, to which I was denied access to those additional read-ons when I uh, requested it. A riveting testimony came from retired Major David Grush, a former Air Force intelligence officer, now a whistleblower, as he explains there, making explosive and highly anticipated testimony before a House Oversight Subcommittee hearing, effectively saying that Americans have been kept in the dark about the existence of unidentified aerial phenomenon, otherwise known as UAPs or UFOs. Grush was one of three witnesses to testify today as both Republicans and Democrats have pushed in recent years for more information into the mysterious aircraft and objects as a matter of national security. Late today, the Defense Department released a statement saying in part that it, quote, has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. During our coverage, Congressman Robert Garcia, who is the ranking Democrat in the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee, which oversaw and led today's hearing. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. It is a remarkable thing when Democrats and Republicans agree these days in Washington and on this question of declassifying or having access to more information, Democrats and Republicans agree. What are you looking for? What are you seeking? Well, look, I think first it's really important that we had an actual very serious and substantive hearing today. Uh, Democrats and Republicans came together in a very bipartisan way to, to get answers. Um, certainly UAPs um, are in our skies. We know this to be true. It's been documented. Um, our, you know, our own government has obviously documented this as well. And we had three credible witnesses, all with military history, um, talk about these UAPs. What's also true is that there's a lot of information uh, that has been classified. And so um, separate of the hearing, I think we're seeking to want, want to ensure that we get this classified information, that we're able to review some of the testimony that the witnesses have given in a classified setting. Um, I mean, the public certainly deserve transparency, and certainly there are national security implications here, um, but it's important that we do this moving forward in a very bipartisan way that's taking this issue very seriously. Congressman, did you make any progress, or have you made any progress with the Defense Department or the Biden administration about the first piece, about a classified briefing for members of your committee? 
Well, I think today was the first time where we came together um, as a committee uh, to ask for this united. I think both Democrats and Republicans want this classified information. Um, in fact, we were demanding to have more information um, unclassified to us. And I think we, uh, we have an opportunity here to also build trust with the American people on a very complex issue that does Right, right, right. See, see, see. Build trust. We're going to build trust with the American people. That is what this gay op is. It is to build trust. They're going to try to guilt you into trusting them. Hey, guys, look, aliens exist. Isn't it exciting? Look, join us. And in uh, the spirit of bipartisanship, all you have to do is obey us. And then we can all get along and talk about the aliens. Oh, isn't that going to be nice? impact our national security. So this is the subcommittee of the Oversight Committee on National Security, and we need that information to classify. So I'm actually very hopeful um, and I'm optimistic that we're going to get there. What do you think is being hidden from you and your committee and the public? Well, look, I think obviously we don't know what these UAPs are. We do know that they've been seen um, on multiple occasions. We know there are 30 pilots uh, that are part of a group that have had encounters with UAPs. Uh, we know that um, our witnesses have given information uh, to, already to the Department of Defense, to other agencies in a classified setting. Um, we obviously have a whistleblower as well today that testified that talked about this classified information. And so I think we want to assure, ensure the public that we are doing our full job at transparency uh, and making sure that we're getting questions answered. And so we, truth is, we don't know what these UAPs are. What we do know is pilots are reporting that they are flying in formations or possibly with technology that we are unaware of and that we don't have, or that at least it's not public to the American people. And so we, we need to continue to search for answers. We, we should, everything should be on the table here. We shouldn't draw conclusions either, but we should continue to explore. Do you worry that in this moment where conspiracy theories and, and things that are unfounded capture the imagination of so many Americans, um, that keeping this secret sort of fuels that? I mean, is this also a moment to declassify and reveal and shine the light of transparency on as many government secrets as possible in your view? <laughs> Can you imagine that she would say that For, on this subject? This is, again, this is the fakest, gayest shit I've ever covered, quite frankly, of all time. I don't buy this for a sec. I don't buy this for a second. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, right now we are in an era of mistrust, of um, distrust in our See, they are revealing their hand. It's obvious that this is what it is. By the way, if I'm right about that, if I'm right about that, that would mean that the internet called this, and I'm not saying I'm the one that called it. I saw a meme. Some of you might have seen the meme. As soon as this shit started to break, someone made a meme. It was a very crude meme. Like, not crude as inoffensive, but as far as, uh, like, the, the way it was drawn, right? But the gist of the meme was that they're basically like, Oh, uh, look, aliens, now we have to come together. Now now you can trust us because they the aliens. So if it's true that that's what they're doing here, the Internet called it immediately, through a meme, of course. Immediately, a meme was made calling this bullshit instantly. And so we'll see. We'll see if it turns out to be prescient. In 
a lot of um, information that is being twisted, that facts aren't being supported. I think this is a moment and opportunity on this topic especially, or I think we can shine a light, be transparent, have disclosure, um, and quite frankly, Congress, as members of the Oversight Committee, and really focused on national security, we have a right to this classified information. And so I think that's what we're going to work with, uh, with DOD, with other agencies, uh, to ensure that we're doing our job on behalf of the American public. When you have commercial pilots, aviators that are flying commercial aircraft that are seeing UAPs and feel... By the way, I don't deny the existence of the UAPs. I'm saying they're not aliens. Because aliens are confined to the laws of our world. So that's why I don't believe it. Whereas the spirit realm, they are not confined to the rules of our world. So I find it more plausible that the spirit realm would exist rather than aliens traveling billions of light years, if that makes sense. And to each his own. I mean, I think people have... There, there's gonna, This is going to lead to a huge debate because you're going to have people... If there's some sort of like actual revelation of an alien, quote unquote, there's going to be a lot of people saying it's a demon uh, and, and saying that this is some sort of spiritual thing. And uh, yeah, I, you, you got, first of all, it would be wild that like the next step would be like, well, we'd have to rule that out. How are we going to, so we would be like, this is so crazy. I'm telling you, man, this is so crazy. Um, now, if the moon landing was fake, now I don't know if the moon landing was fake. I will tell you, it doesn't pass my bullshit detector, but my, my I'm not saying my bullshit detector is infallible though. They may very well have went on the moon. I was not alive back then. I did not witness it uh, on TV or whatever. So, and I know the footage is available, but like, so I have no idea. I think it's 50-50. I, there's a lot about the footage and what, what I read that I just, I just, it doesn't pass my smell test. However, there are people that bring up good arguments who are, who think the moon landing happened, which is that uh, if it was faked, China and Russia would have absolutely have said something. Now, there was also a guy, I forget his name, I was watching a video, this is a while ago, where a guy was addressing this and saying that he was this is this russian guy who was like i don't know working with the space program or something and he said that basically when he was asking questions because he he thought it was like ridiculous uh and he didn't think it was real that he was like shut down and told to shut up now again is that tr i have no idea if that's true okay maybe was there an agreement like is it pl i don't think i think it's a solid argument that they make i don't think it's the defining argument I don't think it's the be-all, end-all argument because you could have had coordination among China, the United States, and Russia that it's like, you know, I don't know, but like, we'll bullshit for you, you bullshit for us, or we'll do, I don't know, there could have been something. It's possible there was a conspiracy there. Anyway, anyway, if the moon landing was fake, the balls to pull, to, to perpetrate that on the American public, that's balls. The balls to do that so if you think, if history doesn't repeat, if history rhymes, and these motherfuckers, because of the internet, they are so desperate, they are losing the information war so badly, so badly, that would they be desperate enough to do moon landing 2.0, except it's not a moon landing, it's some sort of alien who comes to Earth to talk to us. And you know what it's going to say, right? Well, you have to do one world government. You have to do a one-world government. you got to come together. You know that's what the message is going to be. 
It's not going to be a populist message. I mean, do they have the... I mean, think about this. They lie about everything. And they lie at a ridiculous intelligence insulting level. Okay? Would they be so bold as to try to pull some shit off like that? Because you know what will happen. The internet would the internet would probably figure it out within an hour. Okay? But that I don't know if that matters because what they can do is they can just demonize the skeptics, as they always do. And here's the thing. They might be banking on the fact that I think there's a lot of people that want to believe. And I think the people... There's going to be a bunch of people that don't give a fuck whether or not it's actually real. And they're like, yo, the government's saying it. They would, they'll just buy it. I bet you... In fact, aliens being real is probably something that they could sell to the average normie. If you think of all the things that they try to sell, lockdowns, the vaccine, all this shit, aliens, alien, I bet you they could have some success with that. I bet you they could have some success with that. It would be the wildest gay op of all time. I mean, to fabricate an alien, whether it's an alien invasion or just, you know, Gothar, the, the, the alien from the planet fuckton where i don't know where these what they're going to do where he we have a special alien that's come to earth to talk to us and it's real guys the government says it's real and he's going to give a message of like you know obey the world economic forum and have a one world government and uh i I, that sounds so crazy but is it that much crazier than the line of bullshit we're sold every day the vaccine is safe and effective lockdowns work masks work masks working to stop influenza like illness is as ridiculous as an alien like that's 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 fucking kooky bullshit i mean that's not even close so (laughs) i don't know what the hell is going on and you know we're facing an election where trump he just keeps going up in the polls is this look they did the coronavirus gay op so i guess are they going to do an alien one are they thinking you know what if we do the think think about this if we do the climate change gay up, because I tell you this, we are a tired populace. We're a tired populace, some could argue, that are on the brink. Um, maybe they think what the populace needs is some sort of like positive story. Oh, a great discovery. A peaceful alien. Look at it. Amazing. What does the alien have to say? Oh, obey the government, one world government. But that's at least, that's not like a, that's not a cudgel narrative. That's not like beating you down with lockdowns and vaccines and all this fucking crazy shit. And you can stop eating meat. This is like a positive, and goddammit, people love movies. People, I'm telling you, I bet you there is going to be a solid amount of people that buy this. I bet you, I'm telling you, I bet you a bunch of people will buy this. Because they want to believe. But the whole thing was that the X-Files, I want to believe. I'm telling you, so many people are going to want to believe. They're like, oh, fuck it. Hey, let's have fun. Let's have fun and believe in aliens. All right. I don't know. Maybe I'm like overthinking it. But (laughs) Jesus Christ, what a time. This is crazy. ...to report those and feel that there's stigma around those. And there is numerous... And they're talking about stigma. Are you kidding? They used to... Was it not a year? Well, maybe two years ago, three years ago, when they were talking about vaccine skeptics and coronavirus skeptics, they 
put them in the same category as flat earthers and people that believed in aliens and now they're talking about removing the stigma from believing in it? Oh, get out of my face with this. There's pilots that are doing this and are, and, are, and are essentially asking for help. I think we have a responsibility to get to the bottom of what's actually happening. <laughs> All right, there you go. The aliens are coming. My God. What a time. That's a bold move. You're going to try to sell aliens in the information age. Man, well, they sold a bunch of other bullshit in the information age. Okay, so here is... Uh, so, so we, we, you know, Anna Kasparian saying, Hey, we're turning a new leaf. We're heading in another direction. Are you really, whore? Are you really? Look at this title. R Rudy confesses he lied about the 2020 elections. Nothing of the sort happened. Nothing of the sort happened. When former New York City Mayor oh, Rudy Giuliani claimed screechy. that two Georgia When former New oh, York God. City Mayor Rudy Giuliani claimed that two Georgia elections officials had rigged the 2020 presidential election Did he, he say they rigged the election? I mean, it was part of it, but they're not this is not the be all end all. Was lying. Now we all know he was lying. But has he? I'm not convinced he said what you just said he said. Ever admitted to it? Turns out today he did. No, he didn't. <laughs> According to new reporting, uh, Rudy Giuliani confessed to his lies in an overnight court filing in response to a defamation. Confessed to his lie. Again, this is, this is a totally made up media narrative. Lawsuit filed in federal court by Georgia election workers. So uh, Rudy Freeman and her daughter, uh, Wandrea Shea Moss, are the two individuals who have filed the defamation lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani. And in his filing, he confessed to lying about them. Now, what was his lie? Well, he claimed that these two women essentially rigged the election after they pulled thousands of fraudulent ballots from a suitcase in their vote counting station and illegally fed them uh, through voting machines. That was the claim by Rudy Giuliani. That claim was repeated by Donald Trump. And these women's lives were destroyed as a result of that. They had to deal with all sorts of threats, all sorts of crazy people coming after them. And so let's back up a little bit, give you more context before we get to the Giuliani confession here. Now the suit accused Giuliani, the defamation lawsuit, and others of promoting a video that purported to show Freeman and Moss, those were the two election workers, a mother and daughter, of manipulating ballots while working at the State Farm Arena for the Fulton County Board right. of Elections. Now last year, Freeman and Moss appeared as witnesses at a public hearing of the House Select Committee investigating January 6th. And they told their story of the lies told about them, and what that led to in their personal lives. In fact, why don't we go to uh, Moss testifying in front of this committee just last year and hear what she had to go through. Those horrible things that they include threats? Yes, uh, a lot yes. of threats, um, wishing death upon me, um, telling me that no, I'm, I'll be in jail with my mother and saying things like, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. That's... Were, were a lot of these threats and, and vile comments racist in nature? A lot of them were racist. A lot of them were just hateful. 
Yes, sir. Now, none of that is surprising. It shouldn't be surprising to you because it wasn't just Giuliani spreading these lies about these women. You also had Donald Trump spreading these lies about these women, making them a target for the Trump supporters who unfortunately genuinely believed the lies, genuinely believed that the election again, was stolen from well, Trump. Again, the election was clearly stolen and they were absolutely up to no good with those ballot suitcases, whatever the fuck you wanna call them. Trump. So Trump invoked Freeman's name 18 times during a phone call with Brad Raffensperger. That was the Georgia Secretary of State on January 2nd, 2021. In that call, Trump, of course, asked Raffensperger to help him find 11. I love their quote here. It's one word, find. <laughs> 1,800 votes. It was like a 60 minute phone call, find, one word. Votes, which would be enough to swing the results in Georgia away from Biden. In fact, uh, we've played that video for you all multiple times. You've not played the call in context, whore. And play it again. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. So again, the context of that was you had an almost an hour phone call where Trump and his people are explaining and asking the Georgia officials for data, which they refused to hand over to the Trump people on tens of thousands of illegal ballots. And they didn't give them any kind of answers. The one answer about the, the thousands of people that voted from out of state, the answer was, oh, they all moved back. They all moved back? Now, look, I could buy that some of that group moved back because people do move and they move back. All You instantly knew that all of them moved back? Are they going to provide any evidence to show that? Of course not. Of course not. So that is the context of Trump saying that. Not illegal. 100% not illegal for Trump to uh, say any of that. And they're probably going to prosecute him. On that. I mean, they're prosecuting him on everything. And, uh, and a lot of this shit, now that they're rounding up regular Trump supporters, um, where are the Republicans? What are the Republicans doing? Not a goddamn thing. I hope I'm wrong about this, but my impression as I watch this all unfold is we're now in the rounding up stage. Um, I, I, my impression is that the job of the Republicans is to hold our heads still and whisper in our ear that they don't agree with the Democrats about to cut our heads off, but they hold our heads still while the Democrats... Cut, their, cut our heads off. And they, and they express their disagreement, but they don't actually do anything. So that was pretty clear. Now let's fast forward. Uh, no, it wasn't. You're lying. To the filing by Rudy Giuliani, uh, which of course happened overnight. What was the admission here? Well, in the two page declaration, according to the New York Times, Giuliani acknowledged that he had in fact made these statements about Freeman and Moss that led to the filing of the suit and that the remarks carry meaning that is defamatory per se. He also admitted that his statements were actionable and false and that he no longer disputed the factual elements of liability the election workers had raised in their suit. But there is a catch because while he admitted guilt here, Giuliani wants to be cleared of any damages or having to pay any damages. Giuliani insisting that he still had legal defenses in the case 
said that he continued to believe his accusations about Freeman and Moss were constitutionally protected under the First Amendment. He also refused to acknowledge that his statements had caused the women any damage, a key element required to collect a judgment in a defamation case. So his argument here is, no, I was just sharing my opinion. Just my opinion, man. And by the way, opinion is protected by the First Amendment. But you cannot- but Not if that opinion is against the Democrats. Declare something that is false about someone. That could. I, I, it wasn't false. They were passing around a USB stick. I don't buy. They were passing around mints. Who passes mints around like that? Lead to their reputation being destroyed. If they said, "Well, it was cocaine," I go, "Okay, that makes sense too." Like, may if if they were like, "Listen, guys, we're on drugs, and we all snort coke, and we were passing around coke." Okay, then I go, "Okay, well, you, you can pass around coke like that." It still looks like a USB stick, so I don't know how it's coke, but I would. That's at least more believable than a fucking mint destroyed that could lead to damages in their life, whether it's financial damages or otherwise. And that is what he did repeatedly. So we'll see how this plays out. But I just love how he's like, yeah, I lied about them. But I shouldn't have to face any consequences because even though I declared they did something that I didn't have any evidence for, they didn't actually do. There's video of it. And even though their lives were screwed over as a result of my lies, oh, bullshit. I don't want to have to pay any damages for it. That, that's really what this filing is about. Now, I'm going to pause and just mention that there are how many people now who participated in the riots on January 6th, who were prosecuted as a result of that, many were convicted and sentenced to prison time as a result of that. And what spurred January 6th were the lies that were told by Donald Trump and all the people surrounding him. Uh, bullshit. What spurred it is the fact that the Democrats blatantly stole an election. The Trump campaign continued repeating the lies. Some right-wing media outlets, including Fox, repeated the lies. And this, of course, led to consequences for those who participated in the riots. Bullshit. And I got... Incredible that a person who works at a news outlet would go along with a narrative that's meant to censor news outlets. What an idiot. I gotta say, it's kind of nice to see that uh, some of the Trump officials, Trump campaign officials, are willing to uh, confess to the lies, and I hope that yeah. they suffer consequences uh -huh. for it. Oh, that's good, because I hope you suffer consequences. I hope we go hardcore right-wing monster, and you fucking get rounded up for your misinformation related to the vaccine that got a lot of people killed and injured. So, fair game, fair game. It's not right that ordinary people were lied to. It's not right that they engaged in that riot. I'm not justifying that at all. But the lies coming from the very top on the election, the 2020 election, is what persuaded them to allegedly take our democracy back, allegedly fight to, uh, hand the election over to the rightful winner, those people were misled and they suffered the consequences of that. I think Rudy Giuliani and all the other goons in Trump's campaign should also suffer the consequences for spreading the lies in the first place. Oh, you should also suffer consequence, consequences for defaming Rittenhouse. That would also be nice if you, that would be more of a civil penalty rather than a criminal one, but that's fine. I'll take that too. Now, uh, to continue, it appeared um, that 
The reason why Giuliani was finally compelled to confess that he lied about these women is because the case wasn't going so well for him to begin with. He was not cooperating with the discovery process, for instance. In the declaration, he acknowledged making his concessions to avoid unnecessary expenses in litigating what he believes to be unnecessary disputes. Now, those two election officials who are at the heart of this defamation lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani had previously sued others who had defamed them. Now, the two women had originally sued other defendants, including One America News Network, which certainly spread some election related lies. But ultimately, they settled the case with everyone except Rudy Giuliani. They wanted to move forward with that. And for Giuliani, this is just one of many defamation lawsuits. Three weeks ago, a legal ethics committee in Washington said he should be disbarred for his unparalleled attempts to help Trump overturn the 2020 election. I can't believe that that just happened three weeks ago. So then all the people involved in your gay op in 2016 to have the electors not vote for Trump, all those lawyers and everyone involved in that, John Podesta, they should all be arrested. Why did it take so long to, you know, maybe consider (laughs) disbarring this man? And Shea and Moss are now celebrating Giuliani's admission. Their attorney released a statement saying that Giuliani's stipulation concedes what we have always known to be true. Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss honorably performed their civic duties in the 2020 presidential election in full compliance with the law. And the allegations of election fraud he and former President Trump made against them have been false since day one. While certain issues, the attorney continues, including damages remain to be decided by the court. Our clients are pleased with this major milestone in their fight for justice and look forward to presenting what remains of this case at trial. And I really do hope that they move forward with this case. And I hope that they are paid the damages they deserve. I hope Rittenhouse gets paid the damages he deserves. Considering how badly they were defamed by Rudy Giuliani and others in the Trump campaign. Thanks for watching. So there you go, that's the uh, uh, Young Turks turning over a new leaf, apparently. Oh, that is, uh, yeah, that's phenomenal. All right, let's uh, let's see here, one second. All right, yeah, let me read some of these super chats. Uh, We're taking them through Entropy, link in the the description. Where's the, um, I'm looking for the archive on Entropy because I keep having to reset it. I think it, oh. No. All right. Yeah, I um, if you sent a super chat through Entropy, I I am having trouble finding the archive. It gives me the list of people who did it, but it doesn't give me the. I don't know what's going on. All right, I'll have to come back to that. Uh, Entropy is up and running though. Actually, if you're still there, Space Kang, if you want to just put it in the regular chat, then I can uh, then I can read. I don't know why it's not giving me the archive. Okay, anyway, we're we're taking uh, super chats through Streamlabs. Link in the description. We're also taking them through Rumble, and we're also taking them through Entropy. Link in the description as well. Also, we're trying to get to 125 total subscribers between. Uh, combined between Subscribestar, Rumble, and the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, which is his YouTube channel's membership option. 
soft gentleman, of course, my twin, completely real homosexual, rapidly homosexual brother, who is a leftist Democrat, <clears throat> very proud leftist Democrat. Anyway, if we hit the 125 mark, he's going to write a book, a 24-page book uh, called What a Bigot Would Say. And it's going to be all the things that uh, bigots say uh, and how to identify bigots. What are the things that bigots say? For example, one of the chapters will be about racial epithets, how you should never use racial epithets, and then what racial epithets you should never use. And then, very important, what combination of racial epithets you should never ever use. And then, of course, what combination of racial jokes you should never tell. Uh, in addition, we will solicit the audience for different subjects. So if you, if you have a certain subject that you would like to have the soft gentleman write about, you can, you can when we, probably when we're like eight away or so, I think we're about 16 or so away, when we're like eight, or, eight away, um, we'll, I'll start soliciting the audience officially. Uh, for topics, we'll do it at the end of a stream one night. We'll just uh, have people throw out topics, and I'll write them down. For the foreword and for the quotes, we will uh, have people send them to hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com. If you want to do a foreword, you could start writing it. Well, I don't, I don't Should you start writing it? I don't know. It really depends. It could take us six months to get 16. It could take two weeks. It really, I have no idea. It's just, it, you know, it, 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 it goes how it goes, and, you know, I have no idea. With that said, we have plenty of time because... Um, the, part of this came from the fact that Cenk Uger is writing a fake book, and this book has been on pre-order for three years, and it's still not out, and he mentions it all the time. And, and from what I understand, I believe it's not like, hey, put your name on a list, and then we'll charge you when the book comes out. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have already paid him for the book. So they've paid him over years, and... Um, Anyway, I'm very suspect that that book is ever going to come out. Um, anyway, I don't even know if can he even write a book. I, 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 you know. Anyway, so that's the whole thing. Now we will be releasing uh, our book here <clears throat> from the soft gentleman free to the audience. It will take, like I said, I figure two weeks is a reasonable time for him to write it. Once once we hit 125, it'll be released to the audience free via PDF, and then after that, we're going to try to get it published on Amazon. And uh, in the diversity, equity, and inclusion section. I don't know if we'll be successful doing that. It would be hilarious uh, and also very serious because, you know, he's a real person, obviously. Uh, but that would be a hell of a thing to get that somehow put in the same category as Ibram X. Kendi and all these other people in the diversity, equity, and inclusion section. Man, that would be... Uh, that would be a hell of a thing. Anyway, if that interests you, you can either go to Subscribestar to subscribe. You can go to Rumble and click on the red subscribe option. Or when the soft gentleman is streaming, I think you can also you can also uh, sign up when he's offline. But I, I think people normally want to do it when he's streaming. He usually streams around noon. Well, around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock Eastern, <clears throat> uh, the days of stream. So that would be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The next time he's streaming is Saturday. Should be around 11 or 12 Eastern. Okay. Very good. Let me uh, have a look here uh, on Streamlabs. This is the 27th of July. All right. Let's uh, have... Oh, it looks like we got some turd talk coming. All right. But first, we'll get to these... Uh, okay, where do we start? Bazinski says, It's obvious that the pyramids were built with pure Kang energy. 
Yaqub, along with ancient Egyptians, willed them into existence. And then the pyramids aligned their energy with the cosmos and made humans and the albinoid devils in Shi'itmang, unquote. Yeah, that sounds... I mean, frankly, that's more plausible than aliens. Uh, well, actually, it's probably at the same level. Yeah, now, because yeah, Jacob, like, creating human beings, that's... Well, I mean, no, actually, no. A person creating a human being... A human being creating another human being in a lab is much more plausible than an alien species being able to traverse the universe. Like that's, I mean, granted, I'm not a scientist by any means. <clears throat> that is an extraordinary, like, I just, I don't buy, I just don't buy that. I don't buy that. I do not buy that. There's a lot... Of, now, maybe... Hey, I might end up being wrong, and maybe the aliens will not only turn out to be real, but they'll somehow explain how they do it, and then we can do it. Now, I'm not going on those trips. But maybe... Hey, maybe Star Trek will be real before we're all dead. And I'll be like, yeah, remember I was such a skeptic? I can't believe it. I don't think that's going to happen, though. All right, let's see here. Dave says, almost everyone has a high-definition video camera on their phone. However, every UFO video shown is grainy, poor-quality video. Also, the alien guys have changed their tune. The aliens look like people and are from another dimension. Yeah, I mean, how? it's just... And I apply it to all of the shit. Aliens, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra, all this shit. We are in an age where even... Bro, they got motherfuckers in shithole countries driving around and uploading their videos to TikTok. Making their... There's this face. There's this, I forget the name of the face. There's this... There's When you watch these meme videos, these compilations on... Um, what the hell is it called? I forget what it's called. Anyway, there's this, like, f f face that's made of a man. He's, like, making this, like, funny face, right? I think it's called a rizzing, I think. I don't know. Whatever the hell. Anyway, there's a guy driving around in like i don't know fucking africa or india it's like dirt roads with motorcycles that's a shithole country if i've ever seen one no offense to anyone personally and he's driving making the face and uploading the video he's uploading videos from a shithole country okay so everyone's got a goddamn fucking camera phone not everybody but most people someone is gonna have to produce something with this shit that's real that's the other thing there's a lot of fake shit out there there's a lot of good fake shit out there too the little troll guy walking around. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, oh, the ring the ring doorbell cameras catching spirits and shit. Yeah, those are fascinating. But, like, that's probably... First of all, the video's blurry. It's probably a motherfucker walking down the street. Orbs going in a different direction. Yeah, it's all interesting. But uh, <clears throat> we're going to need something definitive. And uh, I, I, I don't think we're going to ever get it. Because I don't think it's real. I don't think it's real. Um... Dave says, uh, you have to respect the guys that do Ancient Aliens. They've managed to beg the question for like 15 years on their show and probably line their bank accounts nicely. Gotta respect that. Yeah, and they, yo, that motherfucker with the hair, that is an entertaining motherfucker. That is it. That show, I love watching that show high because, you know, you're a little more susceptible to wild shit. And it is just, first of all, what they do, it's a very clever uh, piece of propaganda. They find these extraordinary things. Human beings are extraordinary. The shit that they're able to do is, you look at like these primitive people building these, 
So you got this wild shit or things that there's no explanation of. Stonehenge, how the fuck did that get there? And when you're high, you're you know, you're like you know kind of retarded, and you're like, oh yeah, man, how did that get there? And and then this guy and and they bring on these other people and they're talking about aliens. It's a great show. It's a great show. I don't believe a lot of it, but um, yeah, it's it's fine. And uh, and and it, there's a whole industry of it, which is great. It's fun. It's a fucking fun thing. It's a fun thing to do. But, um, you know, when Congress starts getting involved, that's when my bullshit detector is going off. Um, and there's people online doing their own independent videos of, like, um, what's that guy's name? Bizarre Bub, I think is his name. Those are, those are very entertaining videos, you know? Because, like, 90% of them are obvious bullshit. But once in a while, there'll be one, and I'm, and I'm like, man, that's fucking what's the explanation for that you know and uh there's probably an explanation that i'm not thinking of or or like i i, I did say there was this one video of a guy working out um and he is pulled by a force it's not really a force what i think he i think he's i think any of these videos of a person being pulled i think they're like doing it right um with their own movement the way this guy is pulled is so unnatural that I was like, wow, that's what the hell is that there? And if he probably, it's probably, he probably, the people, first of all, people are bored and they come up with all sorts of shit. So they're happy to troll. People have been trolling people like this since the beginning of time. So I'm sure he figured out a way to move himself in that way. That's probably what it is. But it made me like rewind and I'm like, man, that's really, never seen that before. But I still, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's anything. Like I said, I'm I'm open. Don't pull me, you know, if you're a ghost listening. I don't need a pull. Just uh, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes of your time. Let me let me ask you questions, and then I'll determine whether you're telling me the truth, whether you're tricking me. Because that's the other thing. Even if you have a supernatural being have a conversation with you, first of all, you can't talk about that because no one's going to believe you. Okay. The second thing is. You know, you're going to have to also figure out, was this, oh, was, he said he was an angel, but was he one of those, like, tricky angels? Maybe he was a demon pretending to be an angel. You know, you got to watch out. These motherfuckers are tricky. Anyway. Horatio Nelson says, two links. First is fresh from Trump's statement. Second is part one of my interview with U.S. most wanted war criminal, Texas Bentley and Donbass. Fifteen minutes. Talks about the mainstream media if you want to play it tonight. All right, yeah, I'll have a look at it. Um... Yeah, this Trump, is this Trump thing in response to anything? Did they, I, I tried to look on Twitter. I don't think there's another indictment. I mean, I think there's another indictment coming. I don't think that it, uh, I don't think it's happened yet. Um, he said uh, something, this is nothing more. One second. This is nothing more than a continued desperate and failing attempt by the Biden crime family and their Department of Justice to harass President Trump and those around him. Deranged Jack Smith knows that they have no case and is, cast, and is casting about for any way to salvage their illegal witch hunt and to get someone other than Donald Trump to run against crooked Joe Biden. I mean, I think that's true. I think that's true. I just, um, I don't know, maybe an indictment's coming down tomorrow. Maybe they gave him a heads up. That Actually, that's probably what that is. So... Yeah, maybe an indictment is imminent, but I, 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 you know, there's going to be a guerrillion indictments. All right, all right. Breaking news. I'll come back to that. And then we have uh, Michelle Kincaid says we need to start calling them cheaters, the party of election cheaters. 
Do it like the groomer thing. That's a great idea. I would love that. Uh, alternate from one to another. The label, uh, they label us the party of insurrectionists, election denialists. Turn it back on them. They are pedos and thieves. I would love that. I would love to see. The reason the groomer thing works so well, I'm, I, I said this the other night. I have a lot of criticism of conservative ink. I think they're I think they're valid criticism. I try to be fair though. I try to be fair with people like Tim Pool. People might think I'm harsh about Tim Pool. I, I will say I would I, I feel like I was very patient for many years with Tim Pool. But um, and oh, and the latest thing about PizzaGate and that, that was, what are you doing, dude? He did one of the for no reason at all. People started talking about pizza as if it wasn't an established list of terms that pedophiles have been using for years. Anyway, that's a whole another issue. But the whole thing with the groomer thing is, for the first time that I've ever seen personally, conservative ink people, fence sitters, center right, whatever you want to call these people, went right to the term groomer to talk about these people, which was completely accurate. It's a completely accurate label. If you are doing this gender shit with children, if you're coercing them into changing their gender, you're doing it, you are a groomer, 100%. You might not be a, a, a sexual predator, but you are a predator. You're an ideological predator. Now, there are the problem is even the ideological predators that are doing this, they're, they're in bed with the sexual predator. So I, I, I think it's a distinction without it. It's a technical difference, but I, you know, my, I, I think they both should be treated the same way after a fair trial, of course. Um, <clears throat> but I was really surprised because normally someone like Tim Poole, he's going to... Uh, you know, kind of maybe dance around. He went right to it, groomer. And for cheater to work, we would need that from the 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 conservative ink people, or at least at the bare minimum, people with very large platforms. The problem is, unfortunately, in the conservative ink arena, there is there is um, there's tolerance for this election bullshit, and they they buy some of the media narrative, which is unfortunate. I mean, Tim Pool thinks a lot of the election was legitimate. I mean, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. So, you know, and then, you know, and like, I think it was fine to have Matt Brainerd de debate Mike Pillow guy, but to act like because Mike Pillow guy isn't the greatest debater that like that means the election was legit. That's crazy, dude. Like, what, what's going on there? I like Mike Lindell, by the way. He's a funny guy. I just, he, he, he I don't know. He's like a. I don't know. I just I, don't, I like the guy. I don't know. What, do, did I buy the shit about like his big? What do you had that conference in the? I there were, I didn't get much from that conference with all the data. I, I I didn't do anything for me. But it doesn't matter. I don't need any of that. <clears throat> the, the the level of evidence for the election, which which we went over, we watched some of the hearings. It's all out there, just like the studies on the masks, just like the studies on the vaccine. And I have no problem, and I said this before, if you're a commentator and your position is, I haven't looked into it much, but yeah, it, there is some shady shit, there should at least be an investigation. Okay, I'll accept that. There at least should be an investigation is a fine position to have. You don't need to have my position on it. <clears throat> I'm not one of those people. I don't care if people disagree, but there is a certain level of honesty that, that should be demanded. You cannot tell me that things like the Antrim County report, that, that that's not shady, that the 60,000, almost 60,000 votes that shouldn't have been counted in Arizona, uh, uh, um, that the R Ruby Freeman video, 
is legitimate. Like, that's when we're getting into... Like, if you said, hey, the Ruby Freeman video is shitty, but, you know, that only is one county in Georgia. So now we move to the next one or the next argument. Great, no problem. As long as you're acknowledging that there were that something was not right with that video. Because you shouldn't be allowed to do that. But, uh, frankly, how is it even legal to do that? You send the observers home and then on your own accord you start counting ballots in the middle of the night? What are you kidding me? And that's nothing. What about the in in, in Detroit? You you're telling me in Detroit when they were putting up cardboard over the windows so the observers couldn't see, you're telling me that's legitimate? You're telling me in Philly, when they were uh, not letting the observers in, you're telling me that's legitimate? Of course that's not legitimate. Anyway, it's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. Okay. All right. Horatio Nelson says, by the way, later in the interview, he drops many a faggot and nigger. Really? Wow. For a communist, he sure uses naughty words, huh? Well, you know what? And and, and I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't, nor am I really interested in going down this route, but I will acknowledge that not every communist is an AIDS commie. <clears throat> um, the ones of my concern are the AIDS commies. I don't really give a fuck if you're a non-AIDS commie. Um, I will acknowledge the existence of non-AIDS commies. Now, what does that mean? I have no idea. I, I, I don't really care. But yeah, I do think um, there are some commies that uh, are not AIDS commies. But I, I still, you know, I don't know what, uh, you know. <clears throat> I'm not a fan of commies, so I don't really know what, what to really do about that. But I will at least acknowledge it factually. He says, also unrelated, but India has major flooding. Poo rivers, watch out. Oh, God. Oh, flooding? The, sh the sh shit streets have been flooded? Oh, that's a... That's a... Good... Although, I mean, they bathe in the Ganges, so their immune system is pretty... Their immunity must be next level. Swimming in the... I bet you if I set foot in the Ganges, I'd be dead in an hour. Anyway, I don't know. Swim where you want to there, uh, Punjab. Silky Johnson says, HB, do you think the chief that mysteriously, excuse me, the chef that mysteriously drowned at the Obama resident accidentally walked into Michelle Obama's penis room where he powders it, manicures it, and does other disturbing things to it, gives it a spa, face peel, maybe a perm? I'm not sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I, is the penis room near the kitchen? That's really one of the first questions. But then why would Michael Obama have his penis room near the kitchen? Of course, maybe he eats a lot. I don't know. I don't really know what his dietary habit is. I did see some sort of uh, uh, talk on Twitter that uh, Michelle did not like the chef, which is interesting. And they were suspecting maybe uh, uh, Barry was fucking the chef. And, and maybe there's some issues there. I don't know. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, it could be a penis room uh, disagreement. It's very possible. Michelle Kincaid says, even if Ruby and Shay legitimately sat there and counted every ballot honestly after everyone left, which of course they didn't, but suppose they did, they should have enough damn sense to know that was a bad idea and would look super shady. No sympathy. Yeah, and like the the other thing is the the explanations don't make any sense. That's that's how you know they're lying. Um, like, a normal person, if this was, like, not obvious bullshit, they would be like, okay, I know how it looks. We should have waited. 
for the observers to come back. I just wanted to get it done. I'm sorry. That's what a normal person would say. Uh, or a normal person would come up with something better than a mint to explain why you you handed so one person hands it off to another person and then they hand it off to a guy if it was a mint you wouldn't have handed it off to the guy you would have put it in your mouth this isn't high school or middle school where you're not allowed to chew gum who the fuck hands out mints like that that's ridiculous so come up with something that doesn't insult people's intelligence you know but they don't because they love and i'm telling you the ultimate one of the one of the greatest gaslights i've ever witnessed in politics was when and i think it's the only person to ever consume a mint during a hearing i know you're allowed to drink water during the hearing or diet coke i've never seen people chew gum or or, or eat mints but when they're talking about the mint she eats her mother hands her a mint which of course gets pictures all over of the mother kind of like soulfully handling handing her daughter a mint and then during the hearing she eats the mint and i was like man these fucking democrat operatives they they know how to gaslight that was a hell of a guess well done on that gaslight well done that that was yeah we did it and we got away with it and we're gonna come up with a stupid excuse and she just ate a mint fuck you that's what that was um Agerific Agenstein says, Meanwhile, charges dropped against AIDS crypto nerd Sam Bankman Fried. I guess he's an innocent man. Yeah, no one is above the law except Sam Bankman Fried and any other Democrat that they want to give special treatment to. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised at that. Harry Sean Nelson says, I won't, I won't torture you this evening with the dabbler and major asshole. I'll save that for Saturday. But for this one clip, turn your audio on. Chenk is going to fuck me up IRL. Chenk? Always straight to violence, this guy. Wow, yeah, it looks like Horatio. Now, I'm on my phone here, so this is going to sound like total AIDS, but uh, it's quick. Um, looks like Stuttering John did, threatened Horatio? What's going on here? On his show? One second. I know you go do the Young Turks. I don't know what he's saying there, Richard, but you can address it if you want. I don't know. I, I, I love TYT. Uh, and I'll tell you another thing, too. I guarantee you... Horatio Nelson, I bet you won't go face-to-face with Jink and talk shit because I guarantee you Jink will stomp you like a narc at a biker rally. And uh, ask one that's in Facebook 20 in the week. First of all, and, and, and I'm not saying anyone should do... Well, no, no. If you follow the... I mean, granted, granted. Don't put yourself in harm's way. You know how hilarious it would be if someone simply spoke to Jink legally and Chank assaulted them, and then they pressed charges, and Chank had to go to jail. Do you know how fucking awesome that would be? So what is he saying? If you say legal speech to Chank, he's going to physically assault you? Okay. I mean, again, you know, I'm not saying to do that, even though you're not breaking the law. If you if you just say something smart-ass to Chank, like, I don't know. I mean, Tim Pool simply asked him a question, and, and he blew up at Tim Pool. That video, apparently the BBC has that video. They're, they're not releasing it. That sucks, man. I really was hoping they would release that video. And I do believe... I, I don't think Tim's lying about that. Um, and, and Cenk, I mean, you saw Alex Jones. He flies off the handle. With that said, I doubt Cenk would actually get physical. I think he knows better. Although, you know, he's a dumb baboon. So maybe, you know, he would get violent. <clears throat> Unbelievable. 
Uh, okay, let's see here. Aids Arific Eisenstein says, Watch the Pope's Exorcist and Russell uh, with... Uh, oh, the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe. Pretty good flick. AQ rating of zero. Oh, that's an AIDS quotient rating of zero? I like to hear that. Classic religions themed horror flick. I like those. I really like, like, The Conjurings. I like the one with the woman. The Oh, what was the one? It's this woman. They think she has dementia. But she's really possessed. That was good. I was surprised. You know, like, like all of a sudden you got this nice old lady and and she's in her, and her daughter's helping her. And like all of a sudden she's like, what was she doing? She was like cutting her face off. It was so shocking. I was like, oh my God, that was, that was a good one. Yeah, I like ones like that. I like ones like that. Yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> I'd like to see more of that. Um, okay, ladies and gentlemen, here is our next installment of Turd Talk. I believe this is the third installment. Let's have a look here. Turd Talk says, <clears throat> Welcome to the first ever Turd Talk Q&A. Kicking it off, Marge from San Diego asks, Is there any truth to this turd apocalypse everyone keeps talking about? Will turds really take over the world? Well, Marge, no one can predict the future, but we can focus on what we do know. As a species, turds are not exceptionally intelligent. Oh, that's a relief. <clears throat> but what turds lack in intelligence, they more than make up for in long-term memory. The fear is that they is that all of the billions of turds around the world will one day rise up and exact vengeance for being flushed. How could this happen? Well, turds don't have social media. <laughs> but they can communicate over long distance. <laughs> well, I mean, it is called turd talk. You would think they would obviously one day break down how the turds talk. Anyway, <clears throat> but they communicate over long distances by sending low-frequency signals over the shit magnetic spectrum. Oh, i got to watch out for that shit magnetic spectrum. Auditory scientists refer to these turd-to-turd communications as the brown sound. Humans cannot generally hear the brown sound, but dogs and pigs can hear it clearly. Oh, is that what dogs, you get those videos of like a dog barking in the corner and people think it's a ghost, but it's actually brown sounds? Oh, that explains it. The fear is that the billions of flush turds in sewers, septic tanks, and on the streets of San Francisco will begin sending distress signals to one another. That could lead to a worldwide insurrection by turds and a full-blown turdpocalypse. Now, Marge, I think the turdpocalypse is unlikely. But be sure to keep an eye on your dogs as an early warning signal. And have your bug out bag ready. Yeah, that's 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 good advice. Definitely uh, have your bug out bag ready for the turd apocalypse. You, you gotta watch out. Man, alright, there you go. There was the first uh, turd talk QA. Thank you, Marge, for that great question about the turd apocalypse. Yeah, you got it, man. That would be a hell of a thing. Got to watch out. But, uh, you know, I'm still flushing fast. I'm a fast flusher. That was covered, I think, in Turd Talk number one. So, uh, yeah, amazing. All right. Thank you, Turd Talk. Appreciate that. Aidsorific Eisenstein says, Oh, this whole time I thought 2020 was rigged, but I guess Giuliani was lying, guys. So, guys, 2020 was the fairest election ever. Come on, guys. Yeah, that's it. Giuliani admitted it. Case closed. 
absolutely incredible, the narratives that they try to get away with. It's just, um, I, I know it's mostly for their audience. I get that. Let me just see here. Yeah, Entropy made a bit of a change to their site, which is good. Like, it's, uh, it, it looks good so far. Um, I like that they're still, you know, because this is, this is a rough business, particularly you're a, uh, you're a super chat option for, and, and like they are actually, um, <clears throat> I talked about Torba the other day. I think Torba, I think Gab is probably the most free speech. Entropy is absolutely, I have never, not once ha had an issue and people say all kinds of shit. And the people that are on Entropy, they, they say everything. So, like, and as far as I'm aware, no one's been censored. So they're very good on free speech. Um, but, you know, that that's they're not in an easy business. Constantly getting fucked with. The SPLC, all these different groups. The SPLC called for their arrests a couple years ago. <laughs> not over a crime, just because they didn't censor. That's it. And so, you know, uh, I'm glad to see they're updating the site. That's good. And there's hiccups. I know that. But, uh, but no, I, I, I like the people that run uh, the, uh, the site. And I, I hope that they, and as I say that, it, it, I have to put it back up because it went down. Okay. I don't know. That, that might be, I don't know. Maybe it's something on, on my end. Do I have to keep the window open? Maybe, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to keep the window open on my phone. Maybe that is what is causing the problem i don't know but i will i will put it up okay let me play this video and like i said i know space kang sent in a super chat i'm trying to retrieve it via um the archive so now i will work on that okay so now look prager you prager you is conservative inc okay now conservative inc there are benefits the the the, the unfortunate thing and i and i get why people like there are good things in conservative ink. I acknowledge that. Like Matt Walsh, I, th I think he does pretty good work related to the gender stuff and the tranny stuff. Um, the problem with conservative ink is that the higher ups are gatekeepers and they uh, want to keep the dissident right or any independent uh, uh, commentator out. That's why I don't like conservative ink. It's and it's and at the end of the day, it serves the uniparty. It serves the uniparty at the end of the, at the day. That's why I'm against it. With that said, I acknowledge there is some good. PragerU is an example of some good. Now, it, is it what I would prefer? No, I would prefer a super based. Well, actually, it, actually, we're not even talking about PragerU. We're talking about PragerU for kids. I have no, I have no, what would I do with like a kid's book? Nothing. I, that's not my lane. I don't know what the, I, I have no business writing a kid's book for any reason. I don't even know what I would write. I, I, I actually, you know what? I, I would do what, um, who was it? Chaya Rychik? I think she did a kid's book and it was teaching kids how to stay away from predators. That's a good idea. Now you got to make it age appropriate, but you leave that up to the people who are writing the books for the kids. That's a good idea. People, I would love to see conservatives or conservative Inc. write a series of kids' books in an age-appropriate way, teaching them how to spot commies and how to and how to understand you have like a commie in your midst. Obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna call them commies. You're gonna probably I don't know what you're gonna do, but that's a good idea. 
Okay, so I did like that idea from her. But yeah, they're conservative ink, and so there are definite criticisms of conservative ink that you can give, that you can levy. Now, apparently PragerU, the reason I bring it up is PragerU Kids is going to be part of the curriculum in Florida. And while I will acknowledge that's not optimal, it is absolutely better than lefties being leftists being in control of it. I will take PragerU Kids over the insane leftist bullshit. It's not optimal, uh, you, you know, and obviously, you know, if they start talking about, like, obeying your parents and they're not talking about your actual parents, if you know what I mean, then maybe I would have a problem. But I haven't seen anything like that so far. Now, of course, TYT and other media outlets are freaking out, even though this is basically what they tried to do. So when they do it with their insanity, oh, that's totally fine. But when conservatives do it now, it's the end of the world. Here is the video on, uh, on PragerU here. I think Friends, I'm ecstatic okay. to make this groundbreaking announcement. PragerU is now making it into schools. You just heard from the CEO over at PragerU, which of course is not an actual accredited educational institution. The, the accredited ones are total aids. I don't care if it's accredited. Accreditation means nothing anymore. Uh, but Marissa Street uh, argues that now Florida will allow PragerU materials to be utilized in their grade school curriculum. For By now, the way, speaking of like uh, older smashes, MILF smashes, did any of you see the video on Twitter about um, who was the chick? She's in my top five all time. The Hispanic chick, um, Sophie Vergara. Have you seen the video of her? Somebody made a video of her from like 23 to 51. She got hotter. She's like Melania Trump. There's th These are like one in a billion. Melania Trump is like one of these women just didn't even... It's, it, you could argue she's hotter as she's older. This Vigara chick at 51 is hotter than she was when she was 23. It's in... I don't know. Now, granted, maybe there's plastic... I don't know. She looks... She doesn't look like... Usually when you do a lot of plastic surgery, you fuck yourself up and you start looking like a fish. You know, with the lips and stuff. I didn't see any of that. That's a hell of a thing. So we have a... a it's not even a wall leaper. It's a, a, a wall obliterator. So yeah, put her up with Melania Trump. Holy shit. Now, that's only allowed in the state of Florida, but this is a dream for the conservatives over at PragerU and uh, the wealthy donors that help to fund PragerU. And uh, when you consider the ideological slant there, it is a problem, especially uh, coming from- No, it's not. The individual- At least not in the way you're saying. Individuals who claim that they're concerned about indoctrination in public schools. But we'll get to the details on, on what the course materials could involve in just a moment. Uh, first, it's important to understand the scope of this project. Uh, PragerU is infamous for their online videos. And uh, there's plenty of that in PragerU Kids as well. The PragerU Kids material can now be used in Florida public schools. And PragerU Kids offers a lot more, including lesson plans, worksheets, books, and shows. PragerU Kids' most infamous show is Leo and Layla. And it's about two time traveling children who ask historical figures for advice on how to deal with modern day problems. And as you can imagine, the modern day problems are often based on conservative culture war narratives and grievances. So we're going to get to the example in just a moment. But Jenk, I mean, I, I was under the impression that conservatives didn't want indoctrination in public schools. Huh. 
So again, it's not indoctrination. I don't care what you call it. They have to take control. And this is the this is these are the players on the board. Uh, would, would I prefer there be, you know, a, a group that is better? Sure, but this is the hand we're dealt. <laughs> All of a sudden, when it's indoctrination from the right wing, they seem to be over, uh, pretty in favor of it. So there's two different problems here. Number one, uh, PragerU is funded completely by right wing billionaires, so this is now a pipeline for some right-wing billionaires going, I'd like to indoctrinate the kids with my particular propaganda. So I'm gonna pay Prager and then Prager is gonna get it into the schools. Mm -hmm. And that way we're gonna brainwash the kids into horrible things. So PragerU Kids is apparently a little bit different than PragerU overall. Right. Um, but PragerU uh, does the worst videos. Uh, so I'll just give you one example. <laughs> They're not bad. Well, then we'll go back to PragerU. Some are better than others kids to give you a sense of what this organization is about. They did a, a video uh, celebrating and praising Robert E. Lee saying his statue shouldn't be taken down. And in the video, they Based. explained, oh, because Robert E. Lee, uh, one of the upsides of him was that he put down a slave rebellion and killed everyone who was rebelling. All right, well, you're gonna have to go ahead and give me that clip because I don't believe anything you say. Like, how is that an upside? That's a monster. Well, well, why don't you show the, why don't you show the clip? I imagine if that was true, we would have heard that before. Come on, I mean, look, considering what we just shared with you all in regard to Florida's updated education right. standards. So that's another one of these made up media narratives. Apparently, the, uh, the first of all, they, they're not saying because uh, some slaves learned skills that slavery was good. Not, they don't argue that. Um, but what what they point out as far as like some people who were slaves who then learned a skill and then when slavery was over like you know uh, um, used that later in their life, the previous regime, the CRT regime, taught the same thing. So this is just a completely manufactured media narrative. And how they want to point to alleged silver linings when it came to slavery, it's it's clear here what they're doing. Right, like there's revisionism, clearly revisionist history involved here. And look, I don't want, can we just teach kids how to read? Okay. Hey, you guys are the ones that decided to go crazy. We have a very real problem in the country right now where a huge portion of grade school kids can't read. Part of it is because the education system for a number of years moved away from the phonics way of teaching kids how to read. Part of it has to do with the coronavirus pandemic and how people had to, you know, resort to teaching online and kids had to learn when they were home and that was really, really difficult for them to do. Can we just stop politicizing public school education and focus on the basics here? See, now that they're losing control, they want to go back to normal. And hopefully people do not buy this because if you go back to normal, if you go back to the neutral space, they're going to take it over again. That's why our side has to take it over to prevent them from taking it over. How yeah. about a personal finance class in high schools? Oh, that would be amazing. Right, but we're not having that conversation. Instead, we're talking about politicizing curriculum when in reality, these kids should be learning the basics so they can, you know, survive and do well in life. Another part of the video celebrated Robert E. Lee for saying, look, slavery is a moral sin, but remember, blacks are inferior. And I think they can get educated, but of course they shouldn't be allowed to vote. 
Um, so, so again, you're going to have to show me the clip where Prager you uh, praised that. This is what we're celebrating. This is what we're going to teach the kids. Let's let's actually show you guys specific examples. Okay. Not yeah. Please show me the examples that Schenk is saying. From Prager you, Prager you kids. Okay. okay. The uh, series featuring Leah and Le Leo and Layla. So um, here's one clip about how uh, Galileo wouldn't want you to take the coronavirus vaccine. I am Galileo. I love experiments. Science is both a collection of steps and rules from past experiments, and also a never-ending process of questioning and testing. Can you give an example? When I made my first telescope, I did not create it from nowhere. I built upon findings of other scientists around Europe. I followed their steps perfectly, but after careful observation, I noticed that if I change some of the instructions, I might be able to make a more powerful telescope. So it's okay to go against the instructions if you think you can make something better? It is most definitely okay to have questions and try to make improvements. That's right, Bob. Government officials are telling Americans who have questions not to worry. Everyone just needs to follow the steps they've been given and trust the science. Hmm. Right, except... So that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, a anything that you can do to stop, to help stop people from making the worst health decision they could possibly, well, at least one of the worst health decisions they, they could possibly make. I think uh, I think that's that's a, a good thing. Look, that video totally avoids providing information about how the vaccine was developed in the first place. It makes it seem as though the vaccine was developed overnight, when in reality, it had already, the M mRNA technology had been developed in Canada years and years prior. Okay, still doesn't make it safe. Still doesn't change the fact that when they tested it on animals, they all died. To the outbreak of the coronavirus. Kind of insanity is that, oh, all the animals died. All right, well, we'll give it to humans now. Yeah, okay, that's something out of Resident Evil. Um, but it, of course, that's left out of the conversation entirely in that video. So. Okay, let, let me explain how much they perverted the Galileo story. <laughs> so now Galileo was a legendary scientist. And he wanted people to listen to science back then uh, instead of superstition and let's be honest, religion. And so Galileo broke people's hearts by telling them that we are not the center of the universe. And Christianity and, and almost all the world religions were saying, no, we are the center of the universe. The sun goes around us, the entire universe goes around us. And Galileo is like, I got bad news for you guys, but science is real, right? People, they were so mad at him, they threatened to murder him over and over and over again. And then, of course, they arrested him and he uh, died. Real quick on Rumble, the one who says Ganges sounds like the name of the disease you would catch getting into it. Yeah, it really does. It, the, oh, I got Ganges. Oh, God damn it. Got to watch out for Ganges. Sam Frisky says, look at this shit. This is... Um, all right, this is... Uh, Oh, God. Woman poops in her hand, then eats it. This is from the Reddit public freakout. That is awful. That is awful. Oof, that's not good. I don't know what that is. A mental health crisis in this country. Did you see, uh, if you're an old school magic person, this is a very, If I bet you 5% of the audience gets this. I think there's a card, what was it called? Withering Boon? It is a freak, it, I can't even describe it. It's this just this freak on the card. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is a person, this black woman that looks just like Withering Boone, I think I have the, the name right, was in the grocery store. Did you see this woman? She's she's naked, 
fat and disgusting. She looks like Withering Boone. And then um, she starts spreading birthday cakes on herself. And I had tweeted, I'm like, Withering Boone went to the grocery store. I never thought I would see. That's like a that's like a bizarre. I, ne- I never thought in my life I would see someone that looks like that. Uh, oh, oh, what am I doing? I looked up Ojama King. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just show you. I don't know why the hell I didn't just think to, to look this up. Yeah, here it is. Withering Boone. One moment. Uh, give me a large picture. Come on, Magic the Gathering. Why do you suck so much? Just nonstop. Let's go to, uh, let's see, Withering Boone. All right, is this one? Okay. Oh, that this looks like a big one. Okay. This is what I saw. What, are you kidding me? It's just, all I want is a big picture. I guess we'll click Tools, and we'll go to Large. Right? Come on, scribe. Okay, here we go. I guess you can see that. Do you see this creature? Do you see this? This was at the grocery store. Withering Boone was at the grocery store. Destroying birthday cakes. Man, birthday cakes, they're delicious. Go to the grocery store, get a birthday cake, even if it's not your birthday. This creature, who looked like this. Actually, the lady at the store was a little fatter than Withering Boone, but it was Withering Boone at the grocery store. So my point is, there's a there's a mental health crisis happening in the country. Did you see the naked lady on the in San Francisco? The naked lady in San Francisco um, was all, all of a sudden now. Now on the one thing, it's like oh, a naked person. That's kind of funny. Started shooting people. Started shooting at people. That's no good. That is no good. Got to watch out in San Francisco. Anyway, if you ever thought you would see Withering Boone, what is this Mirage from the Mirage? Magic the Gathering set. Well, there's a video out there of uh, Withering Boone at the grocery store. So that's a hell of a thing. Uh, okay, which video were we on? We were on. Uh, here we go. Okay, back to back to this. Night under house arrest, uh, which he could never get out of for the rest of his life because he did science. Now these right wingers, when it came to believing scientists, did the same exact thing that the people who hounded Galileo did. Don't believe the scientists. We don't like what they're saying. We want you to be politically correct, not factually correct. Okay, boo scientists. And then they bring out Galileo cartoon as if he's on their side. No, he's exactly the type of scientist you guys pilloried before and are pillorying now. And then they pretend he's on their side. Come on, get out of here. I'm gonna skip ahead to the last video here. Um, I have not watched this one yet, uh, but Mm. this is, uh, there's other content outside of the Leo and Layla stuff. Um, So here's a YouTube short titled, How to Embrace Your Femininity. Again, this is part of Prager you kids, how to embrace your femininity and watch how they don't reveal the real point of the video until the very end. Most gender stereotypes exist because they reflect the way that men and women are naturally different. And those differences aren't bad. Men and women complement each other and create a well-balanced family and community. So don't let anyone tell you it's bad to fit stereotypes. I mean, what the hell is wrong with that? How do you have a problem with that? Commies are insane. Those people are just trying too hard to be cool. Oh, pink, how original. If you wanna wear pink, wear pink. If you wanna dress up in a girly dress, do it. Make yourself pretty, master the art of makeup, practice good hygiene, go buy all the things that smell good and create a torpedo. They're talking about good hygiene and the Young Turks have a problem with that. These people are out of their minds. Fragrance. It reeks of daffodils. 
If you want to wear high heels, go for it. Just practice walking before getting close to any ledges. Embrace the idea of being a wife or a mother. On the other hand, don't feel guilty if pursuing a career is the right choice for your family. How reasonable is that? You, she's presenting both options. You could argue that the crisis facing our country would be such where you should go in the one direction of a family. I do think strategically it's... Here's the thing. I think particularly women are wired a certain way. Not every woman, but a lot of women are wired a certain way. And strategically, when you present both options and you and you pr provide no pressure, many women are going to go the family route. Okay? Because the, the putting both options out there is the opposite of what leftists do. Leftists act like you're doing something wrong if you start a family. She's presenting the option as a family, talking positively about it, but also saying you shouldn't be shamed for choosing a career. How could you have a problem with this? Commies are just incredible. So great. Okay. I mean, look, if you, if you love your femininity, obviously, I love that. Celebrate your femininity, but there's clear propaganda there. 100%. <laughs> look, if she had said, hey, listen, if you want to wear pink and you want to wear high heels, have at it, Hoss. And if you don't want to and you want to wear sneakers and, uh, and, uh, and if you're a woman and you like other women, have at it, Hoss. We believe in freedom. We believe. Well, they're not bringing up sexuality because they're not groomers because they're talking to kids, pedophile. All these things are balanced and wonderful, etc. Then great, no problem, right? No, that was 100% heterosexual propaganda, right? Yeah. Good, we need more heterosexual propaganda. How about Christian heterosexual propaganda? I'm not even Christian. <laughs> and, it was meant to <laughs> even uphold traditional oh, gender roles and, and you know, kind of push girls in that direction. 100%. Yeah. So now the schools don't actually, like they, in Florida and other places, they're like, oh, the schools teach people that, you know, to be gay. They made that up. No, they don't. <laughs> That's a lie. In kindergarten. Is anybody going around going, guys, you gotta be gay? <laughs> it's not a thing, That's right? That's not how they do so it, they, don't, they invented a problem that doesn't exist. Totally made up. And their solution now is propaganda from PragerU, which actually is propaganda saying you should be heterosexual and not anything else. Like, again, if it was well- well, That's not what they said. Rounded, being the choice to do all the things she said in the video is no problem at all. But when you tell kids that is the correct way of thinking, that's exactly what propaganda is. Fuck and you. When you consider who funds their content, then you get a sense of what the real objective is, right? And look, the point I'm trying to make here isn't, I, I, it's all conservative focus and I don't like that and we should take any type of conservative propaganda out of public education. No, no, I wanna be very clear. We should take all politicized propaganda out of public education. Kids should learn. They should learn math. They should learn science. They should learn actual, accurate history. Now, after all this, she wants no politics in the classroom. Isn't that fascinating? They should learn how to read. They should learn personal finance. They should get the skills necessary to thrive in life. Okay, but instead, it's now become like a political war zone where you have like the right wing. You started the war. You know, trying to inject their version of history into uh, public education. Uh, that's the accurate version. And it's just, it's so stupid and it's making kids ignorant. No, that would be the teachers unions. Honestly. Look guys, one quick point here. Just think about that video. Does that help you in math or science or no. history? Why are they showing?
Is it a math or, or, or science video? It's not a math or science video. Put that video to kids. Like, they don't show... It, asshole, if that was a leftist drag queen pulling out dildos, telling the kids that they can pick whatever color a dildo they wanted, you would be celebrating it. Video telling uh, kids, you know, it's okay to be gay. Being gay is awesome. Let's all be drag queens. No, there is no such video. <clears throat> uh, total lie. Blatant lie. Did, why is this in a school at all? That's for the parents to decide. Oh, yeah. See, this is when you know you're, you're beating the commie. Uh, don't... This means squeeze your boot harder. That's what that means. Metaphorically, of course. Now, that's probably no longer allowed on Rumble. Metaphorically, push down on your boot harder when you got a commie talking about, oh, well, we, what about free speech? What about going back to, we don't want politics in the classroom. That's how you know you're winning. And what they're doing is they're trying to get you to relent. And as soon as you relent enough, they're going to put their boot back on your neck. I was never a boot neck person. I always thought, ah, oh, that's a bit harsh. We should not have any boots on any necks because that's not, that's not right. And I, I still believe that. The problem is the commies were like, fuck that shit. We're putting uh, the boot to your neck. And so we have a choice. We either allow them to do it and allow them to dominate us and inject us with whatever the fuck they want and, and humiliate us and force us to wear masks and fuck our kids and, and coerce our kids about their gender, or we stop them from doing it. Uh, and again, in a completely legal and humane way. This is an exact legal and humane way. Republicans had control of the legislature. They took control of the school boards and they removed the commie bullshit out of the school and replaced it uh, with shit that, uh, you know, you might have objections with PragerU. I have some criticisms too. Uh, but it's better than the commie bullshit. It's not optimal, but it's better than the commie bullshit. How they want to raise their kids, not for Rando Barbie over here uh, to brainwash the kids into a certain lifestyle. So it's so ironic where they're like, "Oh, just teach the kids reading and writing. Don't teach them propaganda," and then they give them propaganda through PragerU. And just to give you a sense of just how much funding they receive, uh, this is a piece written in the New York Times back in 2020. And at the time, they wrote that in 2019, PragerU raised $22 million. The next year, meaning in uh, 2020, uh, it estimates it will raise $25 million. Uh, its budget comes almost entirely from donor contributions. So we've explained this before, but real quick, if you haven't seen those videos, what that means is they're not a business where they get an investment, they try to make a profit, return the money to the investors, etc. That means they're just a marketing organization. Somebody gives them $25 million, they do propaganda videos, and they, they're not expected to return the money, it's not an investment. No, they are being paid to do propaganda. Like you were by the Katzenberg. And so now those- Or the Katzenberg group. That propaganda that the right wing donors paid for is going to go into your kids' schools. And uh, you got a deal. They're tax exempt as great. a nonprofit organization. Good. So they fantastic. Be. Thanks for watching. Sounds great. All right. We have some uh, breaking news from the internet here. Let's have a look. First one. Uh, breaking news from the internet from Silky Johnson. He says, breaking news, even a Democrat socialist whose wife is a DEI trainer isn't immune to being called a Nazi. Hopefully he read like a bitch. All right, let's, uh, this sounds like a commie is going to be getting what he deserves, or at least a portion of what he deserves. Let's uh, have a look here. 
Oh, wait, how am I sending this over? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I got it, okay. Then we go here, and then we go here. Is this it? Yeah, here we go, all right. Here we go. Uh, my family was hunted by Nazis, but I was fired for, quote, defending Hitler. Oh, man. Wow. I was just fired from my job at the Seattle Times after defending Hitler. The only problem is I never defended Hitler. In fact, my family was hunted by the Nazis. My grandfather was a Nazi killer who later almost died in a concentration camp. And some of my best journalistic work has been exposing neo-Nazi lies. But if you want to hear a story about the intolerance in our country's most tolerant city and the erosion of civil discourse in America, read on. I began my career as a university lecturer of English and logic, then drawn by the need to tell stories of structural, structural oppression, I switched to journalism. I have been a journalist for the past 15 years and I've spent almost all of my adult life in Asia, four years in Japan, six in South Korea, three in China, one year traveling the Southeast, uh, traveling Southeast Asia, and two in Nepal and India, where for a short period I was homeless in Mumbai, but that's another story. My work has largely focused on East Asian politics and culture, everything from sexism in South Korea to the terrifying rise of Nazi, Nazi chic in Mongolia. I wrote about North Korean refugees in Europe's racist opposition to the Syrian refugee crisis. Oh, so you're a total AIDS commie. While living in Israel, I wrote about Gilead Shalit, the Israeli soldier who was held by Hamas for five years until he was released in a prisoner exchange in 2011. Perhaps the reason I'm drawn to hard stories and far-flung places is because of my family background. After Lenin turned Russia into one giant gulag, my family was scattered like leaves. My grandparents became refugees. They settled in Patterson, New Jersey, and for the rest of his life, my grandfather sent boxes of whole cloth, candles, papers, and other essentials to his family who he would never see again. So when Russia invaded Ukraine in 2022, I flew to Eastern Europe to cover the war. My work on Ukrainian refugees resulted in more than one story, including a piece for New York Magazine about a therapist who helped a woman find the strength to flee her home amid explosions, saving her life and the life of her mother and daughter. I was never prouder of the work I'd done. About one year later, having recently moved to rural Georgia from my wife's native Peru, I received a job offer from the Seattle Times to be an editorial board member and a columnist. Our entire family had moved to Georgia together, including my parents, my brother and his wife, so it was a tough call. But after consideration, we sold our house. My wife and baby daughter flew to Seattle. I drove the moving truck. I knew Seattle by only reputation, the great outdoors of the Pacific Northwest, a vibrant Asian community, a strong Latino community too, so our daughter could grow up with Spanish-speaking friends and residents who routinely approved tax hikes to ensure that those in need of help received it. Yeah, that's who gets the money. I should mention that our politics fit the bill. I am a democratic socialist. I totally know that you're a commie. I can tell you're a commie. Uh, and my wife is a DEI trainer. Oh, boy, this is going to be satisfying. Suffice it to say, the city felt like a great fit. The job was rewarding. From the first day, I found myself reporting on the projection of Orcas, excuse me, protection of Orcas and efforts to improve the level of civil discourse in Congress. 
When Pride Month came, my family proudly marched with the Seattle Times. What a beautiful new home, I thought to myself. How inclusive, how tolerant, how naive. Earlier this month, for my first official column, my boss urged me to write about the local statue of Vladimir Lenin that stands in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood. The good people of Fremont enjoy dressing him up in tutus, Halloween costumes, and the like. I was more than interested in writing about the astronomical cost of childcare in the city, but it wasn't hard to make the column all my own. I simply had to talk about my refugee grandparents making palamagy with my babushka and my grandfather Joseph, the Nazi killer, after whom I am named. I noted Lenin's secret police raids, mass torture, forced resettlements, and genocidal killings. The column began being the column began by reflecting on Karl Marx's last words as a London-based correspondent for the New York Daily Tribune, in which he attacked the hypocrisy of Westerners who defend sacred values only when it suits them. In other words, it was about selective outrage rather than the statue itself. I concluded by saying I am a democratic proceduralist who supports the community's decision to keep the statue even if it deeply offends me. Readers thanked me. Some shared stories of their own families fleeing Russia or told me how their grandmothers broke down weeping when they reached America, only to find Lenin staring them in the land of the free. Many critics claimed I had advocated for tearing the statue down. Perhaps the most common criticism I received was that no one takes the statue seriously. Oh, but they do. They admire it. Yeah, they're, they're AIDS commies. The day after my column was published, I received my first response. The Seattle Times is so desperate for new staff they hire folks from rural Georgia for the editorial board. Another wrote, wrote, we don't need more faux outrage. Another reminded me it was the Soviets who single-handedly defeated Nazi Germany and that the statue was simply a funky piece of art. Still another, you missed the point, it's a joke. Oh, now it's a joke. AIDS commies are fascinating. I received a flood of positive responses. People shared family stories and photos. A retired high school history teacher said my piece was excellent. Someone else called the column an exemplar of reporting as civic leadership. Every touch is perfect. One later came from a descendant of Western Ukrainian stock who said that the statue should stay as a testament to the failure of communism. A Lithuanian refugee recalled living long enough to see the statues of Lenin fall in villainous and sadly ponder whether she would live long enough to see them fall in America. I responded to almost every email and tried to be gracious, even to the nasty ones. A few I even won over. But I made the mistake when I posted the column on Twitter and compared Lenin and Hitler. Here's what I wrote, quote, In fact, while Hitler has become the great symbol of evil in our history books, he too was less evil than Lenin because Hitler only targeted people he personally believed were harmful to society, whereas Lenin targeted even those he himself didn't believe were harmful in any way. It's a fair point. I was only speaking in terms of intention, of who wanted to kill more, not who actually did. And in a follow-up tweet, I explained Hitler was more evil than Lenin if we're looking at what they did to people, and that's a pretty important metric for assessing evil. No, I, th this is, this is uh, yeah, when you uh, talk about fascism versus communism or whatever, if you're comparing... Uh, commies and the body count with uh, Nazis. The commies have a higher body count. Um, that's a fact. Okay, you you can do with that whatever you wish, but that's a fact. But people, commies, they flip out over that. How dare you? 
because Hitler's the number one evil guy, even if uh, uh, commies killed more people and were even more vicious. It doesn't matter because the commies, the atrocities of the commies must be looked over as, well, this was just imperfect communism. You got to crack a couple eggs before you make an omelet or whatever that fucking saying is. That's how they view it. Um, they, they even are trying to get, and I think they were somewhat successful, the communist atrocities, they want them removed from Wikipedia. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's what, you're getting eaten up by your own side here. You're not enough of a commie. This guy's a full-blown AIDS commie, but he's not enough of an AIDS commie. Um, let me be absolutely clear. Killing more people, which Hitler did, is more evil. Well, well oh, if you're comparing one to one, Sure. Lenin killed 4 million people, possibly up to 8 million, whereas Hitler killed... Well, 8 million would be more. Whereas Hitler killed roughly 20 million, including 6 million Jews. I've never heard 20 million, but whatever. Uh, in terms of death and destruction, the Nazis were more evil, I wrote on Twitter. I also wrote Hitler was more evil in terms of how many people he killed. It's the kind of topic that you can debate among trusted friends over drinks or dinner, but Twitter is... Very much not that kind of place. And the argument I was making is a fraught one, even under the best of circumstances. You don't need to compare anyone to Hitler to argue that they are evil. And my delivery was poor, to say the least. Well, unless you're talking about Trump, then it's totally acceptable. Four days after I started making these points on Twitter, I deleted the thread. That said, I do believe in our culture, many people have very little conception that communist leaders like Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot have a far higher body count than fascists. Yeah, they don't care they like it okay so it's wild when a commie realizes this is like a commie looking around on his own side and being like wow i'm surrounded by communists yeah you're a fucking communist dude okay you're a commie you you might not be as bad as them but you're definitely in there so maybe stop being a commie anyway whatever um nor do they appreciate that Lenin was more ambitious in this regard than Hitler. His aim was to kill as many people as he possibly could, all ages, classes, faiths, ethnicities, and uh, regions. Nevertheless, people insisted I was defending Hitler. They called me a Nazi. They told me to kill myself or suggested they do it for me, the tolerant left. A local journalists claimed my ancestors were Nazis who slaughtered Ukrainian Jews by the tens of thousands. So that's, they're probably trying to get someone to hurt you by doing that. I've been targeted by tankies and neo-Nazis on Twitter before, but this felt different, more widespread. It also seemed a number of my Seattle-based critics were using my words to go after the editorial board, which is viewed by some as overly conservative. A University of Washington professor told me after I mentioned I was the board in writing my first column about the Lenin statue, I certainly loathed the editorial, citing their arch-conservative and often Trumpist line. I reject his criticism. I sat on the board. I was part of its arguments and conversations. Board members thought deeply and were open to new ideas and counter-arguments. That's the problem. That's why they consider them conservatives. These were thoughtful people, and I imagine that they often unfairly are mischaracterized by ideologues, which surely stand by me as I was being smeared. No, no, no. That's not how any of this works. Six days after my piece was published, I was relieved when my boss told me she had received the she had reviewed the Twitter conversation and concluded I had obviously not defended Hitler. I was told the company had my back. That's when you know you're getting fired. I was told uh, that the paper would not stand for a lying Twitter mob coming after one of its own. 
But then, just a few hours later, my boss called me and told me I was fired. The official reason was poor judgment and continuing to engage online. I shouldn't have engaged, but I admit it was hard not to defend my family against baseless accusations that they were Nazis who had killed more than 10,000 Jews. In a statement uh, the day after I was fired, the paper tweeted that an editorial writer engaged in Twitter recently in a way that it's inconsistent with our company values. The statement added, we apologize for any pain we have caused our readers, our employees, and the community. I am well aware, as I explained in a subsequent apology, that my comparison of Lenin to Hitler was not only pointless but potentially dangerous. Oh, that's not going to help. White supremacists could conceivably use my words to minimize Hitler's atrocities at a time when Pew Research shows most Americans are clueless about the Holocaust and the number of anti-Semitic attacks is rising. That's totally made up. The thought of neo-Nazis weaponizing anything, I said, makes me sick. Well, it's mostly made up, so you don't have anything to worry about. But if I'm honest, I do think neo-Nazis... I don't think neo-Nazis follow the interceding battles of leftist Twitter. This wasn't about actual violence or actual Nazis. This was about punishing a person, however sloppily, pointed out that evil can almost emanate from those who claim to be ushering in good. I have many defenders, especially within journalism. As soon as the Times issued its statement, the paper's Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Dominic Gates expressed his anger in a since-deleted Twitter post, saying, I did not deserve this. The paper's former political editor, Joni Balter, speaking on NPR, said, The decision was an overreaction, and I deserved another shot. I appreciate those statements more than I can say. I considered going silent, hoping one day to, f to find work again once my 15 minutes of infamy had passed and my reputation as the unhirable Hitler guy had faded. But staying silent won't help me pay rent and child care or salvage my ability to continue doing journalistic work. It also won't repair my good name or provide me with a clean Google search. What kind of journalist would I be if fear made me shy away from discussing my experience of vicious viciousness masquerading as social justice? What would it say about my devotion to injustice if I remain silent when it's visited upon my family? This is not an abstract problem. I am now jobless, living in downtown Seattle, which is costly and unable to keep that help support my family, including my baby daughter. We can no longer afford our apartment, but neither can we afford uh, the fee to break our lease. It was Lennon who said that a lie often told enough becomes the truth. I wish I could say he was wrong, but I am comforted with the words of one of the greatest heroes of the 20th century, Alexander Schultzism, who wrote, let your credo be this. Let the lie come into the world. Let it even triumph, but not through me. Okay. So, you know, how about stop being a commie? Uh, that, that would be my my uh, answer here. So uh, I, I guess you're not like, you're not one of the worst commies, but I mean, what, what do you expect? This is who you associate with, and you thought through your virtue, which is worthless because it doesn't help anyone, that you could remain among the virtuous. Fascinating. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Anyway, that's what you get. Tim the Tool has some breaking news here. He says, uh, I've been studying American history the last year, and it shows that the elites have always been cunts. Here's a small sample. All right, let's have a look at this. One moment here. Okay. One moment. All right, Kansas Territory Elections. Whoop, let me go back up. 1855, let them vote or they'll tear the house down. 
even if there hadn't been uh, I'm gonna make this a little bigger even if there hadn't been a local uh, point hadn't been local point men pushing slavery or county captains dashing at Jefferson County could not have dodged the turmoil of bleeding Kansas its location in Kansas Territory guaranteed it would grapple with the question dividing the nation. Eastern Kansas Territory was uh, uh, pocked by clashes between free staters, no to slavery in Kansas, and pro-slavers, expand slavery to more states, Kansas in particular. The, con uh, the contestants have been campaigning since late 1854 the year the Kansas-Nebraska Act handed the slavery decision to settlers and the soon-to-be states, partisans on opposing sides of slavery moved in on Kansas territory, along with settlers less interested in slavery and went about staking claims to land they hoped to buy at low government prices. Settlers would do the voting that would decide the slavery question for Kansas. If you want to know what fraudulent elections look like, consider Jefferson County, Kansas territory, on March 30th, 1855. The elections of that year brought brazen voting fraud across Kansas Territory, fueling dissension of violence all throughout the following year. Missouri, Kansas, eastern border neighbor, was a slave state, along with their allies from southern states. Pro-slavery Missourians wanted Kansas to join them in sanctioning human bondage. Jefferson County, Kansas Territory was just 17 miles west of the Missouri River border, close enough among the Kansas Territory counties for Missourians to uh, to tote their illegal votes in the Kansas elections. I forget whether or not the plus sign is on a, uh, what do they call those? It's like the trigger. So I don't know if like a, if a bumper plate or something, I apologize. I was hitting the plus button to make this a little bigger. I forget if I put anything on there. Anyway, besides lying within easy reach of Missouri travelers, Jefferson County was also wedged between the Titan slavery battleground counties of Kansas Territory, Leavenworth, and Atchison counties on the east and north in Douglas and Shawnee counties across the Kansas River to the south. The civil disobedience, theft, arson, intimidation, and murder that would bring uh, the name Bleeding Kansas to the nation in 1856 had a lot to do with these counties in the 1855 elections. To prepare for the March 30, 1855 election in Kansas Territory, census takers worked in January and February 1855 to obtain the number of legal residents eligible to vote in March. Um, that was important because the legislators would write laws for the territory and start the work for a constitution that would include slavery or prohibit it. The census identified 96 qualified voters in Jefferson County, District 13. Twelve of them voted on March 30th and designated at the designated polling place, Hickory Point. But the total number of votes cast that day was 239. It sounds like the kind of riddle a math teacher would drop on high school students on a sleepy Friday afternoon. Number of qualified voters, 96. Number of qualified voters who voted on the day, 12. Number of men who voted that day. 239. Ah, it's like it's like Wisconsin. What? J.B. Ross, H.C. Cora, or Corey and James Atkinson had been appointed by Governor Andrew Reeder to judge the District 13 election. They were, they were to open the voting on March 30th and ensure that men were qualified to vote, tally the votes, turn them in. The 13th District Hickory Point polling place was the home of Samuel Hard, uh, uh, for whom Harville and Hartville was named. 
His name as well as the town's name was spelled differently across many documents, and he usually was referred to as Charles or Charlie Hart. And who was qualified to vote? A qualified voter was a white male U.S. citizen, 21 or older, who on election day was an inhabitant of Kansas Territory and an actual resident who intended to make the residency permanent to the exclusion of any other home. The voter had to vote in the specific district in which he resided. Election Judge Ross uh, testified at Leavenworth a year later for the Howard Congressional Committee. He launched his testimony with the startling statement that he did not act as judge at the March 30th election. Instead, after opening the voting at the cabin window that day, he quickly resigned after rejecting at least one vote. Ross, who knew the district and the people who lived in it, said he saw only 30 to 40 district residents at the election that day, and he saw another 250 to 300 non-residents, many of them from Platte City, Missouri. Some of these men were armed with guns, some with knives and revolvers in their belts. It was repeated frequently about tearing the house down, and they appeared to be very positive about it. Ross took the poll book and left his post, filing a protest with the governor a few days later. Soon as Ross had stepped out of the polling house, another set of judges, chosen by the people, elected on the spot, stepped in. They were Richard Chandler, Napoleon Bonaparte Hopewell, and William Gardner and they took the votes offered and apparently left Mr. Hart's house standing. Dr. James Noble was at the election, too. He told the investigating committee the following year. Noble had a log cabin on the east side of now uh, Okaloosa, where he and others were developing the unsuccessful pro-slavery town of Jacksonville. Noble came to Kansas Territory in 1854, he said, having lived in Missouri for about 40 years before that, the last two years of his Missouri residency were lived in Platte County, just across the Missouri River. Noble, replying to committee questions, proceeded to name all the Missourians he saw at Hickory Point that election day. He said he believed the men still lived in Missouri, although they might have made claims in Kansas Territory. Name after name after name, he recited, no, he didn't see the Missourians vote, but those Missouri chums told them he, they, he voted. They voted. Not so, argued Chandler, one of the People's Choice judges who stepped in after Ross left. He and others would tell the Howard Committee that the pro-slavery party held a 5-to-1 or 3-to-1 hold over the Free Staters. The election results, as you might have guessed, were overwhelmingly pro-slavery. Only a few Free Staters ended up voting at all. Charles Hart, the Free Stater whose house was used for the election, saw trouble ahead and left the election early. Hart was on the ballot for a territory House of Representatives spot, although he said he really had not wanted to be a candidate. He secured three votes, and his opponent got 237. There was a vote handed in to Ross and the other governor's appointed judges, which they refused to take, and then the row commenced, so I understood, Hart said. After the excitement in the morning, the election went on very quietly, as there was but one side to it, Hart told the panel. Some of the pro-slavery leaders and candidates said they believed the number of eligible voters for the election in District 13 was 200 to 300. The official number from the census was 96. G.M. Dyer, a merchant with his brother in uh, Asaki, attended the election and said he never heard why the three judges resigned, but he did know those judges refused to accept the vote of one of his relatives. Dyer and others who offered their version of events spent lots of time asserting that James Noble and Charles Hart weren't known for their truthfulness. And pretty well acquainted with Charles Hart's general reputation for truth and veracity, it's pretty bad, Dyer said. I, I 
do not think he would tell the truth if he could find a lie to tell, but I do not think he would swear to a lie. The pro-slavery men used nearly the same phrasing, which included reputation for truth-telling, and they alleged that Dr. Noble was the worst of them. Asked by committee members to identify people who claimed Hart and Noble were liars, the pro-slavery men declined to name names. As to the qualifications for voting, Noble said his understanding was that men couldn't vote in Kansas Territory until they moved there with their goods and chattels. O.B. Tebb said that the governor's judges had rejected a vote because a man who had lived in Kansas Territory for seven years had not moved his family over from Missouri, an election rejection which Dyer considered to be wrong. His brother, the newly elected W.H. Tebb's pro-slavery, explained what he considered to be qualified among a voting resident. I consider a man a resident of this territory when he has made a claim here, he's made a demonstration that indicated that he's going to settle here, is upon his claim and declared that he intended to be and remain a resident, whether he had a family with him or not. I think that three-fourths of those who voted in a territory who are now residents with no families with them at the time of the election because they had no accommodations for their families. Missouri had swung the election for the pro-slavers, and Kansas Territory had a pro-slavery legislature in place to write laws and steer Kansas Territory to slaveholding statehood. They failed at the latter, but the illegally elected legislature, called the bogus legislature by free state slavery opponents, who refused to recognize the authority, had time to enact crazy, crazy harsh laws about slavery in the meantime. Interesting. All right, and then there's some footnotes here. Yeah, gay ops, gay ops from the beginning, apparently. So they, uh, they uh, did, the Democrats are following an, an age-old tradition, apparently. Amazing. All right, appreciate that. That was breaking news from the internet. If you have an article that you want read on stream, $10 and up, details in the description. Now, uh, so very similar, so there's this made-up narrative that people who point out a fairly obvious observation that there were some slaves that while they were slaves learned skills that's just a fact um, <clears throat> uh, the the curriculum does not make the overall the overall argument that therefore slavery is a good thing okay they didn't argue that the media is pretending that that's uh, what they're arguing uh, so this is a made-up narrative like the don't say gay shit and uh, like any of these other things. Well, what's funny is apparently this teaching about some slaves learning skills was in the old curriculum as well under the DEI people. So this is completely manufactured. Anyway, great uh, uh, Garrett or whatever the fuck his name is on Fox asked Greg Gutfield, asked a question of a person on the, the show whether or not uh, um, they ever read a book by a Holocaust survivor. And now they're pretending that he just basically, you know, executed a baby uh, on camera. It is, uh, it's completely wild. It made me think as someone, obviously I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. Would someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, right? While they were hanging out in concentration camps, you learned a strong work ethic, right? Maybe you learned a new skill. Did you ever you read Man's Search for Meaning? Vic Frankel talks about how you had to survive in a concentration yeah. camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility. Utility okay. kept you but alive. That statement from Greg Gutfeld has led to both the White House and the Auschwitz. So is the White House and the Auschwitz whatever going to condemn the author of that book? 
So, I, it, like, a Holocaust survivor can say it, but Gutfield can't simply repeat what the Holocaust survivor said? This is such gay bullshit. Memorial criticizing Fox News and condemning his statements. Now, let's back up a little bit and give you some context into what they were discussing and what Greg Gutfeld was saying there. Now, the comments made by primetime host Greg Gutfeld came during a discussion Monday on The Five about Florida's new black history standards that require instruction for students to include, quote, how slaves developed skills, which in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. That wording, by the way, is not a, a paraphrase of what the new curriculum standards indicate. That is verbatim what the new curriculum standards say. And of course, that has led to a lot of backlash, a lot of controversy. And in the context of this discussion on The Five, Jessica Tarlov, who is a liberal leaning host on the show, was trying to push back against what Florida is doing here. And so she provides you know, an analogy, an example as someone who is Jewish. And so I want you to watch the video one more time and then Jenk, I want you to share your thoughts. Yeah. It made me think as someone, obviously I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. Would someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, right? While they were hanging out in concentration camps, you learned a strong work ethic, right? Maybe you learned a new skill. Did you ever you read Man's Search for Meaning? Vic Frankel talks about how you had to survive in a concentration yeah. camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility. Utility okay. kept you but alive. Also- so that appears to be a bit of a perversion of what the, the book actually uh, yeah. said. <laughs> so, Cenk, you've read the book. To tell us your thoughts. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure Cenk read the book. So, boy, did he leave out an important part. Uh, so, I did read that book. And in a lot of ways, it's uh, the most hopeful and the most heartbreaking book you've ever read. And and the fact that he was able to maintain his optimism throughout and afterwards is what's stunning. And that's why that book has gotten so much attention. And But what Viktor Frankl writes in the book is absolutely devastating. When he said useful, it was useful to the Nazis. And a lot of times it was in shepherding, registering other Jews and when you read the stories of the folks who collaborated and were useful to the Nazis, oh, it is, I cannot understand how Frankl kept his optimism. And for a guy as optimistic as me. And so it, when you find out what happened inside those camps, it is worse than anything you could imagine. And by the way, how about the six million Jews who died? Mm-hmm. What use did they get out of the concentration camps the Nazis ran? I mean, like, I, they, look, no, guys, dude, they are so shameless with their exploitation of tragedies for political gain. Like, it's it's fucking crazy. They've lost all bounds. There, are, there's no morality left at all at Fox News. To be able to say, like, oh, well, the Jews got some utility out of the Holocaust. No, it's, it's not what he said, though. Insane. It's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Right, but you're taking what he said out of context. I hope. I mean, I I, I hope that Fox gets rid of another popular commentator and then he goes independent and it, and becomes very successful and they put Fox out of business. That would be fine with me. And to pervert what Victor Frankl wrote into this monstrosity where it's like, it makes it sound like they learned knitting and afterwards they made a career in knitting or carpentry. Yeah, it looked- no, you know what they were doing? They were doing stuff 
And in best case scenario in, in Gutfeld's interpretation was helping the war effort of the Nazis because they were forced to as slaves before they were murdered. Jesus Christ, you're gonna try to paint that as a positive thing that the Nazis did for the Jews? So now no. he's pretending Greg Gutfeld is saying that the Holocaust was good for Jews. There are no bounds left at Fox News. I mean, and it's the same reason why the curriculum standards in Florida are so controversial, right? They weren't controversial when the Democrats were doing it. Because it attempts to paint a rosier picture of slavery in America. Bullshit. To, to, to find some non-existent silver lining in regard to slavery. Yeah, well, again, to that point, look guys, these are so obvious, but we have to make them because unfortunately, people just hear the one or two lines on Fox News, they never hear the rest of the story, and they haven't studied history enough, and, and now places like Florida are taking out the correct version of history and putting this insane version Bullshit. of history. So we have to clarify, millions of slaves never made it out of slavery. So they're useful. They're not denying that. Full skills that they learned were never used on their own behalf. Their labor was stolen for their entire lives. And they lived and died under that brutality of slavery. But even for the ones, the few ones that made it out at the very, very end. <laughs> first of all, the, this, you think that the slave owners taught that stuff to them out of the goodness of their heart? No, they taught them that so who they could is, use. Who is arguing any of that? You're just making stuff up now. Use them for free labor. You teach them carpentry so they do free carpentry for you because they're slaves. They make it sound like the slave owners were benevolent. Oh, I will yeah, teach like them. Yeah, like it was some sort of apprenticeship. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, here is the new and improved Young Turks, everyone. Amazing. And, and after slavery, when they got out and they wanted to use those crafts and they wanted to build a living, what happened? We In the South, they robbed them of the land that they were supposed to have, the property that they were supposed to have. And if they ever made it through those skills, then they took all the money and, and, and burned their houses down. So what are we supposed to celebrate the slave owners? What kind of disgusting. <laughs> this is so desperate. And, and, and it's not only disgusting version of history and disgusting racism, anti-Semitism, etc. that they're putting out there. You're a racist bigot. This is political correctness in the worst imaginable way. Instead of teaching factual history, they're teaching a politicized version of history where the slave owners are not so bad and they were helping the slaves. <laughs> I mean, beyond disgusting. It's not what they said, you're just making stuff up now. So let's get to uh, the reactions to Gutfeld, uh, starting with the Auschwitz Memorial. So <laughs> uh, Greg Gutfeld's assertion immediately ignited criticism, oh including God. from the Auschwitz Memorial, which said in a statement, quote, being skilled or useful did not spare Jewish people from the horrors of the gas chamber. Did he say that? And uh, today, the White House also weighed in on this, uh, blasting the right-wing channel, Fox News, of course. What Fox News allowed to be said on their air yesterday and has so far failed to condemn 
is an obscenity in defending <laughs> a horrid, dangerous, extreme lie that insults the memory of millions of Americans who suffered from the evil uh, evils of enslavement. A Fox News host told another horrid, dangerous, and extreme lie that insults the memory of the millions of people who suffered. They never miss an opportunity to exploit the Holocaust to try to remove Fox News or their political opponents. Suffered from the evils of the Holocaust. I think that's a good, strong statement. One more from the Deputy White House Press Secretary Andrew Bates. Let's get something straight that the American people understand full well, and that is not complicated. There was nothing good about slavery. There was nothing good about the Holocaust, full stop. And the fact that the Deputy White House Press Secretary has to release a statement like that today. He didn't have to release it. This is completely manufactured just gives you a sense of how far gone the extreme elements on the right are when it comes to these <laughs> issues. The fact that Greg Gutfeld just casually said that. And yeah, how dare you casually provide a synopsis of a guy's book? How dare you? I didn't think that it was a problem at all. It really does blow my mind. This is the, the party that pretended to be in favor of values. What kind of va sick values? You advocate for pedophiles. These are these. Look, we, we talk about it on the show all the time, the cultural wars are done by the right wing to distract you from the great American robbery as they give tax cuts to the rich over and over again. They give every break to the corporate donors over and over again. But they, even if it's just theatrics, this has gone way, way too far. First of all, passing all those bills against the LGBTQ community is- That's a lie. Isn't theatrics, those bills are passed. They actually do discriminate against that community. Blatant lie. And that it now is the law of the land in many of those states. And now in this case, apparently there's no morality left at all at Fox News. Look, guys, I'm going to tell you one last thing about the Holocaust. Oh, so yeah. I've read I can't wait a number of books. I took a course on it, etc. And in one of the books, there was a story of how we found out about the gas chambers in the first place, because some Europeans that the Nazis. Trusted and showed the gas chambers to and the concentration camps to were so horrified that they turned on the Nazis and risked their lives to get us the information in the West, both in in Germany's part of the West as well, but but to the UK, to the US, and to the Allies, saying you have to stop these monsters because the gas chambers were thick concrete walls, and when they toured them, they saw fingernail on the concrete and they the Nazis did the gas chambers operated them while those guys were there and they couldn't get the screaming of the children out of their heads and these monsters are now saying some of the Jews benefited from the Holocaust dude these people are disgraceful absolutely disgraceful so the children screaming what does that mean obey the Democrats accept the media narrative about the slavery thing in Florida and vote for Joe Biden. Greg Gutfeld said it on Fox News and he's one of their primetime hosts. And I'll tell you right now, there will be no punishment, no consequences, no nothing, because this is what Fox News has devolved to. What, again, shameless. These people are fucking shameless, unbelievable. All right, Abbott vows to continue inhumane spiked barricades. So yeah, you gotta let illegals in. You have to let illegals in. You have no choice.
You are not a you, you're not a state. You, a battle you, over you border security now poised to play out in court with the Biden administration suing Texas over these floating barriers in the Rio Grande between Mexico and Eagle Pass, Texas. A thousand foot line of buoys that this Honduran couple told us they saw and avoided as they crossed into the U.S. this afternoon. She's eight months pregnant. Why did you decide to come to the U.S.? Because my brother was killed in Honduras, he told us. The Biden administration's Department of Justice is now suing the state of Texas over their spike wrapped buoys. And of course, these are the buoys that Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, has decided to place in the middle of the Rio Grande to deter migrants from coming to the United States. Now, Abbott's opponents say that the treatment of these migrants is cruel and inhumane. So let's get to the details on what this lawsuit entails. Now, the barrier, which we have covered on the show, prior to this is about four feet tall and movable so that it can be deployed strategically in migrant crossing hotspots. Webbing is also attached to the barrier underwater to make it difficult to swim below. And as a result of that, some migrants have drowned because they tried to avoid those buoys. They tried to avoid the spike wrapped barriers. And in doing so, they end up in deeper parts of the water. And some of these migrants have drowned as a result. Yeah, how about don't try to break into the country. Um, so. By the way, over the years, um, hundreds of people attempting to reach the US through uh, these fast flowing waters have also drowned. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Now, on some Maybe we should just get rid of the whole body of water and roll out a red carpet. September 1st uh, last year, 13 migrants drowned there. Earlier in 2022, authorities had recovered 12 bodies from the river in a single day. So we're literally talking about people dying here. Mm. Now on the first day of this month- People died, that's why you have to let everyone in. Authorities recovered the bodies of a Guatemalan woman and her infant daughter. She tried to you know, swim around uh, the spike wrap buoys and drowned as a result. And so did one of her children. She was. Uh, present with two children and it's still unclear what happened to her second child. Now, um, I'm gonna get to the details about the uh, lawsuit and, and what the grounds are for the lawsuit in just a moment. But Jenk, do you wanna jump in? Yeah, so there's two different issues here. One is the federal and state issue. The federal government says you can, there's laws on the books saying you cannot uh, do something in these uh, rivers that are maintained by the federal government without getting approval. And so that's very important, but like, as what I always tell you guys, be careful. So whatever the red states can do and cannot do also applies to the blue states when there's a Republican president. So there's a lot of things I would want the blue states to do that the federal government might not agree to if Trump is in charge, right? So that one's a little bit of a mixed bag, but I think the Biden administration is on solid legal grounding. And then there's the humanitarian issue of what should you do here? And to me, that's also a little bit of a mixed bag and maybe that might be surprising. But we talked about the wires before, the barbed wires, totally unacceptable. No way that I think that's just so inhumane. And by the way, people that are on the ground, ranchers, farmers, etc., people that are near those their properties abut the river, etc., a lot of them are saying, and they're Republicans, and they're saying, no, don't do the wires. I don't want the wires. It's too much. The buoys, on the other hand, well, a buoy, a wall, yes, it's got issues, but it's not, you know, alligators and snakes and that. 
Trump was talking about, it's not electric fences, it's not barbed wire. Buoys and walls are historically what are used for borders, but you've got to get the federal permission. So I think that one's a little bit more complicated. So let me give you these statements coming from the Biden administration. So a Biden administration official, according to CBS News, said the floating barriers have interfered with border patrol efforts to patrol the river and process migrants who reach US soil. In one week, the official added, border patrol encountered dozens of injured or drowned migrants, including babies. So let's get to what the Justice Department lawsuit actually entails and argues. The lawsuit, which has been filed in the US District Court in the Western District of Texas, the department alleges that Texas and Abbott violated the rivers and harbors Appropriation Act by building a structure in US water without permission from the United States Army Corps of Engineers. So that's the main argument here, right? That the federal government controls those waters and without permission, Texas decided to implement these barriers and they just can't do that. Now the act also prohibits the placement of structures and waterways without federal approval. And Abbott claimed, without really explaining why, that the statute doesn't apply in this particular situation. But you gotta explain why, you can't just say it and allow that to stand without any further explanation as to why you believe that. Well, he is a Republican, that is their usual routine these days. Nah, I don't need any stinking evidence. Well, bad news for you, you're going to court and you said you can't wait to go to court. You're gonna need evidence in court, so you better have your, you know, your side prepared. So right now, it looks like the Biden administration is in better shape when it comes to the issue of federal versus state. Look, I'm gonna keep it real. I think that what Abbott and DeSantis were doing, as as much as it disgusts me to use human beings as political pawns. What they were doing in sending migrants to sanctuary cities and sanctuary states sent a message that I think resonated with a lot of people, including those who live in those blue states and those blue cities who previously might have been a little more, I don't know, laissez faire when it comes to immigration policy because it didn't impact them the way it does some of these border cities. They lose people once they engage in cruel and unusual punishment or treatment toward human beings. And that's exactly what's happening here, right? Sending migrants to different parts of the country as long as they consent to it, I don't have a problem with. And again, it does send a message in regard to the lack of immigration policy that we're seeing from Congress. But doing something that you know is getting people killed as they're fleeing their countries to come to the barrier is not getting people killed. People illegally breaking into the country and trying to swim under it is what's killing them. The United States for either safety or economic opportunities is insane. And that's where you definitely start to lose people. I'm glad that the DOJ is, is, is suing them over this. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't include the wires. It seems like that's a much better case. But okay, so let's, let's talk about it. But I'm, yes, in fact, when we covered that story last time, we said, hey, Biden is president. Is he gonna do anything about this? And he just did, so great. Or at least the Department of Justice did. So credit where credit is due. Look, I wanna be super clear, I love those immigrants. So I'm an immigrant, I'm a documented immigrant. And sometimes documented immigrants are like, oh, we did it the right way. No, 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 well, we had the opportunity to do it the right way. Right. My uncle was a doctor that lived here in America. Much, much easier than that guy that you saw in the interview that had his brother killed and had to travel all that way with his family. And then somehow try to you know, crawl to this side of the border with all these obstacles. Why is he doing it? 
because he's trying to protect his family. I love that guy. And 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 so I want to help them. Now at the same time, everybody right, gets then open up a bedroom and let them in your house. To put up borders, right? So like for example, walls are not great. We you know, we on the left don't want as many walls, right? And but walls do exist. They are fairly common. Fences are fairly common in borders, right? And so you can make the argument, well, if you have a wall or fence, people could try to climb it, they could fall down, and they probably do. And some people die that way. Does that mean we should never have a wall or a fence? Some on the left would say yes. And so, and, and I think a lot of people probably would say no. So the question is, where's the line? Is, you know, for most decent human beings, barbed wire is nowhere near the line, right? But buoys, I think, are near the line. Then you need facts. I'm not saying I, I agree with the buoys. What I'm saying is, if they show, like, hey, with walls, actually almost no one dies. They don't really try to climb in. But with buoys, they do actually try to cross and you get drownings all the time. Then I say, no, I hate the buoys, right. get them out, right? But if they, if almost no one drowns and you're just putting a barrier there that doesn't hurt human beings, but prevents them from crossing. As much as I'm rooting for those guys and I love those guys, well, we, I get that a country can vote to say we're protecting our border and we're gonna put some obstacle there. Yeah, look, I think the, the biggest issue impacting immigration in America right now is the inaction that we're seeing from Congress. The inability, like their dysfunction and their inability to pass any reform or any legislation necessary to deal with, you know, sporadic influxes at the border. We have to have the resources in place to process people, the resources in place to deal with it, but we don't. And so, you know, if you leave it up to the states, like Texas especially, to make these decisions in lieu of federal policy and federal immigration reform, you're gonna end up with gross policies like the spiked barriers. And in this case, with this specific lawsuit, the, the, the buoys meant to serve as like an obstacle for people to come in. So anyway, I do wanna end with Abbott's response to this lawsuit because he remains defiant to say the least. Good. He says, Texas will see you in court, Mr. President. If you, are truly, if you truly care about human life, you must begin enforcing federal immigration laws. Texas will fully utilize its constitutional authority to deal with the crisis you have caused. Arguing that Biden caused the crisis, let's just keep it real, is ridiculous. Yeah, it's obviously all Donald Trump's fault. I mean, how, how, how exactly did Biden cause the crisis? If I recall correctly, during the Trump administration, there was Told like you. a months long you you. Know, narrative about the migrant caravan coming to the border. Was that Trump's fault? Was it Trump's failed immigration policies that persuaded migrants to come to the border? No, that was uh, uh, global homo operatives uh, uh, deliberately using these uh, groups to get all the uh, illegals into one group and go into the country. Yeah, they usually do it during election time, so it's kind of like a election narrative. Order. Not only are Trump and and Biden's numbers very similar, but. Uh, there's actually been a lull recently in yeah, immigration, right. uh, partly because the economy is improving in Central right. America. There's so many other factors in real people's lives. Violence is uh, going down a little bit in Latin America. That is helping so that m- more people are not forced to flee. Remember, the, tr- the, the trek to America is incredibly dangerous. They're not gonna do that willy nilly. They're only doing it if they feel like they're desperate and absolutely need to, to protect their family and to provide for their family. So. 
actually the number of crossings have gone down considerably now. Do you get that sense if you watch right wing media? No, of course not. They're all like, when Trump's in charge, oh, it's record lows. That's not true. When Biden is in charge, they're like record highs. That's not true. It's just not true. And you, they keep saying it no matter what. And yes, no, things like uh, war on drugs causes more uh, immigration issues and more illegal border crossings than any policy, any other policy by US presidents. And soon climate change will cause the biggest influx of immigrants. Those are actual macro yeah, factors. Climate change is gonna cause another crisis. Factors that cause these problems, not little, hey, how many guards did you put on this 2,000 mile border? Right. That's not really the issue. Thanks for watching. Oh yeah, we gotta just let them in. Roll out the red carpet and let them all in. Which one is this? This is uh, one second. There is a building. This is David Pakman. Um, oh, I, Republicans building plan to impeach Joe Biden. For what? For what? Plan among Republicans to impeach President Joe Biden. For what? It doesn't really matter and they don't really seem to know. And that, that's where we are starting today. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, of course, a Republican, two days ago floated the idea of a Biden impeachment inquiry. He was roundly criticized by anybody connected to reality. And then yesterday he defended that call. We'll also hear from radical, repugnant, reactionary Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene and others who are jumping on the bandwagon. Now understand that this is nothing other than a bloodthirsty desire for revenge. Trump did things worthy of impeachment and that's a lie. So he was impeached and subsequently acquitted by the Senate. Joe Biden has done nothing worthy of impeachment. Total lie. But if you impeach Trump, their new line is we will impeach Biden, even if the facts don't point that way. Let's start with Kevin McCarthy from a couple of days ago saying that we are getting to the point where the actions of Joe Biden, what actions? I don't know. Yeah, what even is he talking about? Rise to the level of an impeachment inquiry. And you're sitting here today where now you have found millions of foreign money, just what the 1023 alleges they did to Biden's family. Now we found that it has funneled through shell companies. If you're sitting in our position today, we would know none of this if Republicans had not taken the majority. We've only followed where the information has taken us. But Hannity, but this is Speaker. rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information. So there it is. Uh, the alleged statements in a 1023. We'll talk about what a 1023 is a little bit later. The allegations in the 1023 about the apparent funneling of money to buy what even is money Biden's family supposedly through LLCs and court shell corporations. There's a lot of alleged. Yeah, this is all confusing. It's so confusing. There's obviously nothing here because this is confusing. And Biden's family and very little here is an actual crime. We yeah, what to. even is a family? But it doesn't matter. Kevin McCarthy then yesterday defending his uh, assertion that this is getting to the point of an impeachment inquiry. What I said last night, and I continue, I said it before, when more of this 
continues to unravel, mm -hmm. it rises to the level of impeachment inquiry where you would have the Congress <laughs> to have the power to get to all these answers. I would think the Biden family would want to answer these questions as well, provide the documents instead of holding them back. We're watching this administration use government much like Richard Nixon used by denying <laughs> us to get the information that we need. Much of what he says there of what is uh, uh, happening with Biden actually happened with Trump. Much of what they say has happened to Trump. He's had the Justice Department and investigative powers of Congress turned against him in a politically partisan manner. No, that's actually what seems to be happening to Joe Biden as we have a Republican Party that is determined to impeach Joe Biden for no reason other than Trump was impeached. Meanwhile, in the House of Representatives, Marjorie Taylor Greene has two demands. The first demand is impeach Joe Biden. The second demand is expunge the impeachments of Donald Trump, which, by the way, isn't a thing. Remember, sending it back to the states on January 6th, that wasn't a thing. Uh, um, forensic audits where you check for bamboo fibers and barbecue sauce and dry rubs in the presence of that's you know, not what that's for. You no know, chia seeds on the ballots. That's not a thing. None of these are things. And it continues on. What I'm demanding is that the Republican led House of Representatives move forward on an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden. Right. Because this type of corruption should never be allowed to stand. We must expunge President Trump's wrongful impeachment <laughs> and we must impeach Joe Biden. And as you can see, just electric applause in the House of Representatives. Listen, um, what expunge Trump's impeachments. He was impeached and he was acquitted. That's it. The acquittal was the adjudication. It happened. That's it. He was adjudicated not guilty by the Senate. And uh, we you know, we could go back and talk about how that happened, but that's it. Expungement is not a thing. And then lastly, here is Republican Congressman Daryl Issa saying not only does it look like Republicans are building momentum towards impeaching Joe Biden, he thinks that Democrats are going to join. All right. Well, that, that might be interesting. So you have, I think, about 18 members of Congress, Republican members of Congress who are, were elected in Biden districts. Do you think you have the support of 222 Republican members to move forward with this, Congressman? Absolutely. I believe that finding the truth in the inquiry, these, these individuals that won uh, in those Biden seats, and I used to be one of them uh, in my old district, uh, it doesn't change the fact that you want to get to the truth. As a matter of fact, I would expect that some Democrats would join us sure. in a bipartisan inquiry to get to the truth. <laughs> now, of course, this would be f as, as, a, as a prerequisite to Democrats saying, let's impeach Biden to get the truth. You would first have to have Democrats who believe that somehow the quote truth is being hidden from them or something along those lines. And we've heard nothing of that. So at this point, I would say dream on, Daryl. Is it possible that Democrats would join? Of course, it's always possible, but there's no reason to suggest that's going to happen. Uh, they are determined to impeach Joe Biden solely because Trump was impeached himself. One of our. So it, it'll be very interesting if they do impeach Biden to watch these fuckers uh, pretend that somehow he didn't do anything 
But the Trump impeachments were totally fine. Wow, Trump possible possible Georgia criminal charges, David says. The Guardian Incredibly is serious. now exclusively reporting on the possible criminal charges against twice impeached, twice indicted, twice arrested, failed former President Donald Trump. And these are very serious charges. Georgia prosecutors eye criminal solicitation charges in the Trump inquiry. Exclusive Fulton County DA has identified multiple state election crimes in the 2020 election investigation, sources say. These are really serious crimes. These are state charges. These cannot be um, done away with by virtue of uh, a pardon. This is very, very serious stuff. The Fulton County District Attorney investigating Trump's efforts to overturn the election results in Georgia has weighed several potential statutes under which to charge, including solicitation to commit election fraud and conspiracy to commit election fraud, according to two people briefed on the matter. The move by Fonnie Willis to identify a list of potential charges marks a major juncture in the criminal investigation and suggests prosecutors are on course to ask a grand jury to return indictments next month. We're talking about August. Among the state election charges uh, that prosecutors are examining, criminal solicitation to commit election fraud and conspiracy to com commit election fraud, as well as solicitation of a public or political officer to fail to perform their duties and solicitation to destroy, deface or remove ballots. The DA is also seeking to charge at least some some Trump operatives who were involved in accessing voting machines and copying sensitive election data in Coffee County, Georgia, with computer trespass crimes. This is extraordinarily, extraordinarily serious. This relates to attempting to get officials to change results. Find me the 11,000 votes, et cetera, et cetera. This involves conspiracy because Trump and his uh, uh, inner circle pulled in other people, Lindsey Graham and others. All of this together is very, very serious. This is an investigation that from the beginning, legal experts surmised might bring the yes, most legal experts like Norm Eisen against Trump. Even if none of this leads to prison time, if Trump is charged in Georgia, this, you know, we on the left have been pretty sober, I believe, in assessing the seriousness of these different charges. The first Trump indictment in New York State, everybody that I uh, uh, heard weigh in on it said there is absolutely a basis in fact and a basis in law for this indictment. But these do not seem like the most serious charges that Trump is facing. If there is a second federal indictment, we will evaluate the seriousness of those charges. But right now, these charges are looking potentially like the most serious. And even if they don't lead to Trump serving prison time, which I continue to believe they will not, even if that doesn't happen, these are such serious charges that the impact on Trump psychologically but also the impact on Trump's day to day and the degree to which he is going to be tied up fighting this fight in Georgia should not be understated. So as far as the timing goes, remember that the grand jury uh, has reconvened in Georgia. Um, the expectation is that sometime before the first 10 days of September, we're going to get decisions made on uh, Georgia's ch charges against Trump. The expectation now increasingly is that it could be during the first 15 days of August 
This is extraordinarily serious. Big time serious. It makes sense that Trump would be scared to death. Oh, yeah, he's scared to death. You know, when we say, oh, Trump, Michael Cohen. This is the indictment that's going to get him. This is the one that's serious. When loves to say Trump's filling his diaper in in fear. Um, Crass language aside, anybody who understands the seriousness of what he's up against in Georgia should be afraid. If I were facing these charges in Georgia, I would be afraid because they are extraordinarily serious. And we may know much more about this sometime in the next two weeks. If he- that seems to be the, the media narrative, extraordinarily serious. Fascinating. Vaccine conspiracy theorists explode over LeBron James' son. LeBron James, the professional uh, basketball player, has uh, a, a few kids. One of them is Bronny James, who himself is an excellent basketball player. Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest yesterday during uh, practice. Totally normal. 18-year-old, normal, totally normal. And this immediately brought out of the woodwork. They come out like roaches. Oh, is that too, too dehumanizing? I'm sorry. They come out of the woodwork to say the vaccine. The COVID vaccine must have caused this. And this is actually a building story that even though you know and I know that sudden cardiac arrest in athletes, especially men, especially football and basketball players, has been a thing for decades. Guys, this has been a thing for decades. What are you worried about? Come on. Totally normal. I remember. Uh, growing up in Massachusetts when this happened to uh, Reggie Lewis, in fact, the Celtics player and a number of other examples, despite the fact that this is a relatively well-studied phenomenon. Yeah, rare, guys, it's well-studied. But well-studied. Yeah. Now that they uh, all they have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Here is a clip of Sean Hannity on his radio program suggesting without evidence that it really should be looked at whether yeah why yeah suggesting without evidence that it should be looked at no it shouldn't be looked at at all it should be totally ignored just like vares we have to totally ignore vares i don't know maybe that covid vaccine is responsible for what happened to Bronny james let's listen pretty scary story about lebron uh james has a son that's Bronny james is his name yes and uh, i guess he plays at usc is that where he plays with usc he's a great apparently very talented uh, uh basketball player and he suffered cardiac arrest during practice yes now people are angry at elon musk because elon musk rightly pointed out that with young athletes there has been a higher incidence of myocarditis now do i know that that was the case here i have no idea i'm just i'm i'm thankful that they were able to save this young man and that apparently he's going to be okay that's what i heard but however i do think that we need to look into this issue of myocarditis more deeply and aneurysms more deeply. Now understand that neither myocarditis nor aneurysms are at this time believed to have any connection to what happened to Bronny James, but we'll get back to that. Impact. Yeah, couldn't possibly be myocarditis. There's no way that could be the case. And is any of that has nothing to do with your heart. But associated with COVID or vaccines, I don't know. 
But Elon Musk got eviscerated for suggesting that we ask the question. And indeed, no, oh, you're not allowed to ask the question. Just consume and obey. Elon Musk did post to X. Remember, it's now called X, not Twitter. And Elon Musk didn't tweet. He zeded. <laughs> this is all getting very stupid. Um, Elon Musk saying we cannot ascribe everything to the vaccine, but by the same token, we cannot ascribe nothing. Myocarditis is a known side effect. The only question is whether it is rare or common. Now, immediately, Elon Musk was fact checked. Yeah, this is a total bullshit fact check that I believe was eventually removed by his own company X, where uh, the additional context was added that myocarditis is higher after COVID than after which, the which COVID. again, that is preposterous, totally made up, totally made up COVID vaccine. Uh, but regardless, that wasn't stopping them in any way uh, from speculating about that. That fact check was eventually removed. Yes, because it's bullshit. It's 100 percent fucking bullshit. Fox News anchor Martha McCallum also gave an opinion on this. How dare you give an opinion saying it's just let the people die and take your booster raising questions about the vaccine out of the ICU, um, but he needs to undergo further testing to determine the cause of his cardiac arrest. You know, I think a lot of people see these situations and it does raise questions um, about the vaccine because we saw some of what you talked about happen. In What's funny is just because you say it raises questions about the vaccine doesn't mean it does. OK, faggot, just because you're pretending none of this happened uh, and none of this is happening just because uh, uh, you are pretending theirs isn't real and the red card system or is it yellow card red card system in Europe, uh, uh, just because you're pretending none of that's happening doesn't mean it's not happening, retard. Right. I mean, you, I could also say, you know, when these things happen, it really raises questions about whether drinking extremely cold drinks during these practices is related. Does it actually raise questions about that? Just because I say it does doesn't mean that it does. Some young individuals after that, Elon Musk tweeted about it. We can't ascribe everything to the vaccine, but by the same token, we cannot ascribe nothing. Mm. Myocarditis is a known side effect. The only question is whether it's rare Cardardis. or common. Is that a fair question to raise? And do is it true that we see more of this than we did prior to the vaccine, doctor? So, so what's more common in someone like Bronnie James um, is uh, cardiomyopathy, not myocarditis. But is is it off the table? Absolutely not. He All right. So Dr. Jeanette Neshiwat not taking it completely off the table, but saying what is true, which is we're not actually talking about myocarditis here. Now, the idea that this was unheard of before the covid vaccine. That's no, no, no. They're not saying unheard of the frequency faggot. The frequency is way higher. Not that it was unheard of the fucking frequency actually wrong. Also remember that we are not talking about myocarditis. There is a page sudden cardiac death of athletes. This has been extremely de uh, uh, well studied. One of the things we know is that causes were analyzed in about a quarter of these cases. We're talking about a genetically determined condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. In about one fifth of these situations, you have commotion cordis, which is the heart is normal, but there's a blow to the chest 
this is why football is believed to be overrepresented in these situations. In about 14 percent of these situations, you have a coronary artery anomaly or anomaly, depending on your pronunciation preference. And uh, it's it's um, exact mechanism unknown, some association with other congenital uh, uh, abnormalities. So there's there's a list here of different things. And then down at one out of 20 is acute inflammation uh, called myocarditis. The other th important thing to keep in mind, men are about three times more likely to suffer this sudden cardiac death. Basketball players are believed to be at the highest risk. Uh, basketball players are only 4% of male athletes, but 20% of the sudden cardiac death. So when you look at the data, you see much more compelling associations than that with certainly the covid vaccine. Bullshit. Never mind any vaccine altogether. Just because they say something raises questions doesn't mean that it actually does. Now, we always want to follow the data, so we would never say it will never be determined that a vaccine is related to this. What we know now is that these incidents long predate the vaccines. Total lie and that we don't actually have any evidence at this time. Total ridiculous lie. I'm that the vaccines are related. But I knew last night by this morning, the anti-vax people would be linking the Bronny James incident to the vaccine. There is no such evidence to make that link. Total bullshit. I hope he gets another booster. I don't wish any ill upon Bronny James, uh, but yeah, it's a shame. Like this innocent kid, he's playing basketball. It should have happened to David. That would have been that would have been justice. But anyway, whatever. Um, we it, it, uh, let me uh, read uh, one second. Yeah, let me uh, read some of these super chats. Uh, we're taking them through Entropy. Link in the description. We're also taking them through Streamlabs. Link in the description, and we're also taking. Uh, Rumble rants as well. Cooper sees the truth. Says no, HB. We need to build bridges across the Rio Grande, or as uh, fucking retard uh, fake Jesse Jackson said, uh, Rio Grande, with uh, moving walkways uh, like those uh, flat escalators you see in airports. That way illegals cross without even having the walk or make any effort. Yeah, they need to build those walkways all the way through so they can just come right in. Oh, it's going to be great. Cooper also says, by the way, Democrats are making such a good argument about the slaves learning skills topic. Dems being non-racist, they believe, or non-racist, they believe slaves were incapable of learning skills and they got dumber during slavery. Yeah. How dare you suggest that a black person persevered through slavery and made something out of their, themselves. They're not capable of that, according to Democrats. Incredible. Yeah, this is uh, just a totally manufactured narrative. Um, and they're, look, they're trying to remove, TYT's trying to remove competition, and they're trying to demonize and eventually imprison their political opponents. And uh, that's basically the uh, thinking behind that it's totally ridiculous all right let's uh let me check Streamlabs for the 27th of july here okay loading here we go all right still loading come on fucker here we go man all day Streamlabs, and then it goes into this page and then it's still loading motherfucker all right Come on, bitch. You can do it. There it is. Oh, man. That took you long enough. Streamlabs. 
Okay, let's see. Where did we... Where did we leave off? One second. Okay. Michelle Kincaid says, If you ever attempted to second-guess your beliefs on the 2020 election, just ask yourself how the other side would react if the roles were reversed. Take any of the different ways that they cheated and try to picture their reaction if we did that. Oh, they, it would be. They would be rioting. They would be rioting. If Republicans started arresting um, an alternate slate of electors that were Democrats, they would be rioting. And it's just wild that the Republicans, they're just not doing anything. The Republicans are just letting this happen. They're letting them be arrested. It is unreal. Um, Dave says in the X-Files, <clears throat> Mulder started to believe that the real conspiracy is that there is no conspiracy. And the aliens is a psyop done by the government to distract him from the real truth. Now that's interesting. I did not know that. I remember some of the X-Files. I did see some of them. But I didn't really watch a ton of it. It was a long time ago. But that's interesting. Big Chris says, Non-AIDS commies are old school commies with no identity politics. They believe in class warfare. Commies before the Frankfurt Institute, basically. Kind of like what Count Dankula was. And I thank my lucky stars that I'm not David Pakman. Yeah, I really. It's just uh, what a piece of shit David Pakman is. Fuck that guy. YGGS Gallo says the 23 million number for Adolf comes from attributing every World War death to, to every World War II death to him, AFAIK, which is retarded. Yeah, what like, you know, I think enough things happen where they don't have to go, get cartoonish. It's just it's so wild, it's so wild. Ratio Nelson says, ETA, I'm playing the interview clip. No rush. I just want to make sure I'm in entropy for any questions you might have. Looking forward to the chat's reaction to the whole thing. To the whole thing Saturday. Also, LMFAO, what a headline. Yeah, let me look at that. Yeah, I'm going to play it at the end. Uh, people can go into entropy if they want to ask Horatio questions about this guy. I have no idea who, who the guy is or whatever. But uh, if you want to ask him questions, you can. Give me a second here. All right. One moment. Actually, I really wish this thing would let me click links. All right. Very primitive. We're still running here. Okay. What is this? Um, Hakeem Jeffries exposes Robert Kennedy's plot to steal the election for the Republicans. So him running as, as an election theft, is that is that what's going on? His uh, So he shouldn't be allowed to run? I, I won't be surprised to see calls for preventing Kennedy from running because he's an anti-Semite. Um, Horatio Nelson says, I don't know who sent in the article about bleeding Kansas, but I for one, as a proud Richmondian, would like to state that Quantrill's Raiders did nothing wrong in East Kansas, his rightful so soil of great, Greater Missouri. It's our river. Burn, Lawrence, burn, yeehaw. All right. I don't, I, I don't know enough about the history to know which side he's taking. Pro-election riggers, anti-election riggers. I have no idea. But anyway, there you go. And if you give a shit about that and you don't like Quantel, if you don't like Quantel's Raiders... And you're on the other side, whatever that is. Horatio's talking shit about 
your group. There you go. Angelic Herald of Shit says, And lo, I descended upon the plains, and from the ground cries of impending doom rose from the soil, one thousand, nay, a million voices, full of fear and terror, possessed me then, and I beg, Lord, what are these tortured screams? And the Lord said uh, upon to me, those are the cries of the turds, the cries of the turds. You see, my messenger tomorrow is septic tank cleaning day, and to them it is the Holocaust. I sprang forth tears in my eyes and roared. They have consciousness. They have a soul. Save my brothers. Wow, I didn't know that. Looks like we have a potential turd holocaust on our hands because tomorrow is uh, septic tank cleaning day. I didn't know. So every septic tank cleaning day is a holocaust for turds? Man, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. That's a hell of a thing. All right. That's good. Okay. Um, Silky Johnson says, extra five for the article, HB. Forgot it was a bit longer. Thank you, sir. Did you see the story of the Canadian man denied a kidney because he didn't take the climate change shot and they wanted to harvest his organs after he died? Can't get a kidney, but his organs are good. Yeah, um, yeah, he died. They killed a guy, basically. Yeah, young father, um, needed a kidney transplant, had a bunch of family donors willing to do it, and because he didn't take the poison, they let him die. You do shit like that, you belong under, buried under a jail at minimum. I mean, that is, that is, the pure evil. These motherfuckers are pure evil. They really are trying to kill people. It's crazy. Cobra says, how much do you want to bet traffickers are drowning people on purpose, knowing it will help to lax the laws in the U.S. for easier future trafficking? I mean, a, a lot of these traffickers are like psychopaths, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing that. That would not surprise me at all. Um, all right, let's see here. We have breaking news from Drunk Pinata. He says, uh, Epic cringe gaslighting may be more than the UAP unity narrative. Joe Biden did nothing wrong. He just loved his child. Oh, his child. I don't have the... Uh, where is the soundboard? I don't even know where it is. That's my favorite one. That's my child, my child. I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute. That's hilarious. That's a real clip, too. That wasn't a movie. That wasn't a Reno 911 episode. That was a real person. Imagine being that person. That's a hell of a thing. All right, anyway. Um, yeah, what does he say? 1841? This is this got to be McCaskill, right? I think this is the McCaskill clip. Yeah, the, like... <laughs> there was something the other night. The gaslighting... Like, the gaslighting is becoming so crazy that... And it's designed to piss you off and to, like, you know, smack you in the face. But it's so over the... It, like, it, again, I compare it to North Korean propaganda. Because in North Korea, they, you know, they say shit like, uh, the leader doesn't shit and all this ridiculous stuff. He got 27 holes in one. Just crazy bullshit. And... This stuff, particularly with like impeachment, and while they're they're in the process of of arresting conservatives, when you have the most clear weaponization of the government that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and maybe in history, who knows? Uh, Lincoln would probably have something to say about that, but um, as as I've heard, um, but I don't know. But. Uh, 
they they then with a straight face tell you that Donald Trump is the one that weaponized the government against his political opponents. It's it's, it's completely wild. All right, let's have a look here. So yeah, this gaslighting if they do an impeachment, I think it'll be entertaining if they do an impeachment. Uh, you know, it's going to have the same result, but it will be interesting to see how much of I mean, we already know they're the worst hypocrites ever. Did this one? Oh, this was uh, Chris Hayes. Is that the clip that I have? I want to make sure here. Yeah, Chris Hayes, seven twenty-six, and uh, Jen Sucky was in for uh, Chris Hayes. So they bring on Claire McCaskill, and they talk about at eighteen forty-one the um, impeachment. Oh, and Hunter, poor Hunter, what a victim! This is all about drug addiction. How this dare morning, they? he was hollering on his Truth Social page about prosecutorial misconduct and predicting he will have the trial of the century. So, yes, Joe Biden and Donald Trump have starkly... I hate when that happens. Okay. There's the, yeah, he admits it, the media narrative. That's not surprising. Did they reset this whole thing? There it is. No, it's there. Okay starkly different views of the independence of the Department of Justice. And that's important to remember. Right, just like right here. She's pretending... McCaskill served as a Democratic senator. She's pretending the Department of Justice is independent. It's insane. Missouri, and she joins me now. Clary, you have a legal background, a political background, and we're all trying to make sense of what happened today. So let me start with this. Is it unusual for a judge not to accept a plea deal like this? Because it felt kind of surprising to everybody watching it. Well, there were some things in this plea deal that were unusual, and that's what the judge um, focused on, both the scope of the immunity, which is not unusual for that to get hashed out in detail, but also the fact that what they did in this plea deal, typically if you're on a diversion program, if you violate the terms of the diversion, in this instance, either break the law or use drugs or have a gun, then that is handled by people through the Department of Justice. People that are assigned to the diversion program and monitor people who are on diversion. They were worried that Trump could get reelected and decide he would revoke Hunter Biden's diversion mm -hmm. without cause. And so, so they, they wouldn't be able to maintain. Wanted... Yeah, so they wouldn't... Is she totally making that up? I haven't heard that at all. Is she making that up, that this is Trump's fault? Are, is she kidding? ...be able to maintain exactly. the parts of the plea if, if Trump is elected. Exactly. And so what they did in this case, they said they wanted the judge to be the arbiter as to whether or not he had violated the terms of diversion. Mm -hmm. And she said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not my job. Yeah. I, I am not somebody who is the arbiter of whether someone has violated diversion. That's an executive branch function. So I think that's the main thing they're going to work out. And frankly, they'll probably work out whether or not he's got immunity from FARA, which is the federal lobbying um, statute. Um, and I, I think once those two things gets worked out, get worked out, I think the plea would go forward as had been previously planned. So that's what happens. They, they gave 30 days for them to work it out. Is that primarily what happens over the next 30 days? And do they reconvene again or what happens next? Well, they have to come to an agreement as to the scope of immunity, and they have to come up with a way to monitor his diversion that does not involve the judge directly. Um, and that's what I believe they will spend their time on trying to work out. 
Uh, if they can't, then there would be no plea deal. Uh, he has been charged. Uh, it would be up to the prosecutors to decide whether to charge him with more cases or to go forward on the, what they had already charged him and have a trial. Uh, it would be fairly unusual for someone who has paid all of their taxes and penalties uh, to go to trial on a case, on a tax case. Typically, if someone pays them all plus penalties, particularly under circumstances where but they he didn't pay, admit they were impaired with an addiction at the time, that would be unusual to put to a jury. Um, you don't know how excited. I mean, frankly, the Republicans want to do away with the IRS, so I don't know why they're worried about paying taxes. They want to make sure nobody pays taxes. And I don't think Trump's somebody he used to say anybody who paid taxes. Right. Was a you want reform in the IRS, therefore it's okay for Democrats to commit tax fraud. Gotcha. Great argument. Well, you gave me a perfect transition to ask you to put your political hat now on, Claire, because what I'm curious about is what you'll be watching over the next couple of days. I mean, Hunter Biden is a favorite target of Republicans in the House, um, Republicans from the Trump wing of the party and others. What, what accusations and arguments do you think they're going to make, given this didn't go exactly as planned today? Well, they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. Um, they are going to try to indict a father for loving his son who has been addicted to drugs <laughs> and <or> alcohol and <laughs> without evidence of the father doing without anything, evidence of the father doing anything thing other than loving that son what again north korea levels of propaganda and that i think doesn't fly with most of the american people it may fly within that small calcified circle of the Trumpers um, who want to make, want to believe that somehow Joe Biden was involved in nefarious dealings. Oh yeah, no evidence at all. No evidence. Yes, so, yeah, no evidence at all. Believe me, if there was evidence, Durham, who was left in place, as you pointed out, by President Biden, would have found it. What and was that? What was Durham looking for? That? What? What are you talking about? How would Durham? Durham was looking at this? I don't think Durham was. Am I crazy? I thought Durham was looking at the details of Russiagate. And he was looking into, you know, what Comey and all them did. The f I, know, I don't know. Certainly Weiss, who was left in place by President Biden, would have found it. Um, and I do not believe for a minute that either one of those federal prosecutors that had the resources of DOJ at their disposal would have found evidence if it was there that would have shown any problem of Joe Biden. So this is a dog that won't hunt. And they have selective amnesia, by the way. They, they have selective amnesia. I mean, I can make a very strong argument politically that the only reason Donald Trump is president is because of DOJ and them inappropriately issuing a letter uh, 10 days before the election about Hillary Clinton's emails. You, you wouldn't I don't be think the, he ever would have been elected without You wouldn't him. be the only one who makes, who makes that argument. Uh, well, a dog that won't hunt. I love that phrase. Love a good Clara McCaskillism. What a couple of dumb horse. Okay. All right. That was breaking news from the internet from Drunk Pinata. Appreciate that, sir. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, if there's an in, if there's an impeachment, we're talking levels of gaslighting that we probably have haven't even seen before, and especially if it goes if you have the hearings, the Democrats are going to be insufferable. Debbie Wasserman Schultz the other day showed everyone why she's one of the worst people ever. And she's arguably the ugliest woman in the history of the human race. Um, 
And she was like invoking the Holocaust and trying to get RFK censored. Just a piece of shit. These people are such pieces of shit. Speaking of pieces of shit, uh, David Pakman, uh, we interviewed soaking wet Trump supporters and it was a disaster. Oh, let's see how he does We're here. back on the ground at a Trump rally interviewing Trump supporters. In this particular case, it is our correspondent, Adam Mockler interviewing soaking wet Trump supporters, not because they were sweaty this time, but because it was pouring rain. Soaking wet Trump supporters were interviewed by Adam. You can find Adam's channel at davidpackman.com slash Adam. Good for Adam. He tried to engage more substantively with these Trump supporters in this attempt, and it doesn't go particularly well. Here is um, <laughs> Here's a guy who seems to trust Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, but is very distrustful of others. Let's just jump into these segments and see what we think. You guys down for an interview? You seem like you want to say something. No, man, I think that your views are bullshit. You think so? Okay, so that guy's Good. angry already with Based. that. Yeah. Because DeSantis has Jeb Bush as a political advisor. Because DeSantis takes George Soros money and pretends that he doesn't, he can't, he doesn't, he can't help. What are your top three issues heading into the 2024 election? Well, election fraud is massive here. Uh, number two, we need to... We, we need we need to get President Trump back in. We got to stop this Marxism that's been going on. There you go. The top three issues are massive election fraud, getting Trump back in, and stopping Marxism. Yeah. What even is Marxism? There's no Marxism in our country and the, the movement, the Marxist movement. And exactly who is leading that movement? Yeah, and can guys, you name a single Marxist in a prominent position of power in the United States? See, now, so so uh, this was like when David did the same thing a while ago and said, there's no Marxist, show me the Marxist. And they brought up Patrice Cullier's and they, the clip where she says she's a trained Marxist. And then he totally moved the goalposts and says, well, unless you show me a Marxist that's as powerful as the president, then there are no Marxists. Ah, gotcha. But number one, we need to stop the border. Number, I mean, we need to stop that border. Yeah. Um, so how do you reconcile the idea that the election was stolen when Trump lost all of those court cases and then... Okay, uh, faggot number two. Uh, they were thrown out on standing. They didn't go over any of the evidence. Fox News lost a lawsuit to Dominion and then even <laughs> Bill Barr came out. Said Who cares that Fox News... Uh, uh, they didn't lose the the lawsuit. They settled. Who cares? I don't. Fox News has no bearing on any of the uh, election evidence. And Bill Barr can suck a dick. Who fucking cares what Bill Barr said? What kind of a moron? What kind of a low IQ? Uh, excuse me, low IQ drooling moron will accept an argument that well, Bill Barr said. Like that's incredible. That they use that. They use that all the time. They're using that with the Giuliani thing. Well, Rudy Giuliani said a thing. Who fucking cares? That's not evidence. That's a person saying something. And a lot of times, what they're saying, they take it out of context. Bill Barr covered up the fraud. Bill Barr, when people uh, uh, tried to tell him what was going on, he yelled at them and told them to shut the fuck up. Saying that there's not enough evidence to overturn the election. It doesn't still change the fact that it was it's fraud. Why not? The facts don't change. How is that a fact related to whether or not there was fraud if Bill Barr has an opinion? Oh, you know the part in the Antrim County report when it, where it said that the machines were switching, uh, switching votes to, to Joe Biden? Well, Bill Barr actually said a thing, so therefore that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, so the machines worked properly. 
Oh, man. Did you know Bill Barr said a thing and all of a sudden the machines worked properly? Man, that's magical. That's magical thinking. The fact that it was stolen. Why won't you leftist Marxists accept that? Because it was for... I don't care uh, uh, what you accept. You're going into the sun, baby. God. They're not doing... They're, 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 they're not telling the truth about it. Where are you going to... Patrick Byrne. Patrick Byrne. Dr. Frank Freak's, Frank's speech. Dr. Frank Speech. There's a guy. That's a that's a Dr. Frank Speech is a hell of a guy. Nick Lindell. They have all the. Have, Did you just say Nick Lindell? I have to go back and hear that. Uh, Mike Lindell. They have all the. Have the, the the courts are. You've got George Soros is running the judges, and you've got all these different people at higher. He Some doesn't of them. even know that's, the argument. That's the more. That's more the prosecutor. Well, but. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there were judges, but it's more prosecutors. You got the, and they can be Obama judges, they can be Trump judges. It, you just have these lunatic judges, like the ones in D.C. Conspiracy theory is Soros is controlling the DAs, not the. Get your conspiracy right, sir. Levels. We're dealing. We're battling with people that want to lie about real about the truth. What makes you trust Mike Lindell over every court and institution in America, though? Because they all again. What kind of seven IQ argument is this? In either or question about trusting Mike Lindell over every institution. First of all, the institutions are totally fucking corrupt, and I don't think Mike Lindell is the best guy. Like, if, if you asked me who would I want to see uh, debate Matt Brainer, I wouldn't select Mike Lindell, okay? With that said, I do like him. I, I find him, I just, he makes me laugh. I don't know. The guy makes me laugh. He's just, like, he's a funny guy. Um, and, uh, so, I would still, though, take Lindell over the institutions. That's not even a close decision. That's not even close. The institutions are as corrupt as they can be. What kind of appeal to authority is it? First of all, the problem is David has children going to Trump rallies to interview Trump supporters. That's the first problem David has. I disagree with well, the, run, the courts have been. But they're the exact age that you would expect a you know 35, 38 year old homosexual to be interacting with you know a staff. There, there's people that are that have taken in the the whole bought bought into the all the lie. Yeah. But no, you can hack that machine just lickety split. Yeah. You need to do the full research with yeah. Dr. Frank Frank Speed. Well, he's going to just obey the media narrative. Oh. And like, they're not they're not listening to the truth. Yep, Dr. Frank. <laughs> Dr. Frank Speech has the truth, but 63 courts. <laughs> I mean. You, there's no way, there's no way to reason, right? That well, he didn't reason with him. He's just spouting talking points to him and making appeals to authority and, and is so naive that he thinks that it's a good argument to say to trust the institutions. That's the important takeaway here. Here's um, another guy who says, uh, well, the... This this is an anti-trans guy, very anti-trans. Listen to this. What are your top three issues going into the 2024 election? And the, not the first guy, the second guy. Uh, like immigration and stuff like that. Immigration and... Immigration and stuff like that, issue one. Uh, the woke agenda. The woke agenda, issue number two. Uh, and just the general state of the country. What's your definition of the woke agenda? Uh, freaking... 
transgender freaking guys do this is how everybody should be you know they always can't they can't define woke freaking transgender is how you define the woke agenda it's in schools and stuff it's a mental illness that just slow it it, 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 it may not happen quickly but it slowly starts to eat away at you and we see this with people who detransition who come out and say i was basically lied to by these medical professionals who told me all my problems were going to be solved that's true that's completely true. It just made them worse. But at the same time, 80% of trans people report having a higher quality of life. Yeah. Again, bullshit. Total bullshit. After either socially. Yeah, that colostomy bag really is giving them a higher quality of life. Yeah, that uh, Frankenstein penis. They really, that's something you can really jerk off with. They are surgically transitioned. With all those stitches. Have you seen one of those? There's people posting them on Twitter. And I, and I get why. Because people have to, like, not that you have to see... It's your call whether you want to see it, but I tell you, <laughs> I would love to see one of these motherfuckers defend it. Like, it's unlikely it'll happen. I'd love to see a show where, like, someone's debating a Pac-Man or someone else, and then just... Remember remember they got on uh, Charlie Kirk? Some homosexual was interviewing Charlie Kirk, and he pulled out a dolphin fetus, and dolphin fetuses look very similar to human fetuses. And he did the gotcha. So he pulled out a picture of the dolphin fetus. I'd like to see someone pull a picture out of the surgery and say, is this gen This is the gender-affirming surgery you're talking about? I would love to see that. And this has been studied through and through. By which? Well, again, retard. What do you mean? It's been studied through and through. Bullshit. You're just making stuff up. Do you have the... Certainly doctors I don't trust, that's for sure. No, it's like the National Health, or National Institute of Health. If you look up National Institute... I don't care. I don't care. They're, they're butchers. They're advocating for butchery. Is that a word, butchery? I don't know. Health, gender-affirming care statistics. There's self-reported... You don't believe it? I don't buy it. There's statistics, no. There's Good. both self-reported... Statistics, I don't buy it, kid. Statistics where people report how... He's smarter than your little faggot, I'll tell you that much. I'll buy it, boy. They feeling? You still think so. So you don't think gender dysphoria is real at all? Uh, I think in extreme, because you do have people who are born, like, one in, like, five, 50,000 people are yeah. born where the genetics... Yeah. Yeah. people, yeah. And I do think that... Now, those numbers are wrong. It, it's actually something like 1.7% of births have some intersex traits and then about half of one percent straight up have um i guess what we would call elements of both genitalia so it's it's far more common than than the yeah that's common that's real common this guy is saying gender dysphoria has a mental illness dysphoria you know the other thing is for you'd think that these supposed like uh what, what might we call them like um street street experts like just you're you're asking them the questions you're walking up to them and asking the questions you're pedestrian experts you'd think they would know that it's not diphoria like they might have some of the terminology right does exist but we're doing it all wrong we need to be treating it but this is treating it like uh, gender yeah cutting off penises is treating it come on affirming care is the way that you treat it I yeah gender affirming care and cutting off penises and breasts and, and cutting off parts of the arm and rolling it up like a Frankenstein, Frankenstein hot dog and sewing it on, that's gender-affirming care. That's how you fix it. Socially or surgically? But what about, what about psychologically, you know? Going into why do you think you're like this? Why do you 
make yourself that's called conversion therapy and that's for bigots believe that well how gender dysphoria has been explained to me is basically that your brain is mismatched with your body right so the goal is well chopping off your genitals isn't going to help for your body to all right so that kind of gives you an idea of what it is that that we're dealing with here and adam did something which i think is great which was he really had the opportunity he brought lube with him to engage in a more um substantive way with these folks and it it didn't go particularly well i think is what we are uh, what what we are learning here um okay here is another um another example of how these conversations went found out during the pandemic that a lot of our drugs are coming from china and i expected an immediate change in that but i don't haven't really heard a whole lot about it you know that we're doing something to to reassure that so that's true. A lot of the drugs are made in China. Americans can get the stuff they need without relying on China for that. Well, Biden's passed both the Made in America Act and the CHIPS bill. Both of those make us directly more competitive with China, right? True. What would the CHIP bill have to do with the drugs being made in China? Was there... Are chips referring to pharmaceuticals? That, I, mean, I, can't. I suppose, yeah. So... It does feel like Biden is... It feels like... Trying to stimulate the economy in his own way. It feels like he's trying to stimulate the economy in his own way. He just told you that he's concerned that our drugs, a lot of them are made in China and we're relying on China for something so important. And you're saying it didn't go well for the Trump supporters? How about David? Maybe you don't hire children for this job. I know, you know, you have a, a stable of young homosexuals that you're grooming. I understand that. But maybe hire people that are, like, halfway decent. Even if it's a little bit different than Trump's. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff coming about, out about Biden. I'm waiting <laughs> for proof on it. Before. So now all of a sudden he needs proof, even though there is proof and everything Adam is citing is true. It's a different stand. It didn't even have to do with what he said for what he will believe based on how inclined he is to want that to be true. Or I make an opinion on it, but... Uh, if the how dare you not just obey the young homosexual? man has done the things that he's being accused of. It really comes down to treason, doesn't it? George Washington. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to need to really study the CHIPS Act and all these things you mentioned before I form an opinion, but it sounds like Biden committed treason, doesn't it? Have to shoot some of his own... Um, soldiers in order to keep peace in the ranks and keep people from running away and going back to their families. That had to be a terrible decision for him to yeah. make. I'm sure he spent the rest of his life agonizing over that, but, uh, you know, we don't... Now this guy starts getting really confused. He doesn't really know what's going on or what he's even talking about. We don't make no bones about just blowing things underneath the carpet about uh, Biden's son. People think I'm crazy because I say, well, what if we took responsible adults and we paid somebody, somebody had two children and they wanted to take another child into their life to help make their life easier, that child's life easier, and their children's life easier. Why shouldn't we pay them $50,000 a year to do that? You know, we can fix the homeless children and the abused children issue real easy. 
No, we have to give all the money to the trannies. How dare you? Just the money that it takes to elect a president of the United States of America. How many other countries laugh and giggle at us about Well, that's a pretty good argument for some serious uh, campaign finance reform. So I actually do think there's something, uh, some, something pretty, uh, pretty interesting there. Uh, okay, last clip. Here is a birther. And yes, there, there are, the birthers are still around. Faith, family, freedom. Nice. Yes, this was my shirt. I mean, I could red, white, and blue. What do you think about his most recent indictment? That's just, just to distract everybody else from knowing what's really going on. If yep. there was a reality where Trump actually did these things, where he took documents and hid them, would you condemn that and say that that's not okay? Well, if it was true, I would say, hey, why? I would ask questions instead of hide things like the Democrats have been hiding. Hide things? What have they been hiding? Everything. <laughs> I mean, listen, where have the Democrats hid their bowling balls? You never see pictures of the Democratic bowling balls. They must be hidden. Where did Democrats hide the bodies? I haven't seen any bodies, so therefore they must have hidden the bodies. It's just, it's logical. The China. The they hid the China. Uh, just because you might not be able to find China on a map doesn't mean Democrats have hidden it, ma'am. Big guy, Hunter, uh, election interference. He's done no. a lot of evil to this country. He hasn't done anything. You think Obama is controlling Biden? Oh, yeah, he's the Obama. man of the year. You think Obama. Biden's current agenda right now is being influenced by Obama at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Obama, I don't really think was really... I think Obama was a plan. I think his grandmother was right when she said in Kenya that he was born in Kenya. Who planted Obama? The elitists, the world. So you think they planted Obama so Obama could then control Biden during his presidency? Well, there is a lot going on there. Yeah. It's obvious just the way the country is these days. Adam, why can't you realize how obvious this is? There was a, what was Obama, 44, 46 when he was elected? There was a 45 roughly year plot to plant a Kenyan to be president to later. Why would it have to be a 45 year plot? remain president indirectly by controlling his vice president when the vice president became president himself. Adam doesn't get how obvious this is. This is really bad. The more you actually let them talk, the longer form the conversation. Yeah, you should definitely not let them talk. The scarier it gets. They should just be rounded up. Really good job by Adam Mockler. Check out his YouTube channel. DavidPackman.com slash Adam. Subscribe there. Make sure. Yeah, Pat's got to be uh, a little upset. He's getting replaced. Pat is clearly getting replaced. Um, so there was a discussion about um, post-birth abortion. And so this propaganda says not a single state allows post-birth abortions. Right. But in several states, the Democrats tried to make those legal. I want to deal head on today with a lie so corrosive and so ridiculous and yet somehow still making headway among the American right wing that we should look at it and take it head on. This is the lie that there are states that allow so-called post-birth abortions. Now, as a linguistic phenomenon, this doesn't make sense because post-birth and abortion are not compatible words. It's not a thing. But 
we, I think, understand what they mean when they say a post-birth abortion, saying that you can kill children after they've been born. I'm going to give you just one example of this. We did see this yesterday. This was the Ron DeSantis interview or no, we looked at this uh, late last week. The Ron DeSantis interview with Jake Tapper here. Ron DeSantis talks about so-called post-birth abortions. Jake Tapper, I think, knows this is a lie, doesn't interfere with the lie. Uh, here's a reminder. You recently signed a six week abortion ban in Florida. Yes or no. Would you support that as a nationwide ban? So I said I'm pro-life. I will be a pro-life president um, and we will support pro-life policies. Um, at the same time, I look at what's going on in the Congress and, you know, I don't see them you know, making very much headway. I think the danger from Congress is if we lose the election, they're going to try to nationalize abortion up until the moment of birth. And in some liberal states, you actually have post-birth abortions. And I think that that's wrong. So they tried. I don't know if any of them passed, but they tried in Virginia and California and, and, and one other state. Go. I think it's wrong to kill children. Well, well oh, that, how, what a brave and courageous position. So this is a lie. Now, I could give you dozens of other examples of this. Trump has said it. Others have said it. They love this talking point. Killing an infant after birth is infanticide. It's illegal. Yeah, again, and they're trying to legalize it. All 50 states, even situations that result in a fetal death in the third trimester are extraordinarily rare. According to reproductive health experts, they usually involve emergencies, a fatal anomaly, life threatening complications affecting the mother. But these are extraordinarily rare situations, even in the third trimester. Women seeking abortions in the third trimester are extraordinarily rare. And we will talk about that in a moment. But what they are talking about doesn't exist. Now, you could have a life threatening situation where an expecting mother is induced into labor using Pitocin is typically the medication that's used. And you may have a situation where a newborn, because of these rare situations, has a very short life expectancy where it may be a question of this. This infant may live for hours. And in those cases, a family might say, please provide palliative care, meaning care to address the comfort and symptoms of this essentially non viable uh, infant and provide comfort because it's a matter of hours. Is he pretending that that's what the uh, Northam comments were about? What a bitch. Anyway. And again, those are extraordinarily rare situations, but you are not talking about killing an infant. Um, Lois Shepard, University of Virginia law and biomedical ethics professor said, quote, no state allows post birth abortions. First, an abortion refers to terminating a pregnancy and a pregnancy does not continue after birth. But second, that would be killing a born human being who is a person entitled to the equal protection. But two seconds earlier, they're not of the laws, including prohibitions against murder. No state permits infanticide. So again, uh, they tried to make it in California that you couldn't investigate infanticides up to 30 days after birth. It didn't pass, but that's what they tried. I actually think that the post birth abortion thing, as ridiculous as it is, 
is a distraction from another important reality about abortion. Abortion at month eight or nine is insanely rare. And it is even more rare that a woman at eight and a half months pregnant would show up at her OB's office and say, you know, I changed my mind. I'd like an abortion. When we hear the testimony of OBGYNs, they explain. Oh, yeah, they're real credible. That doesn't happen. And they almost universally say we have never had this happen and we don't know anyone who has had it happen. And it doesn't and happen if at it all. If it were to happen, most OBGYNs would not even do it. Now, I know people will write to me and they'll go, well, Dr. So-and-so does, does on-demand abortions at nine months. Okay. The testimony of the overwhelming number of OBGYNs is. So, yeah, you can just disregard it. It doesn't happen. We just disregard any examples that don't agree with our narrative. Essentially doesn't happen. Now it's essentially. Even if it did, we wouldn't do it in that situation. Right. Unless we're talking about a non, we discover some extraordinary anomaly of a a non-viable pregnancy. Fag dad Bob is at it again. Um, now, oh, the ocean temperature is rising. We're dying. We're dying. Florida Keys are known for their warm waters, but now they're reaching hot tub-like conditions. A water temperature boy at Manatee Bay in the Everglades National Park registered a high of 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 Celsius late Monday afternoon. It's potentially the hottest ocean temperature ever recorded. That's right, Manatee Bay in Florida has become so warm that they're literally referring to it as hot tub levels. And uh, the water exceeded temperatures of 100 degrees as you saw in that video. And uh, that's been going on for two days in a row now. The previous record for the hottest water was recorded in 2020 in the Persian Gulf's Kuwait Bay where temperatures reached 99.7 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's not too shocking that water temperatures are heating up because climate change has essentially contributed to record heat waves across the globe, something we've been talking about uh, as the summer started to heat up, it's continuing. And since mid-March, the world's oceans have been hotter than at any time since at least 1982. Let's take a look at this graphic, which shows you uh, what we're talking about here. Uh, The blue line represents the average, but you look at 2023, uh, which is represented by the red mark, or the red line, I should say. And you can see uh, the warm temperatures or the uh, rapidly heating, uh, warming temperatures as a result of the climate emergency. And these warnings are ultimately going to lead to a catastrophe, like the collapse of ocean currents which I didn't even know was uh, something to be concerned about until uh, this particular issue regarding warming, uh, the warming ocean came into play. So according to NOAA, the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation or AMOC could collapse at any point between now and 2095, even as early as 2025 depending on what we do in response to the climate emergency. And so the current circulates warm and cool water around the globe. Uh, This graphic kind of demonstrates what I'm talking about here. And what would it mean if uh, the currents were to collapse? 
Well, collapse would have severe impacts on the climate in North, in the North Atlantic region and represent one of the most important tipping points as the planet's climate changes. Other tipping points, which represent irreversible shifts to the planet, include the melting of the Greenland ice sheet, the destruction of the Amazon rainforest, and the thawing of permafrost, the permafrost. Hmm. Looks like we're gonna do four out of four. So John, John, this is this Checking is your number one issue. Like you've done out of every show on the network, you've done the most extensive reporting on climate change. Yeah. Is it? Because it's I didn't incredible. make room for this on my rundown today, and you did. Why are you telling on yourself? Maybe you've <laughs> eclipsed me for doing the most critical climate coverage. I've seen the rundowns on the main show. You've been talking about the climate not a lot. Not a big deal. The past couple of months. Deal. It's important. Um, I did plan on doing it tomorrow, but now I won't. Uh, yeah, no, important stories, obviously. I'm glad that we got the, the hot tub water thing though, because a lot of really like smug lefties for the last few years have been mocking Ben Shapiro for saying that if the ocean rises, you can just sell your property. And they say, yeah, who are you gonna sell it to? Hot tub enthusiasts, obviously, mm -hmm. they're gonna get a nice soak oh off the coast. God. So maybe can it with the criticism of Ben Shapiro and focus on his Barbie review. Uh, yeah, it's, it's devastating. You said you weren't familiar with the possibility of that happening. Mm -hmm. Well, that implies that you weren't at a younger age paying attention to important documentaries like The Day After Tomorrow. No, I certainly was not. Because that is literally a plot point from The Day After Tomorrow. That oh, that gets well, there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's comforting. I'm sure that's all real. Shut down and that changes where like the whole like areas get frozen. They, I would say, overplay the effects a little bit in severity and speed. But yeah, it would be devastating for a lot of different reasons. Um, like it is, I don't think enough people think about why like a place like Europe is really nice and not that cold considering how northern it is. That's a good portion of the reason why. Mm -hmm. um, now, theoretically, if you didn't have this, and there's a lot of different reasons why it might happen. The overall heating as well as the, the diluting of the ocean by fresh water from things like the, the Greenland ice sheet. It basically just swamps the whole thing and shuts it down. And then a lot of areas of the world might assume or resume what you would expect in terms of climate, which I think hundreds of millions of people are gonna find to be very shocking. All right, well, luckily we have Congressional lawmakers responding well and and effectively to this emergency. In fact, uh, you have congressional Republicans currently fighting pretty hard to uh, include amendments in spending bills that would cut funding to uh, accurately responding to the climate. Accurately responding emergency. Let's give you the details on that. The GOP bills are currently in the House Appropriations Committee chaired by Texas Republican Representative Kay Granger, who has received nearly $1.2 million from the oil and gas sector over the course of her career in Congress. Her second largest career campaign contributor is the oil and gas industry. And she brags on her government website that she has fought to prevent spending to combat climate change. John? What you don't know about Kate Granger is something that she knows, which is that her descendants are the worst and she just wants them to suffer. Hmm. Like you might think that we have some sort of obligation to protect our kids and our grandkids, but she knows that they suck and we need to wipe All them right. out. This and is unbearable. Just too gay, too gay and cringe. Okay, what else do we have here? Um,
All right. Oh, they don't like this ad. This new is we, this the one? Hold on a second. Do we look at this video? Uh, th this ad or the DeSantis one? No, this is the Trump supporters, the Dilly meme team. Oh, okay. And and Frank Luntz was you know saying. Uh, uh, this is the most alarming political ad I've seen this year. I encourage you to give me your reaction. First off, what's so interesting about, you know, the ethically and follically challenged Frank Luntz <laughs> is that he is uh, ostensibly a, you know, focus group tester, a pollster. And ostensibly, he's putting this out there to get to get feedback. And... I can't help but think that he's really just trying to measure, like, who follows me? Who are the people who follow me? What are they like? Because there's, you know, to say this is the most alarming political ad I've seen this year is you're sort of tainting your responses a little bit, right? Uh, on top of which, this is one of the most ridiculous ads I've seen all year that will appeal almost exclusively to the people who are already um, convinced. Well, let's watch this ad and, and uh, people can react. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate, one that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in right, ballots. pause it just for one second. I just, uh, just like, uh, so that you get the proper mindset of realizing how ridiculous this is. It's uh, pretty accurate so far. If I was the deep state, in other words, if I was the uh, permanent overclass of the United States of America, why would I want to destroy the country? Like, if I was in charge of the country and actually secretly controlling the country, mm -hmm. what possible purpose would I have for wanting to destroy that which I have presumably control over? Well, you would say that, right? If you were a demon trying to hide your true intentions, you know? But I'm controlling it. Like... Right for for its destruction. I mean, that is that is. There what was someone secretly Satan controlling does. the show. Yeah. Like, okay, for instance, let's just as an analogy, George Soros. Right. Secretly controls the show. I think everybody knows that. Why would George Soros want to destroy the show? He secretly controls it. Because he's controlling it to destroy it. That is what the globalists. I but mean, he's been controlling Jews it from do. day one. Yeah. There's obviously some utility. What what like. But, it's I not mean, like he's going to go out and find a different majority report. The Why point, would he though, destroy? Is all of this has like religious, weird undertones where I'm they see it for, as I'm not asking for the alibi. I'm just asking for the logic here. The, you're, 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 the, the, there's no water in this well, Sam. There's no water okay, there. Okay, okay. Right, yeah, just go ahead. Like because if you if you actually like follow this, the logic, like if you were the deep state, no, no if I were the deep state. I would not want to destroy the country. If I were the deep state, I'd I'd be pretty psyched with everything that's going on and I would just continue to control it. And uh, that's it. I wouldn't create some type of yeah, conscience. Sam wouldn't do it, so it's not happening, guys. Sam doesn't understand it, so it's not happening. Diversity that might let people know that I control the, uh, the, the country. That's not what I would do if I well, were the deep go. state. 
You heard it. This there. guy's Case version closed. of the deep state is completely illogical. I mean, even if you accept the premise that there is secret, like, you know, uh, people who have the ability to control all this stuff. Why would they destroy that which what they I mean that they have control over? Doesn't make any sense, but cut. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should Wait, never... Can you pause it for a sec? Okay, so the bank... Of the, first of all, there's two false flags, right? I mean, they, they, they went false flag, false flag. Rule of threes, you gotta go do the other third false flag, but I mean, whatever. This is like a Mr. Robot plot. I, this yeah. is like an like anonymous conspiracy uh, They're theory. doing the anonymous <laughs> voice, but I like the part where they say bankrupt you, too, you know? like. I think he must be talking about, like... The government? Uh, uh, they're, no, they're looking to bankrupt like Parler or uh, or Donald Trump's like Truth Social. That's what they're talking. No, they're. Ta- I mean, OK, but I just love the idea that like once if someone uh, watching this is a Trump supporter, it, you know, went bankrupt or something that they have the ability to blame the deep state. But I guess we can we can keep going. Um, uh, my mind's in the pretzel here. I do like the I do like the beat, though. Oh, God, Honestly. I, I, I feel like that's going to give me a seizure. But go ahead. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If okay. I was the deep state, I pause would own every politician that... Pause it. Pause it. Why? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that if you're the deep state? Like, what, like to what benefit is it to, to the deep state? If this I deep was state the deep that's state. been controlling, like, why all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I think it's time. Let's just see if we can do this. Yeah. I yeah, mean, let's just just throw everything let's at the wall. Let's see if we can do it. I don't know. I'm yeah. bored. If I'm I was bored. the deep state. We've been, we've been running stuff for so long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been running all this stuff. You know what we should do? Let's just, let's do a couple of just bank shots. Stuff that people would never, ever suspect that we would do. Yeah, if uh, I was the deep state, I'd put Barbie and Oppenheimer opening up on the same weekend. I mean, and you all know that. what that means. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, come on. And you know what? Turn the weather machine on. Do the do the thing with the 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 Gulf Stream. See if we can. Let's just see. All right. Good. Office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity, but not the medical establishment. 
If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. There we go. So I hadn't seen this before, and I, I mean, I was, I, I was right. It's all about sa- Satanism. I mean, that's Whoa. their definition of the deep state is not the one that exists in reality, which is like a uh, our national intelligence. Uh, national security state national security state that makes decisions and assassinates people and like obviously is deeply intertwined with um the military industrial complex that's what we're talking about they think it's literally just like satan satan Satan. if i was the deep state i'd also wonder like what makes these guys think that a second donald trump term uh term will do anything I mean, he came in the first time. Well, they're freaking out that he's running. I think. I mean, we'll say I have I have a low percentage chance anything will change, but uh, it's worth a shot. All right, where's the bald fuck face one? Um, one second. Is this it? I think. Uh, so no, this is uh, that's um, retard Kalinsky. One second. Um. Oh, Donald Trump melts down as fears of indictments drive him insane. Yeah, Donald Trump. There's is- a new uh, Donald Trump is insane narrative. I'm surprised Bendy Lee hasn't made an appearance. Still in the middle of his massive freakout over the looming indictments coming at him, both from Georgia and from Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. And even though it has not been confirmed, obviously that indictments are coming against him, it is crystal clear that the indictments will be coming against him probably within the next few weeks, possibly as soon as next week, depending on the timeline in the state of Georgia. So of course, Trump has spent the last week freaking out to the point of driving himself crazy. What does that mean? Over the fear of these looming indictments. So he took to Truth Social and another one of his meltdown tirades and said this. So let's get this straight. The Democrat slime balls in Congress, then headed by crazy Nancy Pelosi, impeached me over a perfect phone call. I won and are now indicting me over their continuing illegal and long running witch hunt. But crooked Joe Biden, who has stolen and extorted millions of dollars, won't be impeached or indicted by a very kind, friendly and politically correct Republican Congress. Gee, that seems very fair to me. Make America great again. Um, (laughs) I love reading those, by the way. It is so much fun. So Trump is still mad about the first impeachment, um, you know, where he got indicted over the perfect phone call. And now he's mad about his other perfect phone call to the Georgia Secretary of State that, of course, is going to result in more indictments for him. And the reason Donald Trump is kind of getting a little manic with these tweets again is because the indictments are coming again we can't been coming safe you got to be used to it at this point 100 percent certainty that he is going to be indicted but as it stands right now all signs are pointing at donald trump is going to be indicted in georgia and again by jack smith so he's panicked as a normal person by the way would be If you did something wrong and you knew you were being investigated, you'd probably have a little bit of that internal panic 
where you're like, Oh God, is my life over? Is this it? Am I going to prison? What's going to happen to me? But Trump's not the kind of guy to suffer in silence. He's not the kind of guy to go seek out a counselor to talk to, to air his grievances. He's just walking around throughout the day. And then suddenly the panic hits him. So he immediately like picks up his phone and gets on truth social and starts sending out these panicked manic messages. But that's what happens. You know, when you, when you do bad things, when you do stupid things, yeah, like try to run against a Democrat, bad things happen to you. Yeah. Except like maybe one day something bad will happen to you that Donald Trump's the kind of guy that's never really had to face the music until after he left office as president. So that's, what's really terrifying him. He has gone more than 70 years of his life without ever having to really face consequences for anything. Like what? And now, now that he's in his later years, everything is catching up to him. All those houses of cards that he has built are crumbling down upon him and he doesn't know how to react. And that is what's driving him the most crazy out of all of this. We'll see, fucker. All right, let me, um, one second here. Okay. One second. All right. Um, where do we leave off? One second. Uh, Bazinski says, uh, definite Definite of woke by definition of woke by Bazinski, the pushing of progressive agenda issues, such as LGBT pet issues, such as transgenderism, DEI representation, and CRT, as massive popular points, but in reality are astroturfed by an extreme, annoying minority of people with an agenda. Yeah, these are all very unpopular things, and they're trying to force people almost by gunpoint. At gunpoint. Dave says, uh, in my area in UK, it's been raining for almost a month, which is entirely normal. The temperature when sunny is entirely normal for the UK. I've needed to put the uh, air conditioning on like twice in the car. Hottest year ever, my bum. Yeah, and they're probably going to go coldest winter ever or, 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 or anything. Anything that happens, they blame climate change. Whether it's raining, hot, cold, doesn't matter. They're going to blame climate change. It's fucking ridiculous. All right, so Horatio interviewed this guy in the UK. Uh, we're going to go to that. I'm going to do it off of YouTube, though. So if you click the description, you can click on any of the links. And I'm going to set that up. It'll be the uh, last clip. One second. All right, give me... Uh, it should only be like 30 seconds to set this up. But uh, this will be off of YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, if you click on the description, click any of the uh, links, and it'll be on there. I'll be back in like a minute.
Okay. So if you have any questions for Horatio related to the interview, go to Entropy, and he will be in there. Okay, here we go. Russell, Texas, Bentley, Hard News Network, live from Don Edge, on the cutting edge of the future of the world. In the United States, um, the media is quote-unquote unbiased. They're quote-unquote independent. But um, as we've seen in the last, you know, handful of years, you can put in the Trump stuff, the Trump-Russia fiasco, um, the propaganda surrounding the Ukraine war. Um, what are your thoughts on the quote-unquote independent uh, U.S. mainstream media? Um, how independent is it really? And um, can you compare and contrast that to the... Um, more forward state-run operations like RT and Sputnik over there in uh, Russia? Well, you know, first of all, I want to say that, you know, the uh, propaganda work of the U.S. mainstream media didn't just start happening a few years ago, dude. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I mean, I was born in 1960. One of the first things I remember was the assassination of John F. Kennedy in Dallas. I lived in Dallas. I was in Dallas that day. And I was only three and a half years old. Gesundheit. But I can remember, and I always have remembered, like the next day, the, the front page, the picture on the front page of the Dallas Morning News. You know, and it showed, you know, a car in Dealey Plaza on the road and like a dotted line coming down from the book depository. I mean, and, you know, that was, you know, you know, a massive propaganda effort that, you know, uh, Dan Rather, I mean, Walter Cronkite weeping on, 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 the, on the TV, oh, the president does die, la, la, la. And then he goes ahead and, you know, makes his living by selling bullshit about it, you know. And, I mean, so... Dude, there's a great, great book and video. Uh, you can probably, I mean, you might still be able to find the video on YouTube, but I think it's been edited somewhat. But it's called Rush to Judgment. It was by this uh, New York lawyer, Mark Lane. And he came to Dallas in early 64. And he said, I'm going to investigate what happened as if Oswald wasn't killed and uh, I was going to be his defense lawyer. And he interviewed, you know, dozens of eyewitnesses that were in Dealey Plaza. And one of the guys he interviewed was standing right there, you know, 30 feet from where Kennedy was when he got popped in the front back and to the left, you know. And so Mark Lane interviews this guy, and this guy says, look, man, I was in World War II. I was an infantryman. I went all the way across Europe. You know, I was in combat every day for a year. You know, I know what, you know, I know how to tell where gunfire is coming from by the sound of it. I know what gun smoke smells like. And I guarantee you that the shot that killed Kennedy came from behind the fence that was behind me where I was standing on the street from the grassy knoll, right? And so then out comes, 
you know, the uh, Warren Commission report. And like a year after that, Mark Lane comes back again to interview people, you know, to see their reaction to the Warren Commission. And this guy, you know, this, you know, hardcore veteran hero soldier of the U.S. Army in the Second World War that had said, I know without a doubt, you know, I, I, I heard it. I turned around. I saw the smoke. I smelled the smoke. There's no question about it. And Mark Lane interviews him again. And he says, hey, so now the Warren Commission report has come out. And he's like, have you read it? And he's like, yeah, I read it. And so he's like, what do you think of it? And this dude says, well, you know, uh, I thought I knew what I heard and saw and smelled. But now that I've read the government's report, I guess I was wrong. Can't believe your own lying eyes, huh? Exactly, you know, and that's 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 the basic problem with 90% of America these days, you know, is that the facts are not as important as their own comfort and getting along with whoever it is that they, you know, gives them a paycheck or who holds the mortgage on their house or whatever, you know. And maybe that guy got threatened. Maybe some dudes in black suits came to his house and said, hey, look, man, uh, you know, uh, we saw what you said and we didn't like it. And if you say it again, something might happen. You know, I mean, a lot of people that were witnesses died after that, you know. But the U.S., I mean, the U.S. media today, I mean, the only reason to watch it, and I, I mean, I haven't watched it in years, dude. But the only reason to watch it, and I mean this seriously and literally, is that whatever they say is the exact opposite of the truth. You know, and you can go to JFK, you can go to RFK, you can go to MLK, you can go to Waco, you can go to 9-11, you can go to Yugoslavia. You know, you can go to Maidan, you can go to MH17, you know, I mean, it's, it's a bullshit factory. It's a, you know, and that's what it is. And, you know, and this is something really important and serious here, dude. The basis of all morality is a respect for the truth. And no one lies unless they're dirty and they have something to hide. And these guys lie every word they say, and it's the exact opposite of the truth. They blame the victims for their own crimes. Yeah, I would say, um, how do you know that a newsman is lying? His mouth is open. <laughs> yeah, that's right, dude. His lips are moving. Um, so on that note, you mentioned 9-11. Um, I don't want to delve into like conspiracies and make this a whole rabbit hole. Um, on that thought, do you think 9-11 was, um, you think there was kind of like a foreknowledge thing that was kind of like a purposeful thing done by elements within the Dodd and the U.S. State Department? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's beyond question for any intelligence person, in any intelligent person, bro. I mean, uh, when I saw it happen that morning, I was, uh, I was going to work and my boss, I, I went to his house and He's like watching it and freaking out. And we like watched it for a couple hours. And I thought to myself at first, first of all, you know, the Arabs are just getting some revenge for all the shit 
that the United States has done to them, you know, for the last hundred years. And second of all, that they picked a good target because they picked a place with a bunch of rich, you know, lackeys and, you know, you know, real scumbags, you know, uh, you know, the oligarchs and their assistants, you know, I thought, you know, and that's better than hitting like a subway or, you know, a football stadium, something like that, you know, where it's just a bunch of regular people. They, they picked the dudes that were the real criminals, you know, and I was okay with that until I saw building seven. And I joined the U.S. Army in 1981, bro. I served uh, till 84, and I was a combat engineer. And that's a demolition specialist, 12 Bravo. And I was trained by the U.S. Army to blow up roads and bridges and buildings. And I know how to do it, and I know what it looks like when it happens. And, you know... There's a lot of idiots in the United States today that don't know that three buildings came down that day. And if you see building seven coming down, straight down into its footprint at free fall speed, and if you have military training as a demolition specialist like I do, then you know that there's only one possible way in the whole universe that that building could have that wasn't hit by a plane even. There's only one possible way. So building seven, anyone that doesn't think that the US government and Israel and the deep state were involved in that completely uh, is an idiot, is an idiot. They And again, it goes back to, well, I thought I knew what I saw, but the government tells me that I was wrong. You know, so, 9-11 was an inside job without question. Yeah, that's sort of, um, it's like people forget that originally they said a missile hit the Pentagon and then there was no wreckage of a plane found. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, exactly. I mean, just the whole thing. But I mean, but watching, if you watch Building 7 come down and you know what, you know, uh, controlled demolition looks like, there's exact. I mean, it's, it's like with MH17. There's 30 millimeter, you know, concentric holes in the side of the cockpit. There's bullet scores across the top of the wing. There's no other possibility in the universe that those things could have been made except by a 30 millimeter cannon from a Ukrainian fighter jet or some fighter jet. And dude, I, I, I went to uh, Grabovo where the plane came down in October 2015, and I interviewed eyewitnesses there. I mean, dozens of them. And they all said that they saw fighter jets, Ukrainian fighter jets following behind MH17. And none of them said that they saw or heard a Buk missile launch, which when a Buk missile launch, I mean, it's, you know, a, a Buk anti-aircraft missile is, you know, it's almost as big as a car, dude. And when it takes off, you know, it, it makes a bang that can be heard for miles around. And it leaves a smoke trail that, you know, stays there for, you know, 10 minutes at least. And nobody heard the big bang. Nobody saw the smoke trail. 
They heard a couple of bangs from up in the sky, and then the plane started coming apart. It's one of those things where um, it's really preying upon ignorance of the masses, where they're not—they don't have that special knowledge of what a, you know, what the actual buck, what it might leave behind, or something like that. Well, I mean, but you know, at the same time, I mean, that's how, you know, I mean, to discern the truth from, you know, absolute bullshit and evil lies. You have to use more than your brain. You have to use your heart, too. You know, I mean, like, you know, when when the, what it was, the White Helmets did that false flag uh, gas attack in Syria on the day when the UN chemical weapons inspectors arrived in Damascus. You know, I mean, you have to ask yourself, um, is Bashar al-Assad really stupid enough to do a chemical attack against his own civilians on the day when the UN chemical weapons inspectors show up? I mean, you know, it's, it's like it, it doesn't just defy logic. It, it defies, you know, I mean, only an idiot could believe it. Yeah. There's a lot of idiots, man. I mean, the, and the, and, you know, there's a difference between ignorance and stupidity. Yeah. Um, and I, ignorance is not knowing the facts. And stupidity is not wanting to know the facts. Thinking that you already know it all and that whatever somebody else tells you or shows you doesn't matter because you already know it all. Exactly. That's that's the meaning of stupidity. Dude, it is a intense plague, man. Not just in the United States, but probably, I mean, the United States and Britain have the most brainwashed people, and, and Ukraine, of course, have the most brainwashed people in the world. All right. So, yeah. Horatio can tell you more about this guy. It's a multi-part interview that he did, uh, but he can give you some more uh, background uh, on him. Uh, and uh, thank you, Horatio, for doing that. Let me uh, let me just clear out Streamlabs one second. All right. Okay. Good on Rumble. I think one second. Okay. Why is it so slow? It's so fucking slow. All right. One moment. Here we go. Still loading. All right, I'll do the whole uh, archive thing while this loads. So you can get an archive uh, on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or on Twitter, which is at livehnn. Um, next news stream will be, what is this, Thursday? Saturday, 6.30 Eastern. Okay, here we go. We have, um, uh, let's see, this is Horatio's Ear Rape. Says, fucker, fix your audio. It's all coming from the left speaker, not the interview guest. Horatio, whoever it is doing the hosting of the interview. Our bastard, please drop him a line on this before the stream ends or the damage is done and most people leave. I don't know. Is there? I, I don't think that's fixable. Is it? If it's just coming out on one side. 
I'm not 100%, uh, but I think we were almost maxed out. One second. Okay. Yeah, hopefully um, people were able to hear that, at least from one side. All right, very good. All right. Um, like I said, you can get the archives on the various spaces. Thank you for watching. Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats and Streamlabs and uh, Breaking News. Appreciate it. And I'll see you guys Saturday. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.